Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. The Sunday Session is brought to you by More Beer, who has just opened their East Coast Distribution Center and is now shipping orders from California and Pennsylvania. Check them out at morebeer.com. Great beer is about drinkability. Doesn't matter the style. You guys are like walking beer Wikipedia. That's the first time that you've ever accepted me as a person. Or you have a fermentation in your gut. I'm jet propelled at all times. (laughs) How many guys do you think that you have the privilege to slap? Somebody who's never tasted a commercial example. And this is how you know everything about this beer? Please, you don't. I think it's bullshit. (laughs) I think it's bullshit too. Wow. Are you guys going to arm wrestle? No. No. We're going to teabag fight. (laughs) You heard of Junkyard Wars? Can I get another high five? Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. What a great turnout we have for our last show of the year. It's the holiday party, and uh, the studio is, for the first time uh, during a live show, inundated with uh, live listeners. It looks great down there. <laughs> but get used to it. There's a huge party. A lot of, yeah, people, a lot of people are making dick-sucking motions at us. Is that why you're standing? You want to see sort that? Sort of weird. Yeah, why wouldn't I want to see that? Uh, they can't. They clearly can't hear us. Someone needs to turn on their uh, turn up their volume down there. So they. Yeah, it's pretty low. If we're gonna make fun of the live listeners, I'd at least them like to know we're doing it. <laughs> we had our holiday party over at Creek Monkey Tap House right here in Martinez before the show, and invited uh, anybody to come out if they wanted. And uh, a lot of people uh, came out did. to see us, which was fun. And then we invited all of Creek Monkey over to the studio. It's basically all of Martinez is downstairs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all all the ones who have, like, cars to drive. All of respectable Martinez (laughs) is what you're getting at. Yeah. And all of Martinez that actually has a... uh, This is respectable, Martinez? This is respectable. Yeah. (laughs) Yikes. It's the last show of 2013, and Doc still doesn't know to turn on his microphone. I just just punched the button the wrong (laughs) way. Don't judge him. But Nate, who's been here less time technically overall, helps him out every time. Right. Well, why wouldn't he? Somebody's got to have Doc's back. Hey, look, you promised you a me a handler game. way before this. <laughs> Doc's, too, Doc's arms are too short to reach his own back, so someone else has to get it. <laughs> so Kate the Great was Doc's handler uh, tonight at the pre-party, and for the first time ever, Doc has gone to a pre-party and showed up to the show 
sober, ladies and gentlemen. So apparently, Kate the Great's one hell of a handler. Well, she, she she bought me my first beer, which was hoppy. Yeah. Ah, smart lady. That's <laughs> so that you wouldn't oh, yeah. chug it. So I, I didn't. I, I finished it, but it just took me a while. Right. Very nice. <laughs> Pacing Very. myself with two chemicals. <laughs> he did just hand me an icebox, though, so I think he's oh, on the up and up. Yeah. Well, that's what I... Uh, uh, I met some of our listeners in the hall. In fact, they're hanging out here in the studio. It was that desert douchebag from Lancaster. Right. You know, the one who thought oh, he yeah. was... Brace! The one who thought he was Brace. less of a douchebag than me because he's yeah. from Lancaster. Right. Um, well, anyway, uh, Different he's like... desert. He, Xperia, him whatever. And his, him and his wife are here, and his wife's like, yeah, Doc's kind of sober. Like, what's happening? He's not even all, all wrecked or anything. And, <laughs> oh, I said, give him an hour. Yeah, yeah you disappointed Well, fans, you said so. I only had to make it to the first part of the show. Well, I said you had to make it to to uh, the at least halfway through Matt Brennelson's interview. Okay, and be coherent. Right. Yeah. Okay. To, to him that means the first part of the show. <laughs> well, and it's so there's another interesting Matt Brennelson from Firestone Walkers with us today came to the holiday yeah, party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of our longtime listeners and friends, uh, he's down there now. He had sent me a message earlier in the week knowing that we're doing this whole holiday party thing as we're having Matt on the show again. And he was like how come you don't like Matt? And I said, well, what do you mean? <laughs> Have you seen him? And he said, well, the last time you had him in the well, studio, nice. it was the drunk show where you had cops in to test you and tackle you when you got drunk. And now you're inviting him out when a hundred of your closest friends are hanging out <laughs> and it's going to end up another drunk show. What is it that you have against Matt? He raises a good point. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. Fuck that guy. <laughs> what, was, that, was that really the last time we had him on? But I was having the same conversation earlier in the week, too. The same thing. Right. I, don't, I think it's the last time we had him in studio. Matt, yeah. were you ever in studio? I don't think so. We've done remote broadcasts with him since then. We've had some phoners. But the only time he's ever been in studio was our first year, and it was the drunk show. Wow, it's been since That 05? was in the garage, right? Yeah, yeah in the garage. Because I don't wow. remember that. The dank, dank nasty garage. <laughs> So now he's in the studios, usually not dank nasty, but we have 100 people in it, so it's dank nasty again. It's going to get worse. But we've got some great Firestone things to do today. A listener of ours, who was it, Moscow? Uh, Dave Lowe is his name. Donated a flight of Firestone anniversary beers. Uh, what is it, like years 10 through 17? Yeah, that's right, eight of them. So we're going to try the, uh, some Firestone Anniversary beers. Uh, Matt also brought some other goodies from the brewery for oh, us. Boy. Uh, we've got Pivo Pills on tap downstairs. Pivo Pills? Bevo Pills. I should have named it Bevo Pills. That would be great. Every time somebody <laughs> says that, I'm like, what? Huh? Maybe when uh, the new tap house is open and we get some Firestone beer in there. You know how sometimes you go to a restaurant and they're like, oh, it's our beer. And you know, <laughs> you know fuck well that like Firestone or somebody brewed it. Right. Maybe we can change the name of Pivo to Bevo Pills just on tap at the Hop Grenade. Hmm. Right, we, can, we can do anything you want. Maybe Firestone have, does it all the time. They got uh, handles at uh, their handles that get faucets. That are, oh, see, there we go. Yeah. That changes the name. We yeah. should have a, like a, a Firkin or something like that. Have a little like plug of dry hops or something in there. Anything with a plug should definitely be called Bevo Pills. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Hi, Bevo. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. Sounds like a song uh, possibility there. Yeah, or oh, extra special gift. Sugar Valley will get right Sugar on Valley? that. Uh, yeah, play that back, Sugar Valley. Don't do it. Justin, don't do I'll it. I'll send you an email. <laughs> oh, he's riffing, man. You mean like this song, Tasty? I exactly like that song. She's a mighty fine one. Didn't we talk about not doing this when there were live guests in the studio? Utah. Oh, we did? 
<laughs> I talked about it, but I was ignored. Wait, here's the catchy part. What if we can get the whole studio singing it by the end of the show? And it suits me just fine. Wacko, wacko, wacko. They're having too much fun down there. Yeah. Yeah, Thank God. Drinking that free beer. All right. So we got a lot oh. to do tonight. It is our uh, last show of 2013. It's also our last Sunday show because uh, uh, 2014 is the year of Mondays. <laughs> Did I miss the vote on that? Yeah. Because there was yeah. no vote. No, no, we actually, intentionally no vote. had it while you weren't here. No, you actually literally missed the vote. Uh, on, the, on the last show that you were not here at, I got everybody downstairs and I said, unless you guys have some compelling reason otherwise, we're moving the shows to Monday. And, uh, oh, that, and that was the vote? That, nobody raised well, their hand. I, I did say, you know, Doc and Nate aren't going to like that. Yeah. No. Right. So, But that wasn't voting. I'm protesting. You. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Protesting the yeah, I see it matters. Yeah. I know better than to complain right now. Yeah. Hey, business you, are is you business. Done? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just don't cut my pay. All right. I promise not to cut either yours or Nathan's Maybe you should pay. get a premium for me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Monday, Monday stipend. Yeah. A little kicker. Sure. Doc's protesting yeah. went over as well as the Occupy movement did. <laughs> you can have a pint at the hop grenade when it's open, Doc. Does that sound good? I, I want well, to, but just one. None of it. I, I, mean, think, I, need, I oh. think I need a punch card. I don't know how much you can drink. I don't know. I'll punch your card, oh. baby. A pint. The one. problem with the hop... Here's the one problem I do have with the hop grenade. Now we're still... A, it's legal for us to have beer given to us and donated and stuff. When we're in the hop grenade, that's not really the case. So, literally, you guys are going to start costing me money. <laughs> I'm gonna ha- I will actually, every pint we have will be on a tab that I have to answer to. Yeah, but to be honest with you, uh, over the years care. of all the lost revenue <laughs> I know you don't. and, and all, I the, like that. all the potential lost sponsorship of all the douchey things that we say, we've probably cost you a lot. <laughs> That's, That's true. fine. But at least th- those are much more intangible. The thing is, Tasty's I might easy. be turning in mileage one of these days, you know. Y- you might have to. <laughs> but Tasty, Wait, as much as you One more corporation involved here. I'm thinking this is like a big deal. I don't think Tasty drinks that much anyway. I don't. To be honest with right. you, could I? I? I don't think. I think it's all his friends that is going to be the problem. Oh yes, <laughs> it's Tasty's yeah. bros and hoes. Bros, bros. <laughs> yeah, it's the hoes, not bros. The bros. <laughs> all right, I got to get us through this first segment because we got a lot to do. Yeah, and Doc so needs to get, get drunk. It. Yeah, I, you too, Bevo. No, no. Yeah, because I want to see. It's Christmas time for Bevo. She needs to get. Hammered. You know, we do have a listener sent us some nice uh, tequila. And some mar- oh. margarita mix. That's true. Oh, we could make right. you up some margs real fast, dog. Oh. I have to go to my real job tomorrow. That, mm. that won't be happening. Yeah. You got sick days left. No, yeah. I don't. I already got paid out for them. Mm. Well, you won't be Sucker. sick, probably. All right. Winter Brews Festival is Saturday, January 25th. It's in Toto Santos Park right here, uh, right over there in Concord, California, where the new Hop Grenade Tap Room uh, will be. <laughs> Saturday, January 25th. You have until, uh, you've got two more days. You've got until Christmas Eve to buy pre-sale tickets for a flat fee of $35. The Brewing Network is picking up all of the service fees. So tickets are 35 bucks until the 24th. After that, your pre-sale tickets are 35 bucks, but then you got to pay the man, too. you got to pay credit card fee and service fee and all that shit that we don't get anyway. But uh, if you do it before then, buy that last-minute Christmas gift for the you know that special someone on your list. Yeah. Is that how it goes? I think it is. Uh, then uh, go to bnbrewfest.com, bnbrewfest.com. Uh, it's a great lineup of uh, breweries. We'll get the breweries up there next week, actually. Um, they're, they've all, they're all saying yes. Actually, they're calling us. Uh, can we be involved? So there's going to be a lot more breweries this year, I think. Uh, Lucas, Ohio is playing, and so is Forest Day. So it's going to be a good time. Uh, go to bnbrewfest.com. If you want to be a part of our new segment, Homebrewer of the Week, send an email to scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. We'll put you in there. Okay. I'll, 
scottsbrewingnetwork.com. That's for our homebrew of the week. Uh, all new shows, Dr. Homebrew, Brew Strong, Brewing with Style, all available on the Brewing Network. A lot of you have done your Christmas shopping via Amazon through us, and we appreciate it. You can always do your Amazon shopping by clicking the Amazon link on our homepage, and then you just shop as normal. It doesn't cost you any more money, but uh, Amazon, instead of keeping all of their that money, gives a little bit to us. So it's a great way to support us without yeah. spending any extra cash moscow yeah well just an extra thank you uh, not only to the audience also to amazon i mean it's really an amazing program it's just a win-win for everybody everyone loves shopping there and yeah. everyone loves supporting you know who they like to support and we've never even talked to anybody at amazon never no nope. it's just an unbelievable program and everyone gets what they want and uh so thank you so much for shopping there and keep it up it's helped us a lot so thank you for doing that yeah, i clicked through a, a couple days ago to order my stuff thanks sure. tasty hell yeah, yeah. I'm the only one who doesn't, but I, I can't. No, you're not the only one. I'm not a lot. Oh, you're you're <laughs> a JP tries to talk people out of it. Yeah, I, actually ha- I actually had one on my blog, and yeah. Amazon affiliate, and I got fired from it. Why? Because you clicked it yourself. No, because I, I apparently you're not supposed to tell people that you know to click on it. What? That's a violation of TOS. Yeah, I got I got canned. How did they know that you did that? I don't know. They won't. You can't call them and ask. You can call. It's the same. We got dropped from Google for that. So I wonder if we're not allowed to say it on the air then. I think you can mention it, but I think you're supposed to encourage. It's a way for other people who don't know about it to learn about it. Oh, because they're not like we don't like the people who listen. So they're not our friends. Correct. So 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 it doesn't count. Is that in the it's in the fine print? If you don't like the person you're telling. (laughs) Yes, it's fine. It's okay. Hmm. I don't want to, that's we easy got for dropped, JP because he hates everybody. We got dropped from Google AdWords for the same reason, For our, I think because we have a forum or something, and you can't call anybody, you can't talk about it. Yep. I've appealed several times. And then when the Google YouTube thing merged, you they're now the same account. So now we get thousands of views on our uh, YouTube videos, and we can't get paid on those either. Right. Because they're linked with the Google thing that dropped us for whatever reason that they won't tell me. It's a it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. So well, Amazon hasn't done that yet. So thank no. them. Amazon's no. better than Google. They seem to be more interested in revenue. So if we're sending people their way, they are happy. Okay. Excellent. iPhone and Android apps. If you want to listen in the, on the go, just search BN Mobile in either one. It's a free app. Watch all this live on the brewingnetwork.com slash TV. It's only live uh, when we're live, but you can go to that same page and watch old episodes. They're all up there. Old Bruce Strong, old Session. If you want to see uh, JP's lovely face. Um, yeah. It's actually the back yeah. of my head, usually. The guy, a guy at Creek Monkey was like, hey, there's a guy downstairs... Uh, he has a really like creepy handlebar mustache. He says he's on your tab, and I was like, handlebar mustache. He's like, yeah, he's kind of tall. Uh, no, like, like a must. He's balding. No. Is that me? And he's like balding, but then he has like weird hair coming out. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. JP. Yeah. I was like, yeah, he's on my tab. Oh, okay. I didn't think I had a handle. It's just, it's just how it goes. I don't like. I well, think you had pulled it like out this. at that. I, I think you had at that point. No. Mm. It looks like, like you have. No, yeah. I just, it looks a little handlebarry. It just See? happens. Yeah. Anyway. Whatever. Uh, Fuck that guy. You mean, the guy. you mean the guy with like the eight ugly, the eight little hairs for the fucking chops? He has like little chops. That guy. Yeah. Fuck him <laughs> and his facial hair. I have better facial hair. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, I mean it. <laughs> have sex with him now. Okay. Uh, okay. Get all these updates and more over on Twitter and Facebook. Facebook. Send your show ideas to Scott at uh, scottthebrewingnetwork.com. Send feedback to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. Do we have a Twitter game tonight? Yes. Twitter game is brought to you tonight by Williams Brewing. You can go to williamsbrewing.com right now. They've been around for years, and they've been a supporter of ours for a very long time, several years. They're a great company, known for their fast shipping and great customer service. Go to williamsbrewing.com.
Uh, Twitter game tonight is, since it is the show, uh, the year in review, sort of, the year wrap-up, I want to know what everyone's favorite moment of 2013 was. Uh, just on our show or like in just the Just on world? our show. Oh. Yeah, I guess I should have clarified because I'll probably get like, you know that time when the girl hold the door open for me? <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, your favorite moment of BN 2013. That's yes. our Twitter game brought to you by Williams Brewing. Uh, it's 2013, by the way. That's not... Scott gets very It's upset. my game. I wrote it. I can... All right. Okay. Yeah. You insist on sounding like an idiot. You know, it's no skin off my back. Blair! <laughs> Perfect. I do. Our good friend Michael Fairbrother from Moonlight Meteries on the line. Michael, welcome to our final show of the year, my friend. Hey, guys. How are you? We're doing well. Hey, how are you? Tom, great. Thank you. You know, I wish you could have made it out for this party, but I'm, I think I'm happier that you're sending Moonlight to our, our Winterfest. Yeah, we got four cases on the. Uh, I think on the way out to you guys. Really? Is it different mead wow. or or all four cases of one? Oh yeah, four different ones. Excellent. This will be the first time at any of our festivals that we've poured mead. I think. So I think it is. I think uh, we'll be. We're, we're excited about that. They haven't made you do anything <laughs> weird with like permitting or something because it's mead, have they? Shh, we haven't asked. I mean, uh, <laughs> what is this? It shouldn't matter for the nonprofit license. It's a little bit different. It should be fine. There's no actual, when you apply for licenses like that, there really aren't uh, boxes to check for mead. It's beer, wine, and liquor. So, unless we had to check the wine box, which I'm just going to pretend we didn't, we're fine. Right, Michael? Yeah, I'm not saying anything. Yeah, me neither. Call it, call it a brag. It'll be fine. Actually, the city of Concord loves us. The ABC was really good to us. I went in to, to do our license this year, and they just looked at me. Have you done this before? Yes. This is our fifth year. You'll have your license in 24 hours. Wow. <laughs> they were really great. They Excellent. Just, and, I, and literally... Because you license, don't have a violation. They would have came up. Yeah. No, I can't, 24 hours later, it's in my mailbox. Mm-hmm. And they did a great... They, they love us. So Moonlight Meadery will be out at uh, BN uh, Winter Brews Festival. Just go to bnbrewfest.com if you want to get... Uh, it's a, a great chance to try some wonderful mead. So, Michael, what are we trying tonight? Slow dance? Yeah, that's a uh, collaboration mead that I made with Lynn Howard, who's uh, won a homebrew competition back here in New Hampshire from Brew for Your Die. So it's a our first piment that we've ever uh, released. What is a piment? It's a mead made with uh, grapes. So this is a Cabernet Sauvignon grape with orange blossom honey. So you don't ferment the grapes like wine separately, right? You actually just use the sugar from the grapes like you would honey in a mead? Yes. Okay. Excellent. JP, how do you like this one? I like it. Yeah? It's very uh, different. So we had this, and we had another one in there, and I read this. Uh, Orange Blossom Honey Cabernet Sauvignon Grape Wine, and, and I was like, we've never tasted anything like this before on the show, and I thought it'd be a really good one. And uh, it tastes I'm not better than a, that's for sure. It tastes better than a Cabernet uh, to me. You can taste that it has Cabernet grapes, but it doesn't have right. a lot of the thick or sweet flavors to it. It's actually, uh, well, it's higher alcohol, of course, as Michael's meads tend to be. And then... It it really smooths out the Cabernet grape, I think. I agree. Yeah, it's, it's a little lighter and not as sweet, so it's a nice dry finish to it. I'm really trying to showcase how diverse meads can be. Is this something? Yeah, no, you said this was your first piment, right? Yes. Yeah. What right. made you want to do a piment? Uh, we've got actually four in the running right now. We've got a, um, a Riesling grape, a um, the Chardonnay, which you guys are, or uh, a Chardonnay and Old Vines Infidel, and you guys are trying the Cabernet. So we haven't released the other three yet, but hmm. you know, just playing around, trying to see what I like. No, oh, it, it definitely showcases the Cabernet. Huge complexity in this. Have you thought about putting this in a barrel? Yeah, that came out of it. It came out of okay. It's, yeah. I thought it had a little bit of that in here. That's cool. So you get almost like a smokiness. Um, that's the, from the first char of the barrel, so it gives a little uh, 
finish to it. I feel like you could, if you serve this for somebody and told them it's a wine, yeah. they wouldn't argue you with have you. No, idea. no. Right? Not at all. They'd go, oh, that's a really wonderful, or, or that easy had, drinking wine. Or that it had no honey in it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if just a, a pure grape wine. I, I think it's... Uh, the honey adds a distinct aromatic. Yeah, I got a distinct yeah, sure. honey character. Yeah. Yeah. What is the ratio of honey fermentables to uh, cap, uh, wine fermentables? Yeah, it's probably, um, it's I think, up north of 75% from honey, 25% from uh, the grape. Okay, great. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, I'm choking on it. Oh, attaboy. Took a good shot uh, of it. Well, I'm trying to talk at the same time. Uh, yeah, Nate, uh, Nate I, there's a, a big honey nose, but I don't get a whole lot in the flavor, though. No, it's, it's all in the nose. Yeah, that's a surprising ratio. I would have thought they're, the grapes dominated it. Yeah, I think a lot of Michael's Meads, are, they're, they're separate in a good in a good way. You yeah. know, you get you get different aromatics than, than you do with the flavors, and, and a lot of times I, I enjoy that, especially with a beverage like that. It's, it's more than just kind of one-dimensional. I feel like he's given us some that are on the sweeter side, mm-hmm. which have been okay, which I, I generally don't like, but have been good for me because they're also on the high alcohol side to cut through that. This yeah. one, and, and as Michael I think said too, is definitely not on the sweeter side. It's drier and it, it, it finishes nicer. And I like this one a lot. What's the ABV on this? About fifteen. Uh, I think it's close to that. I believe it's just shy of fourteen percent. Uh, yeah, it says fourteen on the 14. bottle, but yeah, very nice, well balanced. How many states are you in now, Michael? Um, let's see. I think it's somewhere around 27. Our distributor is telling us they expect to double that so next year. We should be in close to all 50 states. At, by next, at the end of next year? Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> when did you open? That's a little over three and a half years ago. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. What is it, about four cases per state? I mean, how are you going to make enough mead? <laughs> no, that's a good question. Yeah. Yeah, we're uh, we're starting to see some pretty good demand, so we're trying to uh, figure out how to keep ahead of it all. Um, you know, we're we're starting to eyeball hundred barrel fermenters at this point, and um, you know, buying as much honey as we can. What size fermenters do you have now? We're in uh, a thousand gallon or thirty three barrel fermenters right now. Okay, I think I do think it must be a little different for mead than than beer. Like if Firestone next year wanted to say, yeah, we're going to go ahead and be in all 50 states, it'd be nearly impossible because of the quantities they'd, they'd have to send. Exactly. Each state requires a lot of beer. But just by being able to send, and I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're sending a lot of cases to certain states, by being able to do it by the case, mm-hmm. it, it seems like you're able to spread a little faster. Yeah, we're, we're I mean, our scale is so different. I mean, we're going to, we topped out at 9,000 cases this year. And next year we may be approaching twenty to twenty five thousand. You know th- that's a drop in the bucket for somebody like uh, Firestone Walker or anybody else that's got some really great quality beer. I mean, the fact that we're just even making the amount of headway we're making is phenomenal. Right. Yeah, you know, I got invited to be a guest speaker at the Australian National Homebrewers Conference next year, and I, I got to tell you, I'm pretty psyched to see my face next to Vinny's on on there. Oh, <laughs> oh, Vinny's gonna be there. What? Oh, that he's cool. Upstairs. That fucker. Man, if only, <laughs> if only the Brewing Network was also going to be there, what a lineup that would be. Yeah, but it'll never happen. So nah. Man, those and guys I'm, get all the best gigs. And I'm better off for it. Someday. Yeah. Someday. Hmm. Well, you're going to have fun out there, Michael. I'm sure of it. So uh, 33 barrels. Uh, what's the largest uh, uh, batch of meat ever made? Michael, do you know that? No, I have no idea. Well, you might want to check on that because you're getting up there pretty he's, big. He's getting there. I mean, who's, you know, I don't know. Are you not the largest mead maker in the country now? It's, it's a big nobody guy. knows. It's, it's, a, the it's a fine balancing act between what's determined to be the biggest right now. But um, 
I look at it as we have the most different styles of mead that anybody's made. You know, we've got over 70 registered uh, labels at this point. And, you know, it's it's arguable. I mean, it's a tight competition. I think that what I really love to see is that, you know, we're spawning new meteries to start up um, that want to try to kick us in the pants. And right. you know, as long as everybody's making great product, uh, I'm trying to help as many people as I can. Well, that's just like the rest of craft beer, isn't it? The, uh, another great meadery helps you just like another great craft brewery helps craft beer. Now, you right. don't want to help everybody, by the way. You know. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, but we've been helped by it's quite a, a bit. I mean, Brad from Bee Nectar came to the meadery to tour, and he showed us how to use our label machine. And I can tell you, I'm, I was never so happy to figure out how to label you know, the bottles without doing it by hand. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so there's been some great, great camaraderie in the industry. By the way, 70 labels. No wonder you work all the time. Yeah, Maybe you should pare that down. That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, we. Uh, I was a, a finalist on the uh, Sam Adams Brewing the American Dream. I saw that uh, pitch room competition. I didn't win, but I think oh. I won in the end. But um, they um, they said, "Well, why the hell do you want to make so many?" And I said, "It's very simple." I said, "Look at craft beer. There's choice." I said, "I want the same choices in mead, and nobody's doing it. So this is why I'm doing it." Well, I would have voted for that answer. Right? That's yeah, a good, that's a good reason. That wasn't it. good enough for them. And you know what? My, so I went to a store. I was down in uh, Long Beach visiting a friend, and, and we went. He's like, oh, we got this really good beer store, and, and I know the owner. He's always talking to me about beer, so let's go in there and look at it. He had two shelves full of Moonlight Mead in the fridge, wow. by the way. Not up, not warm on the shelf. In the fridge, two different shelves. He had 20 of your brands, I think. And, awesome. and to me, actually, that's your, the answer to your question is exactly that. There, I had 20 different flavors of mead to choose from. From one meadery, because the guy probably couldn't. There was no other mead to, company to choose from, right? You know, so it's a good beverage. You got to get it out there, yeah. and, and I like. You know, it, it is nice to see. You know, like you said, Jay, other craft breweries helping out craft breweries. I'm sure Firestone Walker gets a, a big boost from like the Tenth and Blake craft brewers. So I feel <laughs> Actually, like, or yeah. like Blue Moon. That's the craft brewery that's up and coming. So I feel like probably a lot of help. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think so too. Blue Moon is up and coming. I see them yeah. everywhere now. Yeah, well, you know, they're they've they've had little problems. They've had rocky starts over the years, but it's just you got to support the local, the small guy, the little guy. Yeah, the craft beer guy. So, mm-hmm. Michael, who beat you in the uh, Sam Adams competition? Blue Moon. No, <laughs> there was a. Uh, oh shoot! Now I can't remember the name of them. It was a popsicle company out of uh, New York City. A popsicle company. company. Wow! <laughs> I thought you. I thought maybe it was all alcohol people. Alcohol pops. It was everything. Yeah, there was um, a salsa company out of Colorado, a um, ice cream company out of New York City, a guy who makes um, seaweed snacks out of California, and of uh, oh, the Dubs <laughs> and Figs makes uh, jams and jellies up in Boston. See, that, why that's BS is because, like, we need another popsicle, you know, company in the world or more seaweed snacks. No, <laughs> we need more mead. Yeah, there's only oh. one kind of seaweed snack. Yeah. I, called seaweed yeah yeah oh i make salsa really join the list you idiot hi guys uh i'm from california and what i've brought you today is this wonderful snack it's not only tasty but it's also nutrition it's it's nutritious and it's called it's made okay wait for it just wait you know when you're walking on the beach and that shit really smells and there's the flies all over It's, it's made from that it's made from that. It's gluten free. It's vegan. Seaweed. It's, it's kind of like uh, uh, kale chips and stuff, but it's really it's a cleanser. 
And it's a <laughs> micronutrient and an antioxidant. All right, you're the winner. Here's 20 grand. Thank yeah. you. I need to go get my Birkenstocks resold. Me and Michael just sitting in their corner going, oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the only original product on the panel. No. No. no Popsicle. Huh. Interesting. Whatever. Well, it's, you got publicity out of it, right? Yeah, we did some pretty good publicity. And I think that you know, whenever I'm told I can't do something, it's more fuel to the fire, which is, you know, they, they couldn't quite see how mead was ever going to take off. And the fact that we're on two continents now and possibly expanding to our third. Right. Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, get out of the way. That's all I got to say. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we're happy to see it. And every time I go to a new shop and see your, your mead there, uh, I'm happy to see it there. Thanks for sharing slow dance with us tonight, brother. Hey, my fr- guys, have a Merry Christmas, and uh, we'll see you soon. Okay, we'll talk to you next year, and looking forward to uh, tasting your meat at Winterfest. Thanks, Michael. All right, take care. Cheers. There you go. Moonlight Meadery, everybody. And, um, God, we got to taste a lot of good mead this year, too. Yeah, it's been great. So that's fun. We didn't. It wasn't just a good beer year. I think us. we actually have one more next year, too. Oh, yeah? We can't yeah. drink that tonight? No. I was thinking that we could. <laughs> I, I saw like it that. on the show over there. I was we, like, so Michael got broke. Yeah, he he haven't tried. Now, is he? Oh, sorry, Michael. We broke it. I dropped it in, into several people's glasses. Yeah. Well, with the maniac crowd back down there. There's 70, the, and we've had maybe 20 of them. Who knows what they're doing? Yeah. They got their clothes on? <laughs> so far. So, so, uh, so, uh, is my kid to, okay? Can we go to break? I need to go to My kid on. okay. Well, your kid does not have her clothes on, but everybody else Damn has it. their clothes oh, on. Oh, that's even... Wow. Is she screaming, I'm naked at the top of her lungs? No, she's not. That's her thing, isn't it? That's her thing. She's screaming, Abby went poo-poo in the toilet. Happy did go poo in the toilet. And over and over. Yay. I scream the same thing. She's a happy girl. Don't crush her. Uh, you'll be you hoping just... to scream that in the morning. Right. Well, Doc, you'll be happy. I didn't think we have time to do this, but we got time to do No feedback. way. Yeah. We're on yeah. schedule, right? All right. Hang on. Let me make sure I know who's uh, who's supporting our, our feedback. Our feedback. Today. Yeah, it's important right. to do that. Right. It's important to pay attention to your sponsors, uh, the, JP. We didn't mention when we <laughs> talked about the uh, Brewing Network uh, Winter Brews Fest that we'll be pouring homebrew again at uh, Tasty's Tasting Room as usual. That is That's important. That's right. All right. Should people contact you to pour Yeah, there's homebrew? an email going out tomorrow, but they can contact me and I'll move it on to where it's supposed to be. Tasty at thebrewingnetwork.com. We that will works. be doing Tasty's Tasting Room. Maybe we have to expand it to a double wide this we're year. We're doing a double wide. Huh? Yeah, oh, we're on the same page there. That's oh, got to yeah. be a double uh, wide. Maybe do 50. I don't know. We'll talk about a limit because, you know, there's. Yeah. But whatever. Excellent. Yeah. Don't show up all the craft brewers, Taste. You got to well, lay low. It's always the most popular brewer. It never comes up that we're showing anybody up. <laughs> no, I know. We just have more variety, right? Like, In the longer line. We have 50 different beers. <laughs> Matt's like, fuck that. I'm calling the ABC. <laughs> well, I want to take care of the line. I'll have my taste, Tasty girls there. You know, they'll, they'll be trained. and. Uh, oh, thank God. They'll be fast. Excellent. And, and easy. Yeah. Are you going to train yeah. them? Yeah. Easy. yeah, I wouldn't know if they were. They'll yeah. be fast. I'm tired of all the... the They're the, trained and fast. Yeah. When was the term Tasty Girls coined? About eight seconds ago. <laughs> no, no, every year. I like it. Every year I bring in yeah, assistants to help the guys. I mean, you imagine uh, a bunch of boring homebrewers pouring the beer. Fat homebrewers. Right. Yeah. Like, Is it sexist yeah. if I get t-shirts made that say Tasty Girls? Oh. No, I feel like oh. it's right on par. Actually, uh, uh, I mean, I'm not. It's not like I'm forcing people to wear them. Only if, if, a, if a girl wants to wear it, why? How, what is? How's that my fault? It's not sexist. Nicole, it's just in poor taste. Only if you call. No. Pull into the All studio. Right. This so, isn't allowed. Doesn't, in they studio. know their right. taste. That doesn't. Matter. We just not go there. Only so, if you call them the cookie puss. <laughs> Oh. Nicole's so, just upset because she wants to be the only one with a Tasty Girl shirt right. on. Uh, Nicole gets an extra tight one. 
I'll tell you what, to protect the brewing network, I may provide those shirts. Okay. Well, there you go. See? I didn't do it now, Nicole. You got no say over him. I, I'll listen you to your input. Talk to me about Because I know I have to listen to your bitching for the rest of the year. But Tasty, he's, he's immune. So, yeah, all right. Bounces right off of him like Teflon. Let's do some feedback. Feedback's brought to you today by our good friends over at craftbeer.com, <laughs> celebrating the best of American craft beer. All you need to know about, uh, of course, craft beer. Uh, there's a style finder there. There's a brewery list there. Food and beer. Lots of education. Blogs, news, events, and more. Go over to craftbeer.com and check out our friends for supporting the Brewing Network. Oh, my God. You've got mail. Kick ass. All right. Mr. Bucket writes in. Oh, yeah. That guy. Hi. I recently listened to the Full Tilt episode. What was that? Just a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Did I get tips on dry hopping? No. Did I get information on using wild yeast or open fermentation? No. Did I get a, did I take away any useful brewing info, such as how to oxygenate wort or make a proper yeast starter? Hell no. Here's what I took away from your show. And this was in my head the entire next day while at work. <laughs> wacka, wacka, wacka <laughs> on her bear behind. <laughs> Mission accomplished. It's all he took away. Yeah. Uh, Changing one life at a time. Right. What a great song. One cheek at a time. Can we hear that again? Just sure. to get it in my head yeah, again. Since you not. Skip ahead. I need a raise. Oh, I think you're getting one out of this one. <laughs> I'm not getting a raise. <laughs> Highlight of the session show. Highlight of the session show. Wacka, wacka, wacka on the bed behind. She provokes me to do it, and it suits me just fine. Wacka, wacka, wacka. Oh, I'm not going to hurt her. Wacka, wacka, wacka. Look at that. She is a squirter. It still grosses me out. Every time. It's a good thing women don't listen to this show. It's the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Mm, I've heard worse. Suddenly the banjo music sounds more appropriate. Yeah. All right. Um, anyway, he says, thanks for making it hard to concentrate at work. Do you have any idea how hard it is to be serious in the office with that song going through your head? <laughs> you people have no idea what it's like. You just come in and say whatever the hell you like. Cry nobody, me a river. Nobody says a damn thing. Well, next time you need to th- uh, think about the people in the real world, ass clowns. Who is he? I'm going to cut him. Oh, by the way, this wasn't Mr. Bucket. This was a different... This was Green Man. In all seriousness, I get tons of good info from the session. Uh, Please keep the funny stuff going. Uh, Keeping it light is one of the positive attributes of the show. Thanks a lot, fuckers from Green Man. All right, here's Mr. Bucket. Mr. Bucket writes in, hey, fuck faces. Uh, Thanks, I'll take Green Man. (laughs) When are you going to put JP's glory hole, a.k.a. Dr. Homebrew, on Stitcher? I know this has been brought up before, so how lazy are you, assholes? You guys fill a need. Uh, we as brewers can't get anywhere else. No homo. Thanks for everything, Mr. Bucket. I don't know. JP, get it on Stitcher. What do you want from me? Um, Figure to, it out. To know how to do it? Write them. Shit. I don't care. You're not too old to learn. Uh, Google it. Tootmaster2000. <laughs> That's great. Let's take a do you th- How old do you think? Is, is that better is, than the 1000? Is Tootmaster one, uh, part of our younger contingent who's sort of, who's not very funny? Or is he part of the older contingent who would invent something like Tootmaster? Uh, he's old. I mean, he's in his late 40s. I was going to say late 30s. Yeah, I'm thinking younger, I too. think he's like your age. Like, like. Fuck you. So late, I, yeah, I'm late just 30. saying. 
I, I think that everyone is emotionally about 15, regardless <laughs> yeah. of their actual age. They listen. But the 2000 Scott part makes him more older and sophisticated. Dude, why did he pick 2000? I don't know. Is that when you he started? Too futuristic. I think as... Um, That's when he graduated kindergarten. As Sugar Valley has proven, the older they get, the creepier they get. Mm, so That's true. All right, Tootmaster... <laughs> Maybe. Tootmaster writes in, uh, I recently entered my first competition with the Kalamazoo Libation Organization of Brewers, or CLOB. Club. All oh, right. Club. Are they club footed? Is it supposed to be club? <laughs> but it's club. So the the whole uh, the acronym thing. I, I I get it. But and so you sometimes go out of your way to yeah. make an acronym like Doze. You know. And it, but the re- if you go out of your way and the and when you read it, it's not that cool. But the acronym works. I, I get it. But what about when the acronym sucks too? Like Doze. What does Club mean? <laughs> At least Doze is something. What's what, Club? What is Doze? Like you're dozing off. Yeah, like you exactly. Drink so much you fall asleep. At least it has something. <laughs> most, uh, but it means yes, something. You're right. What does Club mean? It, it means something too. What? Club, but spelled stupid. I don't Except know. Not you're spelled. Right. No. There's so like, I feel like they went out of their way for nothing. There's good ones like burp. Those are always funny. Like those. My kind point of exactly. Fart. <laughs> So why would you end up with Clob? Well, how did we get Ben Army? Because you can get clobbered with Clob. But we weren't looking for an acronym. That's true. It was the Brewing Network Army. We ended up with an acronym. Ben Army. Why is this so difficult a point to get through? (sighs) I don't know. (laughs) I'm feeling competitive. I have a full bladder. and Yeah, me too. Yeah, let's just get the on with this. All right. Anyway, yeah. he answered under club, which I'm sure is a fine club. Forgive me for making fun. It's a fine of you. club. Uh, yeah, I, we just don't like your record. <laughs> Maybe I, they're I, from Germany and they want to make a club. I answered a bell. <laughs> <laughs> now that's Thank the you. JP yeah. I like. All right, 41 minutes into the show. Home run. <laughs> I entered a Belgian blonde as a blonde uh, and yeah, a triple. Did. Also, I didn't know what it best fit in, and uh, <laughs> and an oatmeal stout. I don't think he entered the Belgian Blonde as an oatmeal Wait, stout. Yeah, no. I think he entered no. additionally an oatmeal stout. I got my scores back, and I got a 31 and a half, a 30, and a 29, respectively. No medals or awards, but I was pleased with my consistent results. <laughs> there you consistent. go. There's a silver line. Shoot for that C+. You're consistently getting a 30. <laughs> yeah, he was pleased with that. Would yeah. you rather consistently get a 40? <laughs> I'm, I'm a, sure I'm he a would. three star brewer. You baby know? steps, baby <laughs> steps guys. out of a hundred. It's like, yeah, I got a C. That's passing. Wait, he goes on to thank us for the help. Right. <laughs> I couldn't have when done this. When you get a forty, this. call me. I You're welcome, have sir. Done these thirties without the help from the BN. Right. I think uh, it was his first competition. That's not bad. And I wanted to thank all of you, even JP. <laughs> what? Uh, I'm a podcast listener. Yeah, you helped him get that thirty. Have you ever gotten a mail oh, that says oh. I stopped listening and my scores went up? <laughs> Never. <laughs> I'm waiting for that. Who filters out the he mail? Might. I want to see the mail that goes in the garbage. Do we have to quit then? Are we over then? Oh, I'm just wondering. This guy might mail back in a few months, <laughs> attempting to amend his yeah. Stop listening to what you were saying. I hope I in my better. 30s, fuck you. I hope he hasn't peaked. <laughs> Tootmaster, keep entering beers. Good job. All right. Um, Matt writes in. Uh, let's That's see. He said something insulting, and then he says, Okay, now that that's out of the way, love the show. Listening to the Sunday Session uh, back catalog and the Bruce Strong Bizzo. What does that mean? That's another acronym. Business? Bizzo. Yeah. Yeah. Get up on your Bizzo. Really? I guess. I don't know. <sighs> Think white, of a better reason. We need a, we need a, Mar- a Martian in here every show where's he, where's just to from? run these words off a of what's a biz it's a razzier yeah. maybe it's his homebrew club I'm on the cusp <laughs> uh, he loves that word of the commercial brew scene here in Australia and soon to take on a full time brewing Cuss. job after spending the past 15 years homebrewing all in all I've learned a huge amount about uh, brewing and the industry and excited about the future 
uh, blah, blah, blah. I really enjoy the Sunday session. Um, you guys hate people almost as much as I do. Uh, fuck those guys. Uh, more importantly, you love beer and brewing, and that's all that counts. Fuck those guys. Uh, on a final note, Sugar Valley Brewer has some catchy songs for a crazy redneck inbred creep. Like Great. what? I have wacka 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 stuck in my head. Fantastic. As well as JP lost his wiener in the dildo the mold or whatever that song is that called. That is catchy too. P.S. Love you guys. Fuck you guys. Matt. All right. And now it's time for our spam of the week, everybody. Yay. Yay. Roberio Pablo writes in for our spam of the week. Uh, hello, friend. You treated me some years back during a surgery at your hospital. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't know that. Remember that? He was a real good patient. Was it the domain name at the end of the email that gave it away? Uh, I have less than a week to live Uh-oh. because I am suffering from the cancer. Yep. And the, the doctor the, has just confirmed that I will die soon. Oh, is that the one we didn't cure? <laughs> I wonder if that's how the conversation went. The doctor comes in and goes, you will die soon. And that was that. The doctor has just confirmed I will die soon. Uh, Please, I need your prayers. Also, I have today willed my properties to your family, Mm. and I want you to also help the poor. Find below the contact of my lawyer. (laughs) You are to contact him because I am at the moment in Asia for treatment. His name is Mr. Ed Hartman Esquire, and then gives his email. Uh, Thanks, Roberio Pablo. So I guess if we contact Roberio... Why is Roberio taking treatment in Asia? He needs it. He's di- he, because the doctor clearly said, you will die soon. But wait, why isn't his name like Yan? <laughs> yeah. Well, he maybe flew to Asia it's just for a new the Obamacare thing. Why are you questioning him? He's clearly a hurting individual. I, apo- I apologize. Cancer patient, well, Bebo. Jesus. I want to know who the doctor confirmed the first one. Oh, yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm confirming that. One. Well, you know what? That's what he gets for not coming back to us. Right. Should have what? come back to our hospital. Why is he yeah, continuing back, treatment like, if he's going to die soon? Suicide. Why isn't anybody sympathetic for the guy with cancer? Yeah, yeah, that, cancer. It's a long plane ride over to Asia. He's probably dead. So did now. you talk to Mr. Hartman? What's the deal? Well, not yet. I'm just reading this for the first time. I am kind of surprised that you guys are like really bagging on this dude for having cancer. I know, I mean, that's right? Fucked up. It is. Uh, I just want to know what we're going to get. Well, it's just a spam, though, right? I mean, well, you don't know that he could really have cancer. I mean, of all the of all the the, the feedback and all the bullshit we get about women and hating people and stuff, like you guys are really coming down. Well, on since the guy. when are you so sensitive? The guy. It's a spam of the week with cancer. Um. Well, what, how old's his email? A, uh, week, it, a week? Yeah, a week, maybe. He's dead. <laughs> that's not... <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I have cancer, and I think that that's really rude. But you're not dead. What? Huh? Yeah, I have uh, cancer, apparently. This is the, this is a spam. It's all right to joke with the spam, but you're just going to throw out a but, joke about you having cancer? Yeah, now who's insensitive? Not funny. That's not okay! Not it's funny. not a joke. I mean, I, I, it just happened recently... And um, it just it takes a while to to get over, and and now you know I'm I'm just very sensitive to it. I so, won't believe you. Do you actually have cancer? Yeah. No, no. You could tell he's lying. He would have called it the cancer. <laughs> if you yeah. Know. Nate, I don't think Nate's he's. Right. I'm, I'm yeah. looking in his eyeballs, and I think he. I think no. He, I I I have a, a thyroid cancer. That's the thing that you've been going to the doctor for with the yeah. hormone imbalance or whatever? <laughs> My hormone imbalance. My tits won't grow. I thought it was um, a hormone imbalance. It was, and it, it, it they found um, cancer in my thyroid. He's been and potentially been, in my uh, uh, lymph system, too. So you actually have fucking uh, cancer. Like, legitimately, I have cancer, yeah. And you're telling us now yeah. on well, the show. Through pull, a spam. He's pulling the cancer card. Yeah. Do we have a cricket sound effect? 
I'm pretty sure he's not fucking with us. No, I'm, it's it's uh, yeah, it's it's real. Is Taryn? Uh, <coughs> holy shit! I kind of yeah. wanted to get a, a confirmation. She's, does she there, look? But... Does she look happy or sad All down right. there? Right. Taryn, you can tell. Okay. No one's there. We go. Engine, right? uh, yeah. You can't. Brewer's code. Brewer's code. Cancer or no cancer? Cancer. What the? Really? Yeah. Oh dear. No. Yeah. It's still stage one. You guys are assholes. Maybe I don't know yet. So it's no, it's just op- GP. So it's operable. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've had a, a, a hyperactive parathyroid, which means my my parathyroid, these little glands in your near your thyroid, yeah. are pulling calcium from my bones. Yeah, so apparently I have low bone density for some reason. Great, uh, except in the part that it counts. <laughs> and um, anyway, and so they did like a uh, not a urology, but a fucking ultrasound, and they found this mass in my uh, thyroid. And it's so they, what now? They, they have, have biopsy and and uh, take thing. it out. Uh, yeah, so they're they're pulling it out. So like mid January, I won't be here. JP the hypochondriac actually has cancer. Didn't I tell you that there was something wrong with me? You were fucking right. Yeah, I'll, I'll wow. cut you. Yeah, to do it right now. I'm actually. Hey, I'm sorry, glad, bro. I want to say that. Sorry. I'm no, glad you're telling us because I've. Oh, I have to. Well, I've been That's worried. My thing. Yeah. What have you been worried about? Kidding himself. Well, Why I you? no. I've been I've wanted to fire you, but now I feel like <laughs> I feel like no, I'm you off can't. The, now I feel like I'm off, no I feel like right. I'm off the hook. The cancer's going to take oh. care of it for me. Well, oh. the, the good thing, dude. <laughs> was it too soon to make it? Not cool. Too soon. Is it too soon? <laughs> the, I mean, the good thing about it is that they don't they don't talk about it in terms of survivability because it's it's that like so of, not like in the spam. The doctor didn't come in and say. JP, you will die. die soon. No, actually, they're like it's one of the only cancers that can be in your lymph system, and you're still stage one. Okay. So everyone's really positive about it, but I'm not worried about the cancer so much as actually going under the knife and dying on the table. <laughs> That's like the legitimate fear. She's like, cancer, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to get an operation, then I'm going to die. Everybody else is yeah. like begging to get a cancer operation because they're done with the disease then. <laughs> right. You're like, I don't know, can yeah. I wait? And I don't want to do it. Well, the thing is, JP, you'll never know if you die on the table. Because you get the no, general you anesthesia care. and you'll never <laughs> know. Maybe. No, you don't yeah. know that. I mean, they, you know, they, they walk yeah, to the light and all that kind world. of stuff. I'll be walking to the light going, I, I don't want to do this. It would be better if you uh, had to take a cross-country flight first. Go to Asia. To, surgery. to Asia. <laughs> to go to Asia. I should ask this guy where he's getting his treatment from. Does anybody find it odd that you just told us you have cancer yeah. and, and we just think it's funny? No. <laughs> Nobody That's what cares. we do here. We try to find the humor and everything. Yeah. Well, no one cares. Wow. Like, well, we care. We if you fired funny. me, they'd be like, yeah, it's a really good move. Because so sure. <laughs> like, he know. was going to die on yeah. your show. You could be the guy who dies on the show finally. Death pool. Oh, then, well, okay. Tasty or you? Oh, we have to revise first? the death pool. Somebody's going to lose the tasty pool. Who, who's going to... Well, tasty, you just moved down a row yeah. for the first time in years. A lot of and you can do a side bet. Is it going to be heart or cancer first to get me? Right. Yeah, that's why I feel like the cancer is right. not a big deal because we all know you're going to die of a heart attack, right. not cancer. Well, you're probably so. This well, is especially this... right now, when I'm like concerned about it. <laughs> what if you die of a heart attack while you have cancer? Well, I'm I'm worried I will die of a heart attack while they're pulling the cancer out. Like it's one of the you know like Mr. Burns and the Simpsons where he had every like disease possible and if he cured one he would die because they're all in perfect balance. You're our Mr. Burns. They pull the thyroid and the heart goes. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> We might have to revise the death pool by the end of today's show. Everybody think about it, and let's decide if Tasty's still at the top of the list or not, because uh, JP actually has a terminal illness. <laughs> well, I mean, you know... Uh, no, he's not saying it. It's, it's treatable. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's very treatable. All the doctors and surgeons are very, like, uplifting, but that might be much their bedside like, manner. Not as much better as than us. us. Yeah. Not as much, much as than us. your friends. The doctor's like, everything's fine, uh, and I'm going... It. 
Oh, thank God. I was yeah. going to have to keep paying him. It, it's terminal. This it, might be why um, Pablo or whoever didn't come back to us for medical care. Right. Yeah. We don't have the best bedside manner. Because we laughed at him. But everything's fine, right? Like, it's an easy little thing. Yeah, yeah I'll just have to go on hormone pills and uh, for the rest of my life. Good guy, no mask. Really? Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. Will and you then grow I'll, sweet tits? I'll get, maybe. Um, I'll get like a radioactive iodine thing, so I'll be like radioactive. I'll need to be isolated for like two days. Okay. Uh, so that'll be fun. Wow. Well, I, you'll like that, though. Oh, this- I know. Right? But I can't have my cats. I can't touch anything. Uh, yeah. So you, this as is long as like people aren't around. The germaphobe getting MRSA. Right. Yeah. JP, the hypochondriac, gets cancer. Right? Next thing you know, Scott will be poor. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Everybody's got their own nightmare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like Tasty never getting laid again. Right. This is what? impossible. It's going to happen. <laughs> All right. Well, Chip, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Well, I don't know either. It's not the way I wanted to, to tell it, but... Uh, but you felt that you, yeah. felt that you related to uh, Roberio Pablo? He and I, we're, we, we G-chat every now and then. <laughs> we FB-chat. Well, Merry Christmas. Let's uh, interview yeah, Matt yeah, Reynolds. Yeah. Like, we well, a, listen. Let's, I, need a, I need a couple beers real quick. Let's do every <laughs> show like it's the last show you're ever going to do. <laughs> you know, if I'm right? Gonna, if I'm going to go, it better be with uh, Pivo Pills in the glass. That's you know I mean? right. Right. We're going to party like it's JP's last day on Earth. <laughs> right. Every day. Yes. And it, and it might be. <laughs> oh, that went through my mind, too. Like, because I found out on a Wednesday, and then Wednesday evening, I'm like, oh, I guess I'll feed the cats for the last time. <laughs> Like super Everything, dramatic. Everything's the last time. Well, now. before you before you like get that the next meeting with the doctors, you, you don't know what's going on, and you right. you don't want to look online because it's full of stories of like <laughs> I had thyroid <laughs> cancer, and then ten seconds later my heart exploded <laughs> or some nonsense, and then I was dead, and uh, then I typed this. Yeah. Well, so let uh, me ask you this: uh, you know. Does it? Are you thinking about getting out more, or like you know, make us living plans? Like like for yeah. example, now that you've you've seen the that the light at the end of the tunnel has blown out. Right. Uh, is there a side tunnel I can if, take? Like, if we were invited to Australia for the yeah. conference, would you now be like, oh, yeah, I got to do that because... I'm I not going to be alive by then, probably. <laughs> but it doesn't make you think differently uh, about... <coughs> no. There are good doctors in there no, you're in not, Australia. You're still the same. It doesn't for two reasons. One, that's a lot of wasted time on the plane. Ugh. Right, mm-hmm. um, and then two. There's so uh, there's so much about this country I want to see. I don't there's so I much don't... have conquered. You still haven't driven around, right? I mean, you know, there's <laughs> there's farms out past Clayton that I want to look at and stuff. But uh, no, it's like uh, there's so much about America that's beautiful. I want to see that I will never get to see. I don't need to go to another country and spend three days sweating it out like. Like uh, a lot of times, seeing I'll, the world. Well, a lot of times, I like, go go to Philly, and I'm like, okay, only fucking four hours and eight, or four days and four hours and eight minutes till I have to get back on the plane. I'm just like <laughs> counting down, like, am I, I gotta go back home soon? All right, here's what's going to. Ha- this is what your future looks like, JP. This thyroid <laughs> cancer thing, it's nothing. Yeah. It's a piece of cake. They're gonna rip that thing out. Everybody's gonna be fine. Right. However, you're going in to be the note. you're going to be the only person yeah. in the history of getting cancer yeah. who is unmoved by the experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you will be the exact same person. Like, <laughs> when you wake up from that surgery as you were before you found out. Probably. I don't know. It, it changes a, a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm writing about it For currently. Sure. You it's are. Like, it's like the big things come, become real little and the little things become really big. Right. It's really weird. I thought Give it was me an example. the opposite of that, isn't it? 
I don't know. How do you it mean? It is, yes, that the little things become right. lit- yeah. more littler. You stop more sweating, littler. The, you stop well, sweating the small it's stuff. Not, not, like, not like that as in like there's no, a bunch of problems. You redefine the big stuff. Yeah, you redefine the big stuff, but it's also like little stuff like, uh, you know, like literally like, like feeding the cats or waking up in the morning and turning on the Christmas tree lights means a lot more for some reason. Now that you're dying. Now that I'm dying. Well, what's, right. a bi- what's a big thing that means less? Um, like this people's opinions and stuff like that. Oh wait, wow. just shit like yeah, that. that was yeah. a big thing in your life a big before. Deal. Or Being like stuck in traffic or something. Yeah, or yeah. Well, it, it is a lot of like stress and anxiety. You kind of go, fuck. Doesn't fucking matter. Doesn't really matter. Your health right matters. Yeah. Right. So you're gonna fly in a lot, a lot of more planes now before you die. No, there's one no. thing you got to do because you <laughs> yeah. haven't done enough of that. I'm going to fucking Disneyland to the in January. Tell you that. Yeah, you got to go to Disneyland more on. often. Let's I'm go going skydiving. I'm going to I'm going to Disneyland before the surgery. <laughs> oh my god! Hell yeah, Mickey! I'm so. This is my last time hugging you, let's Mickey. Take, let's take a knee, Mickey. Oh god! I'm haunted mansion. We've spent so much time <laughs> together. We have. My thyroid will miss you. <laughs> That's all that will... You'll just be missing a thyroid. When they pull it out, I want to cremate it and throw it in the park somewhere. I, I thought you'd just get the parts and just bury it somewhere. <laughs> Doc, how park. many thyroids do we have? Uh, you got one on each side, or, and then the parathyroids are above that. So you're oh, fine. you got plenty. Yeah. You're Why good. don't you no, feed it to your cat? They would eat it. They would eat it. Those fuckers. You guys are sickos. All right, well, I don't know what to say. Maybe the last time you're feeding your cat your thyroid. That's, that's a lot of feedback there. Sugar yeah. Valley Brewer, uh, start writing a song about JP having cancer, would you? Make it a happy song. <laughs> JP's cat definitely ends up send eating it, the tuna. Send it right now. Wait. You're going to be fine. Hacker, hacker, hacker on your thyroid cancer. Should we start? <laughs> Should we start a fund already? Yes, please do. I mean, not for you, but like for a charity oh, for when cat. you're gone. No, hey, so that's not necessary. Someone's got to take care of the cats. So. Yeah. It's funny because I go like, oh, I had all these, like, you know, like I said, like, little things kind of become big, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to be an advocate. Like, I'm going to do things. I was really, like, excited. A thyroid advocate. Not, like, excited, but, like, well, if I'm going to have it, like, I kind of want to, yeah, and then and then all, everyone's going, it, it's, it's fine. Like, we don't, literally, less than 1% of people have the cancer return, and then we just take it out again. It's not... A big deal. I'm like, oh, right. fuck, I can't, I, no, whatever. I'm telling you, even if this was life threatening and then like really bad, and then you came yeah. back from it, you would start. You would look at what it took to become an advocate, yeah. and then you'd go, oh, fuck, I can't it. do that. Shit. <laughs> I got there's like a, like there's a monitor to Twitter. Feed. Yeah, there's a Disney marathon on today. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I have no time for this. No, I don't. You're gonna be fine. I have faith. Yeah. When when did you get faith? I don't mean that kind of faith. Oh. I have faith that you, I have faith that my luck is bad enough that you're gonna be fine. <laughs> <sighs> That's what I have faith in. You know how at first you thought I was joking and then you realized I was serious? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that time that JP revealed he had cancer on the Matt Brennelson show? Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll be right back with Matt Brennelson from Firestone Walker Talking Brewing about Company. Up, up staging uh, the guy. JP, listen close. This may be the, the last first break you ever hear. Uh. Hang in there. It's the session. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. 
morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer go to morebeer.com and click into the learning center you'll find podcasts technical facts video tutorials and more including access to the buzz more beer social network of more than 5,000 members and some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz the forum the learning center and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest more beer catalog more beer bringing you absolutely everything for beer making Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the homebrewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read Read your way to better homebrew. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the next meeting. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeast, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's super yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. 
Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact rain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris, and I approve this message. This Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewing Network.
session. Brewing up our next batch of radio gold. Right now. All right, welcome back to the program. Thanks for hanging out with us. Everybody's wondering if the last segment was real. And, oh, yeah, uh, we did feedback and uh, uh, announcements. It was pretty cool. It's all real. <laughs> JB got cancer in the dildo mold, dildo mold, dildo mold. I bet you we have a new song by the, by the time we're back on air. But I think you went first, so then you gave it to me. Mm, true. I think that's how the song goes, That's right? how, it's how cancer works. Too. You're a dick. It's contagious. All right, we got a lot of things to do tonight. I want to thank our sponsor, Beer, Beer, and More Beer. Go over to morebeer.com right now. They've been the sponsor of the session uh, for a long time. In fact, so long, it's been since the very first show, and they're still with us. They bring you this session and every session, and I sure hope that'll continue as we grow into the future. It's been a great 2013 with them, and uh, it's been a great eight years uh, with More Beer. Go to morebeer.com right now and check them out. I also want to announce, uh, so of course we have Matt Brennelson from Firestone Walker Brewing in the studio. He's with us now. Um, here's what we're going to do. We want to give away a bunch of stuff on tonight's show because we want to thank you for listening throughout the year and, and for hanging out with us. So uh, if you've got questions for Matt or the crew or, or anything, don't just call in to, to disrupt the show. But we, we like good brewing questions. We're going to be talking about Pilsners with Matt and barrel aging and the new brewery. And I think we're even going to be talking about sours a little later in the program, which is a new thing uh, with Firestone. If you call in with a question, everybody who calls in gets a prize. That's right. We'll send you some BN swag, and we got a lot of stuff to give away. Triple eight four zero one beer eight 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 four zero one beer. You can also ask questions via the chat room. As always, you guys know how this works. Just hit the chat button on the homepage, and Bevo's in there. She'll send your questions to me, and uh, if we use your question, I'll give you a prize for that too. So eight 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 four zero one beer call. And we got stuff to give away. Plus, we're going to play some games later on the show, um, like guess how long JP will live. You know what? Things um, like that. This, you know, you should really have a little more respect for me. <laughs> That's going to be my favorite new game that we're going to play until it's all done with. Guess how long JP will live? Actually, I feel like we could play even when it's gone. We could still play guess how long JP will live. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's absolutely true. Because you're a hypochondriac. Yeah. It's all a sh- sham. I'm sure of it. I, I, I'm not scared. I'm sitting right next to him. <laughs> yeah. You can't get it from hugging. That's right. Okay. Can't get it from hugging it out, man. Right. <laughs> All right. Triple eight four zero one beer. Call us up. We got Matt Brindelson from Firestone Walker Brewing Company. I've been drinking your Pivo Pills, uh, well, for months, but uh, certainly all night. And uh, thank you for making that beer, sir. My pleasure. You must be selling a shitload of Pivo Pills. Um, you know, Pilsner maybe doesn't set the world on fire like IPAs. Okay. But uh, we've been happy with how it's been received, for sure. Excellent. And is it in every market that that Firestone is in, or, or, or do you make less of that beer because it's a lager? We have the full book of Firestone products in the western nine states. Okay. But I'm told that it will be released in New York uh, in February, January or February. Excellent. How long does this beer take you to make? It's a six-week beer. Okay. Got it. And, uh, and one of your typical ales, your, your, let's say your Pale 31, how we, long does that yeah, take? Yeah, we try to get all the ales through in two weeks, Got 14 it. days or less if we can. So you guys have a new brewery and, and new fermenters, I think, as well. Is that why you're able to do something like a, like a lager because of, of capacity? Or? No, 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 no. Just Adam and David, I, I've been begging to do a Pilsner for so long. I think they finally just said, ah, go ahead, let them do it. It will okay. never sell. And, uh, <laughs> and as a result, it tied up a lot of tank space. It did. Yeah. 
and and it's been at least a, a, a moderate success, I'm sure. So now it's going to continue to tie up tank space. There's a little bit of history here because uh, when I very first started with Firestone in 2001, there were three beers. There was Double Barrel Ale. Okay. There was Windsor Pale Ale, which later became Pale 31. Okay. And then we uh, also had a beer called Firestone Lager. And I think the name alone was just a little blasé. Yeah. Um, and people at the time weren't hot on lager beer. They were hot on the hoppy beers and, and other craft beers. So I think that was that was the memory. You know, ah, lager doesn't turn the world on fire. Yeah. Let them do a pilsner. and Sure. So there's a little bit of a bad taste in the mouth uh, almost <laughs> from guess. that. Yeah. We replaced lager with Union Jack. Oh, okay. And that obviously... <laughs> Which was an enormous success. Yeah, exactly. So you prove them right before you're now proving them wrong. And we always had the intention of getting back to lager brewing, at least I did. And the tanks were filled up with ale. Yeah. Union Jack was doing great. Um, finally, there was an opportunity. And I think the twist for us was making a hoppier lager beer. I okay. mean, I kind of looked at the landscape of Pilsner beers out there, looked at the landscape of lager beers. Um, I'd have to say some of the inspirations were victory. Okay. Um, those guys are just doing an amazing job uh, with lager beer and hoppy uh, lager beer brewing. Yeah. And then the main, um, I would say, inspiration is a brewery in Italy, Birificio Italiano. Uh, Agostino, the brewer there, makes a dry hopped pilsner, and he goes and hand selects hops from the Tetanang region nice. in Germany, just over the border. I think it's we just interviewed him at your festival. You did, yeah. you did. He's yeah. an amazing guy. Um, he knows food, he knows beer. Um, he puts on a festival every year in northern Italy called Pills Pride. Nice. And this will be the first year Allison and I will, will go and attend that. Beautiful. And I think it's a small festival, but I think it's a festival of very passionate lager brewers uh, from around the world. So if you had to classify this Pilsner, you know, there's there's a Bohemian Pils, there's German Pils, right? What, where would you put it? Because you're saying it's on the hoppier side. We entered at GABF in German Pils okay. and um, did, did well. Um, although there was a moment prior to the awards being announced when Dan Carey, who is an awesome lager brewery from New Glarus, yeah. Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, he's one of my heroes for sure. And so when Dan speaks, I just shut up and listen. And he came up to the booth. Uh, he asked specifically for Pivo Pills. I poured it for him personally. Yeah. He smelled it. He took a long time. He tasted it. He's like, did you enter it in Bohemian Pills? Yeah. And he said, no. He's like, mm. that's too bad. <laughs> oh, is that right? I was like, <laughs> nice. Damn it. But uh, but you proved him wrong. You put it in Hellas. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think those of us that do judging um, know that there may be a fine line. And, and actually, if you were tasting classic Bohemian Pilsners next to hoppy German lagers, yeah, there's a distinctive difference when it comes to... I, I typify it as grainy maltiness, um, sometimes more residual maltiness in the Bohemian Pilsners, and there's always a sort of hops there, but they're balanced out by the malt. Yeah. Um, in our case, we are making a pretty lean uh, German Pils base on the malt size. It's 100% Weirman malt. We mash it pretty intensively. We want it to be very, very dry, and but then we hop it like a Bohemian Pilsner. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's a bit of a hybrid beer. There's definitely what? an American twist, the fact that we dry hop it. But, what temperature are you mashing at? So we start out at 122 in a protein range. Mm-hmm. This is in Fahrenheit. Um, we step up to the low 145s, and we hold there for a very long time, wanting you know full beta amylase uh, activity, and we want a well-attenuated beer. Then we ramp up into the mid-150s to make sure that everything's completely converted. We mash off, um, and then we run it off. We have a new German brew house now, and that was another one of the inspirations. It was like, nice, you know, this shit was built to make Pilsner beer. We need to do this. Right. And, uh, okay. 
Um, you know, it's funny, about the time we were formulating this beer, we had a German intern who had worked for the Radeberger Group, one of the larger brewers in Germany. Mm-hmm. So he fancied himself uh, an expert. And all along the way, he'd come into my office, he's like, why are you doing this? <laughs> all wrong. Stupid. Everything, everything about the formulation was wrong in his mind. And then and kept when saying, he tasted the final... What do you think of the finished beer? Yeah. Like, Just, the finished beer's okay. <laughs> but the the okay. process is all But right. I can't... Because you're stupid all the way through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, now, uh, I must be confusing my, my lagers, because I thought that the Czech Pills style was known as the hoppier one. No, I, it always is very hop-driven, but there's also a meteor uh, hop. I mean, we have some experts in the room, Nathan. I mean, you guys... Yeah, Nate and back me up here, Doc or too. correct me if I'm wrong. But so Czech's not known We're as about the, the difference as the... between Bohemian and German pills. Yeah, in the classic sense, you think of German pills just being this very dry kind of more bitterness focused beer, and Bohemian pills kind of having that big saz hop aroma and flavor all the way through. But sometimes Bo pills can be a bigger mouthfeel, like a slightly sweeter seeming beer than than German pills. German pills just being kind of that really dry, it, you know, northern, sort of slightly more minerally water okay. compared to the two I, as well. I look at it as a, a sharper, is the way I kind of look at trying to change the two in between. Uh, minerally is one way to look at it, but it's just got a, a sharper hard point to it uh, on the on the, the northern German pills. And you, okay. can, you can have something like even a little bit of diacetyl in a, in a bohemian pills, which is considered acceptable. Okay. I mean, very low amounts. It's not... Not something and you as, want a lot and of. And as you but. drive, you know, through the Czech Republic and you're tasting beers, there's a wide range, you know, between the brewers. I mean, I think if you just take the two big players in that in that genre, and you've got Budvar, the national brewery making uh, Bohemian Pils, and you have Pilsner Raquel. Right. If you taste those two side by side, yeah, Pilsner Raquel has a higher ending gravity. To me, it has a graininess. It was known for diacetyl in the past. I think they've cleaned that up. Okay. And it actually has a, a lower bitterness, a perceived lower bitterness to me. Whereas when you taste Budvar, it's more like Pivo Pils in that it's a very dry, well-attenuated beer. Yeah. Um, they take great pride in these super long lagering um, uh, with the yeast, so I think that helps dry the beer out. It's a very clean beer relative to diacetyl. Okay. Um, neither of those beers just scream dry hop or high hop aroma, so I think that's where Pivo Pils... I mean, I kind of get some shit from some people like, Pivo is Czech, and yet you're making a German pills. What's up, man? You should have checked your facts. I'm like, you know, that's, that's kind of the point. There's, there is no Did you right. kick those people in the balls real hard? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a little guy. Look at me. I don't pick anybody in the balls. You should have. Unless I got a long balls. runway. Yeah, yeah. You, can, you can work through the crowd a lot faster. <laughs> right. so, Only when I have my big friends with me. <laughs> so Pivo is a little minerally, right? It has a, a, a minerally character. Yeah, but we're using very highly filtered water, reverse osmosis treated water. We're using calcium uh, chloride and no gypsum. So any minerally content is coming from the malt, a little bit from that calcium chloride, but we're not looking for water okay. hardness per se you just want calcium content from calcium yeah, can accentuate. keeping the yeast happy calcium chloride is not accentuating hops but it's supposed to give you know kind of the malt a chance to be a little more rounded but okay i would like to try this beer before you you dry hop it mm. because i don't and i just I'm, I'm just maybe not perceptive enough to to pick up on how much of the dry hopping i'm tasting in this beer to me, it's a really great, almost a classic Pilsner to me. I can tell that it's different. It has uh, more rigid uh, flavors to it. It's not it's as round as some others that I've had, which is, I think, why I like it. There are flavors that really stand out. Part of it actually is a little bit of the, the mineral part that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. The hop character stands out, but I would 
I would just like to know the difference between how much of that is the dry hop and how much comes from the kettle hop. Actually, you bring up a great point. We could do a, a Keller Pills where we just rack it off the tanks okay. and serve it and then have the you know the finished piece. It'd be fun. I think it'd be educational, too. I'd really like to know the difference between that what the dry hopping and, does. And honestly, at the end of the day, we weren't really looking at a style guide when we created this beer. This beer was all about what you know i love and what the brewing team loves in a lager beer which is right. sessionability super dry as dry as we can get it i mean when it ends at one 1. 1.2 play-doh then we're happy nice wow uh is it a new yeast for the brewery um i mean it's it's the same yeast that we used for firestone lager back, back in the when, day okay um 3470 i believe is the the number the weinstefan number which is Probably the most used lager yeast on the planet, if you really looked at it. Okay. Um, not by American lager brewers, but by European and, you know, um, international brewers. It's, brewers. it's out there everywhere. Who make good lager. Yeah, it's not a, <laughs> you know, by no means a proprietary yeast to Firestone Walker. Okay. All right. Just as a side note, uh, you mentioned uh, Primo Pills, right, from Victory. Yeah. No, there was, was there ever a, a, a trademark dispute that your you know. Pivo was too close to their Primo? Primo. Uh, Oh, Prima. That's right. Not Primo. Primo. Prima. You're right. You know, I didn't even think about that until you just mentioned it. But no, oh, really? no one's ever, th- that I'm aware of. Well, maybe that's because I call. got the fucking name wrong, too. It's Prima, not Primo. And I and I will say, I mean, it's a new, it's a dawn of a new age in craft brewing. There is a yeah. lot of litigious uh, activity. I have the There's a lot of phone calls, a lot of lawyers getting involved these days. And this, for the first time ever, we're starting to think more and more about trademarking things that we would have never thought of before. Yeah. Victory hasn't contacted them, but Toyota with that Prius. They're <laughs> going to be all over their asses right now. <laughs> Prius pills. I went to buy a, a, a pint of Primo pills and I got a Prius, fuckers. If I'm Victory, I'm honored that, that that's one of your favorites and that was part of the inspiration for this one. Hey, those guys are way ahead of us when it comes to lager brewing. I give them full props. They're, they're, it's an awesome brewery, those guys. I run into them in Europe quite a bit, traveling, looking at equipment. I mean, yeah. I think our breweries are similar in our... Um, kind of uh, approach to utilizing new technology and really researching raw materials, and I have a lot of respect for those guys. Okay, I want to talk about your new brewery, but before we leave the the pivo, I did want to ask, uh, what what are the hops in this? Are they all German hops, or are you using American stuff too? Yeah, it's all, all German raw materials from start to finish. So it's Weirman Pills, um, and it is well, it's Paso Robles water. I can't bring in German water. <laughs> Cheapskate. Yeah, sorry. Do you do anything to the water, or just? Yeah, it's it's the all the beers made at Firestone go through activated carbon water softening at some level in reverse osmosis, and then we're only adding calcium chloride back. Okay, so it's a pretty simple recipe. That's always been the case, or that's the new brewery uh, for the lager beers. We'll use gypsum um, for the ales. Okay, and then as far as the hops go, uh, German Magnum for bittering, Spalter Select for the middle editions for flavor hops, and Saphir. Which is a relatively new. Um, it's 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 a new German variety in that it's it's definitely a progressive hop relative to um, Hollertau and some of the classics. Okay. However, it has more of the noble characteristics than say some of the new cultivars, which I'm very excited about, and hopefully we have some time to talk about. But um, Mandarina Bavaria, um, uh, Hull Melon, and um, Hull Blanc. And those are from the noble families? No, 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 no. These are new cultivars bred with Cascade grown in Hollertau and the surrounding regions. Oh, interesting. And I think finally the German um, hop growers, HVG, and some of the breeders in Germany 
finally took note to what's happening in the American craft brew industry and decided, you know what, we need to start growing some what they call flavor hops. Yeah. And really, you know, their target was Cascade to Citra and Mosaic and everything in between. You know, basically the U.S. growers were dominating um, that marketplace. Right. And and they had some hops in the works, and none of the German uh, growers were that terribly interested in them. Um, obviously, U.S. and international brewers are interested in them. So there's very small acreage of these varieties along with Polaris, mm-hmm. which is another variety. And, and I love their sea dews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But in a nutshell, if I had to, like, in, you know, one minute or less explain those four varieties, Mandarina, as the name suggests, is very orange-like in its characteristics. I've never smelled or tasted a hop anything like it before, and, wow. and our brewing team is super excited about it. Uh, melon, as the name suggests, has melony, fruity, tropical notes. Um, Blanc is one that, to me, is uh, is very much New Zealand in its characteristics, maybe like Nelson. So okay. it has some of those grape-like qual- qualities. Tropical fruit, once again, really wonderful hop. I think there's, I mean, there's so little uh, planted at this point that nobody should get terribly excited about it, but it's out there. Okay. And then Polaris, which has been grown in larger amounts, is definitely the dank American, almost citra-like. Right. Um, 20% alpha acid and over 3%, uh, bordering on 4% total oil. So it's a wow. monster. So it's, um, it's so, th- so the German hop growers are proving that when given the opportunity, they can put the same type of things in the soil as we do. Yeah. And I think that little bit of competition piece is excellent. Nice. You know, I think that's really excellent. You know, meanwhile, we have, we were talking on the break, you know, we have the Southern Hemisphere hops. We've got Australia coming around with some wonderful varieties, Galaxy being a great example of those. Um, and then the New Zealand varieties, and you know that's a that's a tricky one. I always say that mistress is one that you may not want to fall in love with because the availability, at least for medium sized to large brewers, is almost nil. Really, you know, probably Sierra Nevada imports ninety percent of what's going to come into the U.S., and the other ten percent is you know dispersed amongst all the other craft. The you other probably 3, have more 000. luck as a home brewer getting a hold of New Zealand hops than I do as a craft brewer. I call wow. up and they're just like, "Yeah, maybe we can contract in 2018." <laughs> Interesting. Was it always that way? Uh, or, no, no, yeah. no. This is something only in the last 3 or 4 years. I remember people calling me begging me to take these New Zealand hops. I'm like, "Not interested." And now I can't get them if I want. Them. <laughs> yeah. Hey, remember I'm, when you said I mean, not interested? Fuck you, man. I'm yeah. going to say this on the air and it's going to totally screw up my game, but what I've been doing is I've been calling New Zealand brewers okay. and trying to take their Leftovers. Um, that is kind of a funny twist. Yeah, the you know we, yeah, everyone's before. like all oh, these New Zealand hops, but well, I think once everyone started learning how to use them. Yeah. Well, yeah, I just got. I, well, I shouldn't say I just got back, but I went this last year to New Zealand. Um, I judged the New Zealand International Beer Awards. It was an amazing experience, and I think the the moment that really brought it together for me was when I judged the New Zealand Pilsner beer. And New Zealand style Pilsner is basically. What Pivo Pills is, maybe less uh, on the bitterness side in most cases, but the use of New Zealand hops all the way through. Okay. And there's nothing better than a lager beer to showcase mm-hmm. the, the purity of any hop. You know, you want to really test a hop, hmm. brew, a, brew a light lager, yeah. and then do some dry hopping trials or some late hopping trials. And I tasted a battery of 25 New Zealand, uh, you know, Pilsner beers that changed my life. Wow. And then I went, I mean, immediately got in a car, drove to Nelson, tried to contract some hops, and they just told me, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, whatever, bro. They laughed at you, yeah. <laughs> and the growers there are really interesting. I don't know if you spend any time in New Zealand, but no. most folks that live there, um, it's it's a quality of life issue, and the growers are like, yeah, that's great, everybody wants our hops. How if we just raise the price and I don't grow anymore? Right. <laughs> Brilliant. <So. laughs> 
they're I'm, almost Americans. But on the whole, with so many new uh, breweries opening up and and uh, raw materials, you know, becoming scarcer and scarcer, this is a good thing that the Germans are doing more varieties, that New Zealand's doing more varieties. I mean, I can see that right now it's it's difficult for you to contract, but on the whole, the market's growing, right? No, it, it's so good for hop growers, period. Good. Um, you know, I think multi-generational hop growing has seen so many mountaintops and valleys relative to how that business works for them, yeah. and craft brewing really represents uh, a solid foundational piece where we're interested in quality we're interested in paying, uh, you know, what those hops are worth. Right. And we're not so worried about alpha. We're worried about aroma, and we're worried about the quality of those hops. Okay. And, you know, we're all growing out of our pants. So we're great customers, right? We're always buying 10 20% more hops than we did last year. So we're, we're a great bunch. Collectively, yeah. uh, we mean much more to the growers than any single large brewer who's trying to figure out how to get the hops out of their recipes instead of bringing more hops into their recipes. Right. So, what a unique uh, place in history, in beer history, that that is right now. Yeah, I don't know if there's ever been a time like this, and, and, and hopefully that, you know, I always say that brewing is a team sport, and the supplier is a huge piece of that team. Mm. And for the first time, I feel as a, as a brewer that we have an opportunity to support and bolster what hop growers are doing here, not yeah. only in this country, but all over the world. I think it shows that at festivals like yours, where a lot of suppliers like to go, uh, and even at the Great American Beer Festival, I do feel like even when I started this back in 2005, there were certainly a key number of suppliers that showed up at events and, and were working with brewers. But now I feel like suppliers are putting on big parties and like whining and dining you guys because you're all now finally part of the same team. You're such a big part of the equation that you're worth whining and dining now. Well, and the tide rises for all that are involved, right? And so if you're a raw material supplier and, and all your customers are growing 20 30% a year, your business yeah. is doing quite well. Right. Um, Get out there and say thank you. But again, I mean, we're willing to pay the price that those raw materials should be traded at. Right. And suddenly people can do business as they should, which is wine and dine your yeah. customers. Well, and the other, of course, the end of that equation is that we as consumers and beer nerds are willing to pay the price too. Yeah. Because the pi- the price has gone up at the six pack. We all know that. The, the prices that you guys are paying, which are fair prices to them, are now raising the price of the beer we buy. But it is certainly not slowing down the amount of beer we buy. We're willing to pay them too, apparently. No, and, and I think, you know, to the consumer right now, maybe there's, it's going to become a confusing time when there's so many new breweries or so many new beers or so many new labels out on the shelf. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't discourage me. I'm really excited back to what we originally started talking about was that the consumer becomes so aware that they're looking for a beer with hops grown in New Zealand. Not right. only New Zealand, but in this particular region of New Zealand. Or I'm looking for a beer that's grown with, you know, or brewed with Saphir hops, not just grown in the Hollertau region, but I'd like to try to find one that's grown in the Tetanang region. And they start, you know, behaving like wine connoisseurs and really get really getting to know not only the product they're consuming, but the raw materials behind it, yeah. the brewers, the whole story. And that builds, you know, that galvanizes the entire, you know, the whole game. Absolutely. You know, it connects us to everybody. So we have, before we move to the anniversary flight we have in front of us, Saphir is the one you mentioned that is also in Pivo, right? Correct. I wanted to ask why you, you chose that hop in particular. And what I really mean by that question is, was it just kind of fun to try a new hop, or did it really satisfy a need for this recipe that you couldn't get in a hop you knew better? We, um, in, in our program, every time we design a new beer, I try to bring a new hop in. Okay. And I try to define that beer through that new hop. And Saphir was one that I actually, um, 
the the first time I got to taste it used as a dry hop was in a beer factum beer. That's a, a small craft brewery uh, based in Germany, and they had dry hopped a Kolsch beer with it. Okay, and I was just hmm. like, "Damn, that's wow. right." But got I it. felt like it would be even better in a Pilsner beer. Um, so that leads me to uh, a new beer we're formulating right now is a beer called Easy Jack. And it's a new beer that's somewhere between the pale ale and IPA. You know, I hate to use the word session IPA, but it's somewhere in there, right? Okay. Um, you get the idea. So it's a lower alcohol beer that has all the wonderful blossoming flavors and, and characteristics of a highly hot beer. And we're going to center in on those mandarina, blanc, and melon as Love the it. main players. So it'll be, I'm, I'm thinking, it'll be the first... American Pale Ale slash Session IPA made with those hops. I'm pretty excited about it. I think Mandarin will be the lead dog in that whole thing. So I've been scouring the planet trying to scrape up enough hops to make it this year. But, uh, yeah, we're really excited about that. Well, you're the guy to do it. I like to hear that, that you're doing it partly just to experiment and have fun with new hops. Uh, if if you haven't listened to Matt's past shows, go back on the Brewing Network and check them out. Uh, the man started as, as a hop chemist, actually. So mm. people go to Matt to ask uh, other brewers to ask about how to use different hops. So he's the guy to bring the, the new ones to us. In a beer that doesn't just taste experimental, it actually tastes good. And we then get to taste the hop. Right, the yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the problem is, and I, I'm not saying that we did this with Saphir, but I think a few other brewers got excited about Saphir at the same time. A few larger brewers, and I thought <laughs> I was going to have my day, and no problem, I'll buy this, no problem, get what I need. Yeah. And now it is a tough one to track down. <laughs> Damn it. You know, tasting-wise, the reason I bring up that you're, you're good at experimenting with it, too, is I've had an interesting experience with Mosaic, where I've had some brewers give me their all-mosaic beer that they're trying out, and I've and it kind of blew my mind. And I've walked away talking to homebrew, oh, you got to try mosaic, you got to. And then a week later, I try another brewer's all-mosaic beer, and I go back to homebrewers and go, don't try mosaic. You got just stay away from it, or at least use it lightly. So really, using some of these new hops and how you do it, it's clutch for for us consumers because it can turn us off from a hop too. Galaxy was one of those for me the first time I smelled it. In a beer, I thought it smelled like, you know, bad fruit in the garbage pail for too long, and I wanted nothing to do with it. And more recently, I've tasted some wonderful Galaxy beers. Okay. Now, there's difference, you know, every growing season, vintage to vintage, every grower, you're going to get some different characteristics. Um, So... Yeah, it's a, it's an endless pursuit for uh, right. You know, <laughs> ultimate hop impact. I Absolutely. <laughs> uh, before we go on to the flight, uh, the peanut gallery slid me a note asking you, Matt, to tell us the uh, the Velvet Merkin name story. They say everyone gets it wrong. Oh God! Uh, sorry, Matt. <laughs> you want me to tell it for you? No, I think well, you got yeah, it wrong. <laughs> I think that's why they're saying that. Well, oh. here, here's the story. Like, basically, um, where do I want to start? I wanted to make an oatmeal stout. And at that time, we didn't have a place in the portfolio for it, but we could certainly serve it in the tasting room. So we started making this oatmeal stout. It's an old recipe. Actually, it's a homebrew recipe from when I was homebrewing in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And it's it's, um, it's a very simple recipe. It's about 15% roast barley. I use breeze roast barley, and uh, it's hopped with all U.S. fuggles. So it's a very mild, malty, rich oatmeal stout. So, you know, the word velvet comes up when I think about stouts. And then, uh, you know, this, this word Merkin had come up, this fanciful name. So mm-hmm. Velvet Merkin, it kind of fit, it rolls off the tongue. Yeah. And no one in the tasting room, the owners, no one said a thing when I wrote it on the chalkboard. And that just became its name. Okay. For a couple, three years or something like that. Then, you know, eventually people start Googling what is a Merkin and it starts getting around. And, right. And then it's time to release this oatmeal stout as a bottle product. And we we're going to call it Velvet Merkin. And at the last minute, we pulled the plug on it. 
and they renamed it Velvet Merlin. Okay. Some soccer mom called and said, you know, if you call your beer Merc and I'm never bringing my kids over to your pub again or something like that. Right. Yeah, and in, in 20 years, that's going to be a, a nice demographic, so you want to you support those well, kids. And I did get it wrong, right? Because at the raffle at the at Creek Monkey, I gave away a Merkin, didn't I? Or was yes. it a Merlin? I did. No, no, no. So the story continues. So, oh. then, so the beer comes out. It's Velvet Merlin. I felt like we blew it. We had this opportunity to use this great name. We didn't. Okay. Um, meanwhile, mind you, we had sent the beer to World Beer Cup and Great American Beer Festival, and it won, I think, a couple gold medals at World Beer Cup, which was completely hilarious. As the, Merkin. The, as Merkin. Okay, right. And, and Chris Schwerzy had to say, and the gold goes to Velvet <laughs> Merkin. And he knew what it meant. Right. So I got to go up on stage and whisper his ear, you said Merkin. <laughs> and then there was a year at Great American Beer Festival that it won. Now, this is this is later on. So then I was like, I'm not willing to let go of that name. So we started taking Velvet Merlin and aging it in bourbon barrels. I see. And when it emerge in, emerges from the bourbon barrels, it now can be called Merkin, right? Because this no, is another beer that's not going to see the light of day in public. Well, sure okay. enough, now no, you're packaging getting... that as well. <laughs> and I, I entered that beer at Great American Beer Festival, had the opportunity to call it Velvet Merkin again, and I always take my grandfather up, right? Yeah. And uh, so we're, we're in the back, and I'm like, hey, Grandpa, you know, if this, this beer wins a medal, you got to do this. <laughs> When you get up on stage, oh, which is right. make the triangle sign with yes. your fingers and hold it by your jock. And he's like, okay, <laughs> sounds good. Did so he ask why? We, no, no, no. At this time, he was about 88 years old. We got him up on stage, and he just plants a big old triangle in front of everybody and gets his picture taken with Charlie. Well, so that was funny. I was like, good job, Gramps. Thanks. Yeah. So then we won like four more or five more medals that year, and every time he got on stage, he kept busting out the triangle. And I was like, dude, you don't need to do that on this one. So I'm, I'm actually, so now every time we take him on stage, he's trying to bust that out. I'm like, quit making the sign, man. <laughs> I'm actually really glad you told the story because, you know, I'm always sitting at the end of the stage doing our broadcast where you, after you get your medals, you guys walk off. And I really like seeing your, your grandpa up there. He's a nice guy. I've met him before. And when he walked off a couple times this year, he he's also made the, the sign. He, he was making the sign to me. I was like, hey, congratulations. <laughs> and he's making the triangle sign. And I was like, he loves that. What's up with that? Why did he just give me the vagina sign? And I had he's no idea. You honestly, grandpa why he was. No, that's the vagina <laughs> sign. I never called it. It's a Merkin sign for crying well, out loud. Now I'm, I'm just glad to hear the story because I, I thought he was a little creepy. Well, grandpa just uh, celebrated grandpa. his 90th birthday and wow. he's been to at least six JABFs. And he's, he's a, a badass. He's, yeah, he's a badass. It's fun to see him up there. All right, so listen, if you think you guys get shit about Merkin, imagine being us. I mean, you hear the things that we say on this show. You guys get shit about saying Merkin. <laughs> we talk about dildo molds and butt plugs for half yeah. the show. And, uh, and People go, love you. That's, <laughs> that's why we've decided never to heed to the complaints. Because once we start, we're just going to have to... Sorry, I said butt I've plug. promised myself at least five times that I would never come back here. Yeah, I was super are. excited about the you yeah. know the second beer after Velvet yeah. Merkin was going to be Wizard Sleeve or Sleeve of Wizard. I was super <laughs> stoked on that name. Yeah. And yes. um, there's no way I'm going to pull that one off. Now they're on the lookout for you. Yeah, yeah you're not to, just like, writing it on the board and getting away with it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, it's it's Wizard Sleeve. Didn't you ever read The Hobbit? It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> the hobble, the hobble not, man, or whatever it's, it's called. It's a I'm not going to get away with that. Yeah, one. that's too bad. Well, no, success. It's hard to come up with an original mm. name these days. It is hard. It doesn't offend somebody. I hope you get well. sued for Merkin one day, and then it really gets publicized. Two breweries fighting over the Merkin. <laughs> <laughs> well, if somebody comes, someone else comes out with a Merkin beer. It's like, come on, man, give me yeah, a break. Yeah, like we really? have my bean bag. Right. We fought for that. <laughs>
It's almost something something should do. You should you should do it like on purpose. Yeah, just to just to see the headlines like Mer- Merkin fight. <laughs> Actually, I I want to broadcast this. Uh, Sean O'Sullivan came up with this brilliant original name, and what is it now? It's um, Imperial Jack. Is that one of his beers? Oh yeah. no, yeah, is it Imperial Jack? Imperial Jack yeah. with a straight face, and he puts it in a can. And I call him up. I'm like. Dude, what's up with the unoriginal name? And so I was like, "Did you ever pay attention to our lineup? We've got Easy Jack, Union Jack, Double Jack, Wookie Jack. What was I going to do for my my triple IPA? Imperial Jack, you jackass! Oh, He's like, no. oh no, no! I have to tell you the story of this thing. I'm like, really? I want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting. Yeah. Oh no. So you just allowed it, didn't you? I love him to death. But you yeah, see, it's fine. It's fine. You guys hang out together too. Like he's probably had you know, all those jacks now that, at now your that house. Sean O'Sullivan's a very famous, you know, world traveling brewmaster. World yeah. famous brewmaster. He doesn't call me as often. Uh, he just does what he wants now. He just too, texts apparently. me. Now. I don't get any actual phone calls. I'm pretty sure his next can has a hop grenade on it. It's <laughs> called Hop Grenade Jack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told him I was going to make an Imperial Watermelon Jack or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah. At least make a war out of it. Yeah, a fun yeah. war, of course. He was supposed to be here tonight, and I feel like we're allowed to make fun of him because he didn't show yes, up. Yes, I hope you're listening, well, you, I feel like we're also allowed to make fun of him because he made a, a Imperial Jack. What about bitter South American? I was, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Are you sure yeah. he wasn't here and then just pulled a sully and disappeared? He just looked in looked and then in and looked, looked, looked right out, back yeah. out. All right, we have a flight of anniversary beers in front of us, but now I feel like we should take a break real fast. Let's take a break, and we'll come back. We've got, what do we have, years 10 through 17? What year did you... did you? We started in uh, 2007. Okay. But we have eight beers in front of us. Interesting. All right, we'll come back. We'll taste some anniversary beers. Uh, we'll share it with the studio. 888-401-BEER if you want to call in, and we've got prizes to give away for questions of our brewmaster today. Also, you can send questions in by hitting the chat button on the homepage. We're going to play some games later. we got a lot of stuff to give away, so if you want some free swag, call in. By the way, I think we even have some Firestone beer to give away. It's the session. We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special Secret Elite. Elite Bare Bones Club, where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. NicoBrew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Hey everyone, it's, it's us. us. You mean, you mean who? who? The, the Fast, Fast Track Guys. Thanks for the support for the Speed Challenge. All the traffic almost shut down the FastTrack.ca website the other day. Mitchell, the Fast Rack Godfather, was at one point the worldwide champion for the fastest Fast Rack hands. 
That's the man himself at the top of the Fast Rack Speed Challenge page. And when we were at the NHC last year, I was pushed out of my contender seat by a very talented girl. She had the fastest hands I've ever saw. We missed getting her name at the time, but she knows who she is. I'm sure one of her friends could identify her also. We are putting out a call for her. Yodele, 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 yodele. Her time at the conference was just over 12 seconds. I think 12.9. We need to track her down and want to know if she can do it again or even faster. Thanks for all your listening to this Fast Rack public service announcement. And don't forget, visit thefastrack.ca for speed challenge info. Happy fast racking. BN Army, I'm here to talk seriously for a second. You all are partially responsible for something explosive, and it's time you answer for it. Moonlight Meadery is exploding. Yeah, exploding across the country. Wait, they just landed in Australia with insane quality meads. With nearly 70 different varieties of mead on the market, Moonlight Meadery has blown up the mead category and completely reinvented it. Seriously? What? Seriously? What? You're paying money for that watered-down mead when you could have a Moonlight Mead? Moonlight Meads explode with quality and flavor. They're a party in a bottle. Did someone say party? If you want mead and want the best, you want meads from Moonlight Meadery and will accept nothing less. Be a part of the BN Mead Explosion and ask for, no, demand Moonlight Meads at your favorite bottle shop. Moonlight Meads. Girly names, manly meads. Hey, sign me up for that party. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I love a bold, hoppy beer when it spits resin in your face and makes you cry, uncle. There are a lot of great hoppy beers out there, but at Heretic, we want to make something as bold, dank, and resiny as possible. We use hops at every chance we get, including multiple dry hop additions. The result is Heretic Evil Cousin. This light golden, 8% Imperial IPA has an easy malt character that helps take the edge off the massive bittering, but it takes a back seat to the in-your-face hop character. We make sure this beer finishes dry so the hops can jump out and slam me in the taste buds. If you can't get enough hoppy goodness, Evil Cousin is your cup of tea. Cheers. All right, BN Army, it's trivia time. What's the only homebrew shop with over 1,000 recipe kits, $4.99 shipping on orders over 100 bucks, and is also home of the Wolf Shirt? The one and only answer is Austin Homebrew Supply. For over 20 years, they've specialized in creating recipes such as the best-selling Texas Blonde Ale, Apocalypso, Hop Bomb 2.0, and Double Chocolate Stout. And they just recently unveiled their small grain kits that produce one gallon of beer. Visit Austin Homebrew homebrew.com to browse their extensive catalog of equipment and ingredients. They also have many clone recipes of your favorite commercial beers. They're the exclusive retailer of Brew Vent Yeast Fuel as well, Yeast Nutrient, and the all-new Bodybuilder. Follow Austin Homebrew Supply on Google Plus to participate in video hangouts on popular brewing topics. So visit austinhomebrew.com today and make sure you sign up for their weekly email with news and specials. Austin Homebrew Supply, austinhomebrew.com. What's funny is Bruce will say, yeah, I don't brew to stop. I'm brewing my own beer. And it's like a German Pilsner, but it's black. Yeah, it's a sports beer. beer. (laughs) The The home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. We'll be right back. 
session. Because life's too short to listen to crappy radio. All right, welcome back to the show. Thanks for hanging out with us. 888-401-BEER if you got questions for Matt. It's hanging out in the studio with us. Matt from Firestone Walker Brewing Company, of course. And we're about to try an anniversary flight of beers. Now, you guys have been doing the Firestone anniversary beers. Give us the quick lowdown behind the idea for your anniversary beers, because it's not just something that you brew at the brewery. Yeah, I feel like I've told this story a lot, but sure. anyway, uh, when I... <laughs> Pretend it's the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'll tell it like it's the first time again, yeah. Um, when I came to Firestone in 2001, now the brewery started in 96, and it started with this notion of barrel fermented ales. The partners, Adam Firestone and David Walker, loved English ale. Um, Fuller's was one of the beers that they loved very much, uh, London Pride. Um, so the beer Double Barrel Ale was was a beer that was fashioned after a classic English bitter. It's primary fermentation in oak barrels like the Burton Union system. And that really has been the flagship since day one. And the one beer that everything's been focused on in the oak barrels has been the focus. And I think I mentioned it earlier, when I came on board in 2001, they still were only a three-beer brewery. Double Barrel Ale, Windsor Pale Ale, and this lager beer, which later got switched out for Union Jack IPA. Mm-hmm. And that didn't happen until the same year as we released 10. So, you know, we went the first 10 years of our existence not making an IPA, not making, I mean, our... <laughs> no, sorry. I got really Our obvious beer was Pale 31. Yeah. And, you know, we really cut our teeth and focused on pale ales and weren't distracted by barley wines and imperial anythings, imperial jacks and the like. Right. <laughs> right. Not distracted by that bullshit. See what you yeah, did there. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in so any case, they came to me a year prior and said, hey, our 10-year anniversary is coming up. We need you to make something special, and you get to do whatever you want. And I was just like, yes. Finally. It's the first time in 10 years. This is incredible. So we started formulating all these beers. We started out making mostly Imperial Barley Wine class beers. We made an Imperial Brown. We made an Imperial Imperial Stout. We did you know oatmeal version of that, rye version of that. And we made all these crazy big beers, and they couldn't hang out in stainless steel because we didn't have the capacity in the brewery. So we got the idea to lay them down in oak barrels. Okay. And after six, eight months of doing this, we had amassed a number of different beers. They were all laying down in barrel, and we still didn't have a beer that we knew we were ready to release, but the the clock was ticking. And so then the idea came, well, we could blend all these beers together in some way Mm -hmm. um, and, and make this anniversary beer. Then the idea came to us, well, here we are living in the middle of wine country. We have more than 200 wineries within a you know, 10-mile radius of the brewery. I mean, yeah. it's an incredible, dense wine uh, growing and making region there in Paso Robles. So I said, well, who better than to tap to figure out a barrel blend than a winemaker? Yeah. So I called up a bunch of my friends, and everybody got really excited about it, and 10 was born. We sat down with 12 winemakers in the room. Um, we... You know, tried to do it in some way, an orderly fashion, but essentially the way it works out is we bring the winemakers in. Nowadays, we pair them up in teams. Okay. We set them down with all of the um, barrels and, and all the options. They create a blend. We go behind closed doors. We remake that blend and blind taste them out on it, and the winemakers have to judge those blends and choose what is going to be that anniversary blend. So it's nice. cool. As, from the brewer's perspective, one... We made the beers well in advance. The winemakers are now responsible for the blend. Um, 
And the other cool part is that, you know, a winemaker's palate's a little bit different than a brewer's. I think brewers focus in on hops and aggressive flavors and, and hop aromatics, where winemakers are looking for balance. They think about things like acidity. They think about tannic astringency. They think about, you know, beverage a little bit different than us. And, and so in the end, we come out with something, I think, that's very different than what a brewer would put together and yet something that's cohesive and very interesting. And yeah. it's a great story. And and. You've actually been there for the blending, so you've seen this all go down. Yeah, and I've said this before when we've talked about it. It amazes me how quickly the vintners are able to do their blend at the table. You know, for me, I have to taste a beer seven, ten times before I could pick the stuff out. And that's one of the beers of potentially seven or, or eight or nine that you have them. These guys, they have the, the seven or eight or nine beers in front of them. They taste them all. like It's like a sip of each one really quickly. They start blending almost immediately. And within, I don't know, five minutes for some of them, they're handing a blend to Matt and going, this, this is one I think that's done. And, and it's good. They're almost all good. They're different because it's different vintners doing it. But the way their palate works and hones in on some of the flavors that Matt was talking about and, of course, other flavors, they just do it so quickly because this is what vintners do anyway. They, they blend for a living. You're, you're right. You're never just going to get a, a batch of wine that's not been blended. So it amazed me how quickly they do it. In sensory, it's important to work quickly. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, when you, you hone those skills, it's kind of like learning how to drive, and you do it subconsciously. Well, the more you consciously try to deliberate some decision that you're making about something as um, raw as enjoying a flavor, yeah, the less likely are, you are to succeed, really, because then you're splitting hairs, and then you end up with something that actually doesn't taste good. It's kind of like the new Coke, you know? It tastes good the first sip, but you don't want to drink a whole can of it, you know? <laughs> right. So it's it is important to move quickly when you're when you're doing that kind of. It's kind a good work. point. The longer I take deliberating, the less decisive I become. By the way, I second guess everything. It all becomes muddled. Uh, although I I just I have a hard time moving forward because you want to think about it. But exactly, it's a good point that you make. And the vintners are are, are super at it. It's not even, uh, uh, you know, they, they do more than just taste for the blends. They taste for the acid adjustments and they taste for all these other things. So they're constantly evaluating stuff and trying to dial into what they want to do. So like Matt was saying, they're looking at acid levels and tannin structure because you can build that back into the wine. Yeah. Sometimes you have to. And a winemaker has nothing better to do in the off season than to <laughs> drink. Right. You know, the winemaking season is about a two month you know, event. It's like hop harvest. <laughs> right. And they spend the other 10 months of the year staring at these barrels. <laughs> you went into the wrong business, I think. Oh, God. You we no all idea. did. <laughs> no idea. And these guys will bellyache. Oh, my God, it's crush. I'm working 12-hour days. I'm like, dude, it's crush every day in the brewery. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. I, I have questions about these. I, I want to have a, uh, Nicole Ernie, who is, a, of course, a master Cicerone is here. I, I'd like to, her to ask some questions, too. But before I do that, can I ask a very simple question, Matt? Do you have a favorite of these uh, eight beers in front of you, a favorite year that, that, that you really liked how the blend came out? Or even something notable. It doesn't have to be called your favorite. <laughs> well, I mean, 10 was probably the most intense experience because I really <laughs> felt like everything was on the line and... You know, I spent a lot of time in the cellar working with these barrels, pushing them one at a time and <laughs> tasting it, then pushing another barrel and tasting it onward and onward and onward. So if it um, didn't come out with at this... At this point, yeah. you know, 17 on the other hand, I think turned out awesome. Oh, and yeah. it's one that I think I probably spent the least amount of time stressing about and just let what the winemaker said should happen, happen. Okay. Um, nice. And for, for whatever reason, it seems over the years, I don't know when the last time I did a full 10 through... The end. I don't know if I've ever done this before. I've done 
you know, 10 through 12, or I've done 13 through 17. I've never done the full lineup all in one. We did it just to get you drunk. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. You're welcome. Uh, another thanks to Dave Lowe for uh, yeah. giving these to us. Yeah. 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 By the way, they're they're quite a collection, uh, and sometimes they're hard to come by, and and they're not they're not cheap. They're worth every penny. So it's very nice of him to buy all these beers and then donate them to us to, to yeah. taste. I mean, what's a bottle of ten worth? Uh, like on the open market. You know what's funny is it, it it also depends on the time of year. When it first comes out, it's it's one price. And then I go to the liquor store, and if they have like one bottle left, yeah. it's more expensive. It's like a million dollars. Of course, Firestone has no control over that. The liquor stores are charging what they of charge. Course. Yeah. What do you do you even give a suggested retail when you guys sell to, to distributors I think or whatever? Most of these anniversaries sell between twenty and twenty five dollars is where they're supposed to sell. Okay. Yeah, the the ten the box had the original uh price tag on it, fourteen ninety nine. Very yeah, back nice. Then it wasn't as much. Now, exactly. if you go to a liquor store and you find a bottle of ten on the shelf, and it happens every now and then, Buy it. it's seventy five dollars. Well, that's <laughs> whatever. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. There, like, there like, but are it's a couple it's, retailers in Slow County who have it priced at five hundred dollars. You're kidding! Oh. <laughs> nobody's gonna buy it. Right? Nobody's gonna buy it. It, it would almost if you're not look if they're actually not looking to charge people that if they're having a little fun with it and they really just want to hold on I to think it. That's the case. Then I'm down charging five hundred bucks. Yeah. If no, but if someone comes in and is like, I'll pay you that, and you gotta go oh shit i didn't yeah. mean to do that to you <laughs> yeah, tax well, and, on that's gonna be a thousand dollars and we were talking about a little bit before uh, we went on was that it really depends on how they were cared for if these were yeah. at refrigerated temperatures for the last eight years or whatever um they tend to hold up really really well and the ones that have been you know abused you know either they got above 60 or i don't you know i couldn't tell the exact but if they're warm stored they definitely fall apart faster okay all right, good to know. So, Nicole, you've now meticulously gone through your flight and even ranked them, haven't you? Well, that's kind of the first thing I did. I'm like, okay, let's 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 kind of go through and and see what what I prefer and kind of try to put some order to it. But what's really phenomenal is drinking, you know, seven, six, and seven year old beer. Yeah. I would finish all of these samples. So none of they they must have been stored right because they all held up, right? They all held up. There's some that stand out. A little bit more than the others, uh, okay. and I have some specific questions about that for Matt. But uh, yeah, it's it's commendable to have a seven year old beer that tastes good. I mean, yeah, everybody's like, oh yeah, you know, there's all these guys that like like to have their cellared beer, and it's like great that tastes like you know cherry, yeah, old grain, and uh, transdunanol, and you know, <laughs> it's like yeah, that right. was a good beer, but you hung on to it too long, you know. So um, I feel like it's, it's a, a danger hard- with these kinds of beers, but the ten is. In my top three of this whole whole list, the oldest one, yeah, oldest one. I think I just want to point out that I, I, you know, there's a lot of beer geeks like me getting into this thing, and you go out and you spend a lot of money on a beer, and you you're maybe just learning how to store them and do these things, and so you're really excited about how old it is because you spend a lot of money on it, and you've heard a lot about it. It has a legend, and maybe you you screwed it up and didn't store it right, but. You don't really want to hear that. So even though you're saying, yeah, some have sherry flavors, we need to learn all of it. Don't just go spend a lot of money on a beer because you've heard a lot about it. If you don't store it right, you're sort of just wasting your cash. I, I keep all my but beer we're new, at refrigerator us- temperature. Some people like to keep their beer at cellar temperature. I keep it all at refrigerator temperature. I, I lager it. Like, I, I want those changes to happen as slowly as possible. Right. And I guess I just mean a bunch of us are new. Yeah. So if well, that's you're what new, I rec- that's my official recommendation. Put it in the fridge. Personal, my personal recommendation Yeah. is to keep it cold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Turn yourself on. Yeah. <laughs> he has to. Um, He's older. <laughs> I said, or new or you. New or me. Yeah. Exactly. I'm just lazy. But but in quickly going through, I mean, kind of speed tasting through all these vintages, which, first of all, is an enormous treat. Like, this is this is actually my dream party for my 30th birthday, which just happened. Uh, happy birthday! <laughs> happy birthday! Happy birthday! 
right there. Ah! This is it. Uh, yeah. So it, that that just happened. But you know, you know, I, I didn't get to do the Firestone flight because Nate took me to San Diego. Uh, Nate, you prick! What a jerk! Don't worry, we got your back. <laughs> So we had a great time, but this is like a There's dream. No time. good beer in San Diego, <laughs> right? So, so she couldn't have any good beer. Possibly <laughs> have found a nice beer. It's all IPA, so, so snooze fest. So this is like really exciting for me today. First of all, it's just such a treat. But start somewhere for me yeah, by breathing. So the first thing that I noticed <gasps> is that uh, standouts are, of course, the the new one. The seventeen tastes phenomenal. Like, I, I mean, that's something that I've always been really impressed with. This this this. Um, anniversary series is that the, the new beer always tastes great okay. right away which you know for me sierra nevada barley wine i like to drink it the year after i buy the six pack i chased one i put it away right yeah. a good this, example a great beer but it can't really be appreciated that young i i love it, it last year was an exception but i usually like it about a year this beer i always try to drink it okay fresh and then i put i always buy two save one you know um what's really interesting to me is that I, right off the bat i picked out the 17 I picked out the 14, and I also picked out the 10 as being kind of top. What I did notice about the 14 is that there was a higher blend of roasted, roasty beers. More Parabola, more more Merkin. So I, was, I wanted to ask Matt about that. You know, like what's, what do you think the influence is of roasted, roasty beers, um, and how do you think that impacts aging? 13 was another one that had a lot of stout in it, and I tend to think that they age very well. Um and, and and we also seem to get the best response from kind of the beer geekery out there from the roastier, bigger, imperial stout-esque ones. Interesting. And I tend to encourage the winemakers to go for, you know, lighter character. In fact, I've, I've, op- I've often thought about not even offering a parabola one year just to see what, how they would handle it. But I do think from an ageability, it does add something, no doubt. Um, whether or not roasted barley, cloaks, other off-flavors... Or it just, you know, holds as an antioxidant, I couldn't say for sure. I mean, you can see 15 clearly didn't have as much roasty beer in it, um, and so you could use that as a comparison point. Um, the interesting thing, too, is about, 50, I think it started somewhere between 14 and 15. The winemakers figured out that they could go over to the taps mm. and start pulling some hoppy beer off the taps and using that in their blend, because I told them any beer was open. Oh, so it doesn't so, just, meaning it doesn't just have to be the, the ones laid in barrels. No, so I think it was in 14 that they used some Union Jack, and then in 15 we got into some Double Jack, and 16 and 17 both have Wookie Jack in them. And, you know, we know from experience that hoppy beers, as far as aromatically, don't age well. So I was like, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> you know, and in fact, I think one of the years the guy was like, it's going to be 12% hoppy beer, and I went to the brewers that it won't be any more than about 4%. <laughs> right. forget that. And then in, in, in subsequent years, we just let it go. Okay. And um, the hops seem to fade, and if, you know, at least we haven't exceeded the threshold yet and not take away from the long-term shelf stability of it. I mean, in, in 17, you can definitely smell the hop still. Right. 16 still has some bright hop in it. Nicole, in something well, like 15, and Tasty too. do you guys, can you pick up the uh, a large amount of hoppy beer in there? Or, are you, or uh, adversely, are you picking up hops dropping out? Oxidation. 15 was actually, of the, of the group... Um, one of my least favorite uh, uh, in terms of how how it's held up over time. I, I you know I think I remember drinking fifteen and being like yeah fifteen okay. when it was fresh, but uh, tasting it today, um, I'm noticing that it seems a little bit thinner than the other ones, and that there's a, a you know there's a slight solventy note in the faint background, and for me, 
it's just not as cohesive of a beer as these others. Um, so I was kind of wondering about that. Like, you know, could maybe be the higher percentage of hoppy beer, right? Because that 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 uh, those those flavors kind of fell out and left a void where they where they were. Okay, and, and you kind of lose the the voluptuousness of the beer, you know. Which would make sense, uh, a lot of sense to me if the if they're blending it and they go, ah, oh, I love this blend, and then something that they put in there literally disappears a year later, it would leave a void. Tasty, do you have a question? Well, I was going to ask, uh, Matt, the anti-oxidizing effects of the dark uh, beers, would that offset the, the hoppy beer that you, that you, you, you blend in? I would I mean, think is, that is, or is there's it just not antioxidant it? potential in any of those beers unless, yeah. you know, and, and mind you, these I mean, are, these are got, all in a cork-finished bottle, too, so there's going to be some air ingress across that cork. Yeah. I mean, excuse me, across that... Um, that that closure mm-hmm. so i think you know no matter what you do if there's hoppy beer there that is going to be ill affected now is there enough other flavor positive yeah, that's, that's my question to cover to it? offset that yeah, like to, yeah i think to that's consume the oxidize you know the elements and uh, we have a general rule in the barrel program that we don't do whirlpool hopping or dry hopping in any of the beers that are going to ultimately be offered up for the blend so all of the hops are going to come from other beers the winemakers decide are going to come in, non-barrel-aged beers. Um, we've tried some hoppy beers in barrel, and, and, and there have been some very successful barrel-aged hoppy beers. Some of my favorite, actually, are coming from Crooked Stave. Now, those are Brett-finished beers, mm-hmm. and Brett is probably the best. It's self-cleaning. Yeah, exactly. It's always alive. Oxygen yeah. scavenging, sure. surviving yeah. yeast. And that's something, mind you, I guess we should qualify, is that all of these beers are uh, critter-free They've all been certified critter-free because we go through and we plate every single barrel before oh, we push it forward, and we plate wow. the beer, you know, years later to make sure that nothing's come up. So we know, you know, we know there's no Brett in any of these bottles, wow. for better or for worse. That's just that's part of this program. Now, well, when you go through barrels, uh, any any particular percentage that you can give us that uh, that do that don't go on? I'll be How honest. In happen? the early years, we had more, mm-hmm. and. Uh, for 17, for instance, I think there were maybe two or three barrels out, out of, of 300 barrels um, sampled. Now, not all 300 barrels went forward, but out of 300 barrel samples. So you're talking about just this minuscule 1% or so that mm. came up, and and they came count positive, and they may not have been beer, beer spoiler positive. Just something came something up. Something, it doesn't matter. And so we said, okay, set it aside. Right. Um, so we try to keep the program really clean, mm-hmm. and the things that work in our favor is they're all highly kettle hopped, even though... Here's another lesson for you that you might not think about is that we put parabola in a barrel at over 80 IBUs, and each year it probably drops something like 20 to 30 IBUs to the point where at some point it's a curve. What causes that? I think that it's surface area of the barrel. It's just the simple fact that isoalpha acid is very non-soluble in aqueous solution, and it degrades relatively quickly. So, what does it degrade into? Is that my question? Uh, it probably is it does flavor prob- or age? Uh, or? No, probably some of those flavors are are somewhat bitter or somewhat hop resin related, but they're not isoalpha Body? acid, and they're not. Or, or they don't come across in a conventional IBU as bitterness either. Right. So, so you know, I can put a hundred IBU beer in a barrel, and I will not get it out. A, a year later, I'm lucky if I have fifty, sixty IBUs. Does the wood That's absorb how fast it? it goes. Does the wood absorb it? Well, this brings me to a really interesting question that I discovered recently is that the char of a barrel, you have carbon. So it's kind of mm-hmm. acting like a neutralizing. Like, like car- activated carbon. Yeah, can you talk about that a little bit and how that affects your wood-aged beers and, and what what that contributes to beer as far as... Yeah, I don't, I don't want to go too far on the limb and talk too much science, but I think that, that um, distillers, especially bourbon producers, who are making this completely... Like, they don't even boil 
the the sour mash, right? They're pretty much fermenting something. They know there's a lot of other microbiology at play other than cerveciae. So there's a lot of off flavors being produced. They're not temperature-controlled fermentations. And I think that that char works like activated carbon. I think it absorbs a lot of off flavors and, and it mellows. I mean, that's the whole point of it, the, the product. And in the case of aging a beer in that same barrel, yeah, I think that it's, it's, it's taking out what would be um, some bitterness. It would take out other flavors. But at the same time, it's imparting all of this wonderful oak character. It's imparting it's a exchange. lot of... Yeah, it's an exchange. And it's a, it's a positive exchange. Mm-hmm. Like, whoever figured it out was a genius, <laughs> whether they meant to or not. Could I have a feeling some luck, hillbilly you know? burnt his barrel, and he's like, I ain't throwing that away. Oh, shit, here comes the cops. And he buried yeah. it and forgot about it. And then he came back to it. He's like, damn. <laughs> yeah, we love Sugar Valley Brewer. He's a, he's a hell, of a, hell of a redneck. He makes a lot of good duck calls. He's a good guy. But, so, I mean, we see so, that. I mean, I, don't, I, I want to say that we see a fairly substantial drop in IBUs in a beer age in a wine barrel as well. And I can't give you, you know, a comparison because I haven't done that uh, study. However, we get a completely different aging characteristic. I mean, those bourbon barrels really mellow and they mellow quickly and they take a lot. There are a lot of flavor active compounds being uh, exchanged, mm-hmm. as you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, where in wine barrels, we tend to get this really heightened oak character. And everything else is there as well. So sometimes it gets really busy really fast. Well, these are all excellent. It, I'm a little embarrassed to bring up a, a characteristic that I find in, in like four, in 14 and 15 and kind of the mid-range. And I'm only embarrassed because af- I don't actually think of it as a – it's not an off flavor to me. I'm, mm-hmm. But I'm afraid it is one if when I say it. But cola. In the, in the 14 and 15 range, hmm. I don't get it early in the 10 and the 11, and I don't get it in the 17 and the 16, but something about the blend in the 14 and 15 gives me a bit of a cola. Cola nut? Like a sweetness, dark yes. cherry. Cola nut. Yeah. Like, so to me, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think it's an off flavor, although I'm no. afraid, I was just afraid maybe it is perceived it's as like one a, to others. But it's good, right? It's, it's, like, that's a, not a, like a Dr. Pepper cola, because to me that has like that dark cherry kind of yeah. cocoa thing and then going it, on. Some and, of them, well, some some is more on the sweet side, and then as it get the, the earlier ones, like the 14, is more on the Dr. Pepper side where there's mm-hmm. a bit of the spiciness to it. The 15 is actually more just on like the classic Coke let's, cola let's side. Let's change this whole thing and, so. and only compare it to colas. To different colas. Well, I, there's I, a I, Mr. Pib here on the... I think it's more like Dad's root beer. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I but like, is that something... Am I wrong? Or, or no. I feel so validated that you said that because I corn syrup. That's what I thought, and I didn't want to... You know, I wrote it... Uh, Away from the eye, <laughs> eye shot of Matt, of course, but uh, yeah, you can't not, offend. Yeah, me. what is it? It right. already all sold out. So yeah. you know, it's already been <laughs> right. Well, I will say this: I, I, I'm not saying that um, I, I don't know. You know, the synergy of compounds that create that. I'm sure oxidation has something to do with it. I think it has something to do with the oak, and it probably has something to do with the raw materials. But I remember back blending ten. The thing that really turned the light bulb on for me and made me believe in this program was that when we took a certain amount of base barley wine that didn't have roasted malts in it mm-hmm. that tasted to me maybe a little flabby, a little unbalanced. It didn't have enough astringency or bitterness to back it up, and I was a little worried about it. And we started blending increasing amounts of parabola into it, a really roasty, roasty bitter beer. Yeah. At some point, the the curves crossed, and instead of instead of these two beer flavors just compounding each other, 
they synergistically came together and created cherry. Okay. Almost the same cherry that I would get from a Rodenbach or something, you know, another wood aged beer that had critters in it. And I was like, whoa, wait a second, where'd that come from? Neither one of those individual compounds had that cherry note. And yet when I get them at the perfect level together, right. this big cherry bomb comes out. And that's what really taught me that blending beers actually has some kind of synergistic positive effect that can be greater than the sum of its parts. Sure. And what the point of this whole program is, I'm not saying we nail that every time. I think sometimes the winemakers just, you know. Yeah, pull it out of their ass. I think, well, I don't want to say that, but I want to say that they don't necessarily come up with something that has a heightened value due to the blend. They come up with a great beer. There are certain years where they just, yeah, something happens magically there with the... The, the mix of these things. So when you're blending, you're, you're you're blending these flavor phenols, basically, right? And as you do it, you know the chemistry is like you can get the sum of the parts is is, is, is different than you know it, it changes. Yeah, and and that's what you know blending any blended beer is always better. I mean, it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. And but I think you, to always. you know segue a little oh, bit <laughs> into what we're into now trying same. to do at Barrel Works is to take it to another level. We're you know as you've learned, you know it took. Firestone 10 years to actually make an Imperial anything. Not and Imperial Jack. No, we, no, right. well, we can't else. do that anymore. Not. Sean did it first, so now I'm fucked. Yeah. But you, we, you can um, make a beer called Imperial Jack. 10 years Imperial to make an Jacker. IPA. I mean, we're pretty slow to, to introduce <laughs> new things. Yeah. And so now we're, we're doing the, the Barrel Works project where we're actually for the first time doing secondary fermentation. Brett, fer- Brett fermented things. <laughs> I think we have some sour beer to try later. Yeah, yeah. Just for that. Yeah. What is Barrel Works? Uh, Barrel Works actually is 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 a project that started probably four or five years ago when all this was going on. And, and anytime we had a barrel that was count positive or when Jim Crooks got the opportunity to work with a wine barrel that he knew would be count positive, it would end up in the back you know, of the warehouse and it would be something that we were trying to hide from Adam and David uh, and, and just keep this thing going. JP's thyroid was count positive this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Blah, oh. I'm count positive. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, one bitty bitty. Uh, one cancer cell. Bitty. Two cancer cells. <laughs> Sorry. But basically, Barrelworks is the legitimate, um, you know, us, you know, basically creating a program outside of our normal program to do secondary fermentation, Brett, fer- Brett fermentations, lactobacillus, pediococcus, things of that nature. And it's led by Jim Crooks, our former quality manager, who's now become the the blending meister at Arrowworks, along with Jeffers Richardson, who is our original brewmaster, who's come back to the company now. Why does he have two last day? names? <laughs> no, I was Nobody, wondering. everybody has two firsts. I've never heard of two last names. Jeffers Richardson. Jeffers Richardson. <laughs> It's even hard to say. It, it does not roll off the tongue like uh, Justin Crosley. Where is Barrel Works at? Is it right it's at the same? It's in so it's okay. in, uh, it's just north of Santa Barbara. Um, it has its own tasting room. It's a 7,000 square foot barrel aging cellar with nice. more than 500 barrels in it now. And it's a pretty legit program. So if you're ever traveling in that part of the, uh, the state, you should definitely stop by. All right, let's go to the phones real quick because we had somebody call in with a question. We got Doug from Wisconsin with a question from Matt. Doug, what's happening, man? Wisconsin. You got a question for our boy, Matt? I do. Hey, Matt. It's an, it's an honor to talk to you, man. How you doing, man? So, good. So, you get a barrel in from your, for your homebrew club or, you know, personal, whatever. What's the first thing you want to do with it before you stick beer in it? So, I think it depends on the kind of barrel. Um, if it's a spirits yeah. barrel and you're getting it right after it comes from the distiller, so in other words, it still has that uh, high-proof spirit in it, my my uh, suggestion is to do nothing. In fact, just keep it closed up, and when you're ready to put a beer in it, um, don't rinse it, don't do anything, because you would just 
take away any flavor that would uh, otherwise be there. I'd, I always say a, a distilled spirits barrel is kind of a barrel with training wheels on. It's already been sterilized for you or sanitized for you. It's ready to go. Now, if it's a second-use um, bourbon barrel or, or spirits barrel, if it's a wine barrel, then you have to kind of do a little bit of research. Um, if it's been freshly cleaned by the winemaker and sulfured and it's ready to go, then you probably need to do nothing, although I always suggest to rinse those barrels. Um, certainly, if you have a lab at your disposal, you can do some work to see what's going on there microbiologically, rinsing it with water and then plating that water. But I think it's always good policy with a used wine barrel or a one-time used by a brewery spirits barrel to go through some kind of pl- cleaning process prior to filling it and do that cleaning right before you fill it. Nice. But, uh, the, other, the other thing I would always add is that no matter what you're putting into uh, any barrel, uh, we like to purge it very well with CO2 or some other inert gas before we fill it. And you're just trying to ward off gross oxidation. Um, you know, certainly a, a barrel is a porous vessel and there's going to be some micro oxygenation but you want to try to ward off any gross oxidation by removing the oxygen before you put the beer in doug uh send jp an email jp at the brewing network.com and he's going to send you a prize just for calling in and asking questions we got some good swag to give away uh how about we give him a what do we got we got something good right jp a holistic goodie (laughs) and the phone lines commence to blow up how about a hydrometer um I don't have a hydrometer. Yeah, you do. I have a thermometer. You have a hydrometer. I do? Yep. How about a hydrometer? There we go. Let's do it. Thanks for calling. Uh, 888-401-BEER if you got more questions for Matt. If you call in and ask a good question, uh, really any question, as long as you're not a douchebag, we'll give you a <laughs> prize. Uh, while we're on the subject of the blended beers, another person, After Lab, from the chat. After Lab, send JP an email. JP at thebrewingnetwork.com will send you a prize as well. Uh, for Matt, he says... Uh, Matt, when blending so many different styles, do you see a trend in the vintners naturally choosing a larger proportion of a particular style in the blend versus others? Are there styles that uh, typically found in smaller proportions? So, Yeah, actually, I think that um, and it, it, it somewhat goes with trends in the winemaking world, but there's a trend right now, at least in the Central Coast, away from oak bombs. Um, you start talking to winemakers who taste... These bourbon barrel-aged beers or bear, some of our beers that are fermented or aged in new American oak, and they always say A.O. bomb, A.O. bomb, which is American oak bomb, and they think that you know many times oak is overused, and they would always like to have a certain amount of neutral beer to go in. So I'm seeing a trend where they're, they're actually selecting away from over-the-top oaky beers. Okay. Um, initially, I think they were really attracted to imperial stouts because it was so different than wine. And I think now that this group has become more comfortable with the beers, they're not you know, going towards the over-the-top, really roasty beers as much. But I definitely see them. It, they, <laughs> there was a year where I had an excess amount of Bravo that had been aged for two years in bourbon. I was like, man, that's going to be it. That's going to be the anniversary yeah. you know, anchor. And they basically rejected left it out. It. Of the, yeah, they rejected it because it was too much oak. Does the trend that they pick follow the trends in, in wine, do you think? You taste a yeah. bunch of wine no, down I, there. I, I definitely think so. There's yeah. a big trend right now, interestingly enough, um, to use concrete vessels for primary fermentation. Really? Um, and use a, a larger portion of neutral oak. So basically, um, it's, not, it's, it's, it's rare that there would be a lot of primary fermentation in oak for winemakers, or if there was, it would be pre-neutral oak. Um, but concrete seems to be somewhat of a counterbalance to high acidity in the wine. So they're actually trying to bring some of that acidity down. Huh. Um, concrete is a porous 
uh, medium versus stainless steel, so they get some micro-oxygenation like a barrel. Okay. Um, I can't imagine fermenting a wine in concrete, but go around wineries now, and you're going to see these concrete vessels. And I'm wondering when the first brewery is going to start using them. And to me, it's counterintuitive. I can't figure it out. How do you get food-grade concrete? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, with wine, wine, you're (laughs) still fighting, right? Don't ask. I don't think that there's a whole lot of food-grade anything in winemaking. You're self-fighting in wine, so... Well, you it's know, alcohol is the great deal, right? neutralizer. No pathogen known to man can live in an alcoholic beverage, and wine is certainly a much higher alcohol level than beer. But what I can't figure out is, you know, you drip beer on concrete long yeah, enough, it eats the concrete. You're going to get leaching. How can you put this oh my high God. acid wine in a concrete vessel and not have some leaching? And it was explained to me the other day, more recently, that they felt like it does counteract um, some of the natural acidity. And, you know, so... This is a trend in winemaking that you're going to see more and more of. I think that that's why breweries are having access to use fooders so much is that 20 years ago, the, the big trend was to start going back to all wood and people were putting, constructing and building all these beautiful fooders. And now the wine industry or the beer industry is getting them because the wine industry is moving away from fooders. They're going to stainless steel and or concrete is mm. the new buzz. Wow. It would be a throwback, wouldn't it? I mean, remember I reported the story about the beer baths at the old castle, and they used to be fermentation chambers. And oh, they, yeah. were, they were big, you know, sort of shallow pools, but they were concrete. Okay. Right? So it's been fermented in concrete before, hasn't it's it? going back to it. There's uh, people in the chat, or uh, one guy in the chat saying that he he's seen this happen already, open concrete fermenters in breweries. I'm yeah. trying to figure out where it is, because, I've, yeah, I've never seen it before. Well, okay. and I get interesting because the first time you use it, you know, that acid erosion is going to be stronger than, you know, subsequent use, you know. But, um, I mean, they're, they're beautiful. They're, and I think the other advantage for winemakers, if they don't have, for instance, a glycol system or they're looking for some way of, you know, it's right. quite a heat sink. It's this super dense material. It's going to hold temperature for longer. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a lot of interesting things about concrete and fermentation. Slow Brewer, who is the person who uh, donated the flight of beers, wants oh. us to know about the storage of the beers. Oh, right on. Uh, he says, uh, 10 was stored in the fridge the whole time. That's why it's I think so that's pretty obvious. Good. It's in great shape. So good. The rest were stored in their case boxes in an exterior closet in my house in Slow. Uh, so the temps ranged actually from 60s to 70s. So even with the uh, fluctuation of temperature, they still held up pretty well. I would venture to say they'd be even better, of course, if they were all in yeah. the fridge. Like the 10 is kind of a rock star. Oh. Yeah, but he did a great job, I think, um, across the board with these beers. Yeah. Yeah. So I, mean, like I, I said, owe him huge. <laughs> it's phenomenal that these beers can hold up. I mean, it shows that. No, you, you know Dave. You'll recognize him when you yeah. see him. All right. It's interior, not exterior. Oh, sorry. I'm dyslexic. My exterior okay. closet. Uh, Sean from Oregon writes in, otherwise known as Wallet Phone. That's uh, from Flattail. That's <laughs> our buddy from Flattail. Oh, He's him. got a question for Matt. Sean, what do you got? So I wanted to ask Matt if the perceived bitterness drop and the IBU dropped uh, correlated, you know, linearly in the uh, barrel aged beers. You mentioned that you know the IBUs dropped out. But whether you perceive the beer as less bitter or not. All right. Yeah, I think definitely. Um, Norm Stokes, our, our sensory technician at work, could probably speak a little bit more um, scientifically about this. And I think if we were to do a study, and we, we should probably start doing this, and I think we have the data, we could probably chart it out, is that there's a linear relationship for probably the first year or two, and then it, it starts to curve out to the point where 
you know, maybe the IBU drop is not happening as rapidly or it, it just baselines out after a while. So you finally found that long-term solubility. Um, however, but I, to answer your question more directly, yes, uh, both the analytical IBU data along with what the panel was saying uh, was somewhat of a linear relationship. In other words, as that IBU dropped, um, the product was perceived as more mellow and less bitter. I think that's one of the beautiful things that Wood offers you know, we wouldn't even make, we wouldn't even conceive of making an imperial stout in our brewery without oak aging it from our experience of how it mellows. Okay. Um, now, maybe you could do some formulation up front and remove some of the bitterness out front, up front, and result in not having to age the beer so long in barrels. Um, you know, we haven't gotten there yet. All right. Uh, hey, Sean, even though you're, you work for another brewery, we'll still send you some prizes. Uh, send JP an email, jp at thebrewingnetwork.com. Oh, and and we'll send it we, over. We got Sorry. some. We got you some flat tail, flat tail t-shirts, t-shirts, right? Yeah. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm going to send him a flat tail hat. Ah! You're going to get a flat tail uh, mesh Excellent. Hat. Hey, Matt, I wanted to ask you because you mentioned you know that you guys are seeing these things happening, but happening, but you're not really uh, documenting the the data. Have you heard um, uh, Garrett Oliver talk about uh, beer scholarship at all, and and how it's happening at at breweries across the country, but none of you are, are documenting it? I did a, a panel with him a little while ago, a couple years ago now at GABF, and it was just after the Oxford Beer Companion came out, right? And I did think he made an excellent point, and it was that breweries like you are actually doing these very detailed experiments, these wonderful things where we're finding out about how beer works, but none of, uh, none of you are, are documenting it in the ways that, that could really help the, the future of beer. Well, I mean, we have a... I, I get asked constantly by not only the lab but by the brewers, why are we taking this data when okay. we don't use it on a day-to-day basis? And my answer is always that someday that data may become useful. And so, yeah, we have reams and reams. I mean, there's nothing oh, that has happened in the brewery that we haven't logged and hung on to. Yeah. And so someday when we have time, maybe in my retirement, I'll go back through those brew logs and try to do – you know, some level of understanding. When a it's too level late. Well, no, but listen, <laughs> well, actually, here's why. Maybe think... not too late to, you know, write my book that'll put me through my retirement. <laughs> well, that's oh, true. <laughs> but here's where, here's where I think Garrett even made a better point. If you are documenting it to that degree like you are, it's time to, instead of just hiring brewing interns, it's time to hire research interns from universities Nerds. to actually go through that stuff for you and compile the data. Mm-hmm. Don't wait till you have time to do it, Matt, because <laughs> no, no, we no. all know uh, that for, you could get thyroid cancer, for example, or a number of things could happen. You know, he's right. How's your calcium level? <laughs> um, check it. No, forget that. You just publish it all in one magazine. Massive book, just like a big three ring binder. There like, you go. Here's here's just straight numbers on like barrel rate evaporation for you know with a one degree swing. Like, Work it out yourself, it bitches. Yeah. <laughs> and here's all the information. You apply it whatever you want. I'm telling you that I genuinely think the guy makes a good point. You guys are all doing this, and if, if breweries like you are compiling it, there should be people going through it and and publishing it and well, letting. That's, you know. that's where a guy like Tom Nielsen at Sierra Nevada Brewing Company is in such a perfect position. He's in a brewery that's you know, brewing 24-7, there's just all this data coming out all the time, yeah. and he has opportunities to capture data and, and do legitimate studies, plus he's a scientist who understands how to do that correctly. Right. Um, yeah, I think more people like Tom Nielsen will pop up in, in, in these midsize and, and, you know, craft breweries and be able to do something with all this data, but I think you know, we're, be- we're in a day-to-day grind, and we're just trying to use that data to get 
consistent Get beer through. to our fans. <laughs> that's what. But, that's the point of our... Right, mm. And I, I totally agree. And, and of course, you're going to focus on those things. And I don't even think that Garrett, in this, in this sense, was being hard on other brewers. He just was sort of pointing out, we're probably learning more about beer than ever in history. And it would be unfortunate if it's if that's not being documented. Yep. Well, and to Matt's credit, he's done a lot to bring the science of hops to you know both other brewers and then also to home brewers. So don't minimize that. No, you're that right. He did Matt the drunk science. show in 2005, <laughs> and um, that was a huge contribution. That was huge. Huge. And I actually passed the sobriety test, but the cop said he'd still do a breathalyzer on me just because. That's true. <laughs> just because, yeah. Because you looked shady, yeah, I yes. think was the... <laughs> All right, let's, beard. let's do another phone call. Uh, we've got uh, Matt from New York. He's got a question about sour beer. We haven't even tasted your sour beer yet. No, and the man, actually, that. we've been drinking it. The man, you might not even know what the hell you're talking about. Uh, Matt, what do you got? <laughs> Hi. Uh, I just wanted to ask Matt about using dark malts with you know souring bugs, you know, like lacto, PDO. Okay. Kind of things. Go if ahead. there's any rule of thumb, or you know, because I got a couple in the car, boys. You know, just with pits with you know white sour blends. So I don't know, you know, if anything's been done at Firestone or Matt knows of things. You know, rules of thumbs. You know, when you're doing things like that. I think it's a great question, and honestly, I'm probably not the guy to ask because we have so little experience with dark beers and the souring bugs. We actually started the program out with predominantly pale beers. Um, I know for a fact that more recently um, Jim called up some wort that used predominantly Vienna malt from Wireman, and I was blown away by how much just a little bit of specialty malt enhanced and worked with the sour, you know, the acid profile. And so I have a feeling, you know, there's there's probably a lot to it, a lot to specialty malts and, and how they play with organic acids. Um, however, I can't really speak specifically to say, soured stouts or soured really dark beers. We just haven't gotten there yet. Okay. Also, uh, Matt from New York, wanted he sent a picture in, and he wanted to know if you thought he looked handsome in his Matt Brindleson skin suit. <laughs> Am I right, Matt? Got it on right now. You're right. <laughs> He's wearing it right now. How can you <laughs> not? Poor, poor well, this guy was weird. That's uh, why he sounds muffled, because his head is larger than Matt's, and so the mouth is skewed. It is a little It's a little. Is there a Merkin at play here? I'm sure there is. It'd be in order. Matt, thank you for the call, and send an email, jp at thebrewingnetwork.com. JP, what are we going to send Matt in Skin Suit New York? A woman's hop, but no. How about a White Labs alcohol test kit? There we go. Get your alcohol tested. Thank you. Thanks for calling, Matt. It's like a yard sale you're running. Uh-uh, honey. So I have a question about the the beers that uh, go into these blends. So obviously all these are different vintages, but what about the vintages of the the beers that are going into the blends? Are some of the, you know, I see these named beers that I don't know, I've never seen at at the brew house, like Rufus. I'm like, what is this stuff? Okay, yeah. So are some of those really, really old? You know, are they they five-year-old beers going into the 17? So... If you've been following it, so as as this whole program has gone forward, we came out with 10 first, and then one of the first beers that we released it on its own, one of the single variety beers, was Parabola. So pretty much all of the Parabola that doesn't go into the anniversary blend ends up being released on its own each year. So almost every year you're talking, you know, one-year-old Parabola going in. And for the most part across the board, most of these beers are only one year in barrel, with the exception of beers like... Rufus, uh, Sticky Monkey, Heldorado, 
Uh, you know, we come <laughs> with all these goofy <laughs> names, monks. as you do. Terrence yeah. is going to sue you. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to sue you now? <laughs> That's racist. Well, yeah. I think you're allowed to be <laughs> racist now. Right, yeah, right. I don't care. So, so, so to answer your die. question, if it isn't a beer like Abacus or Parabola... <laughs> That's released on Brandon. an annual basis. You're probably looking at beers that could be two years old, or a portion of them are, because we're, you know, it's it's a bit. We always say it's cosmic slop. It's like whatever's left over from when you probably will make its way into anniversary at some point. So, what's the huh. oldest beer that's made it into a blend? Um, would probably be Sean's Saucer Full of Secrets, because that that probably came up Ooh. three or four years later, and more recently we. I'm going to get this wrong, but I think it was at least five years we pulled some five-year-old barrels out, or maybe six or seven. I can't long. I can't remember how long ago we made that beer. Yeah. And 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 to the point you were talking about this cola characteristic, that beer came out like maple syrup. I mean, interesting the, to me the the flavor note, the hook there was maple syrup, which makes sense because it's it sat in oak for so long, it just extracted so much wood character and it had so much sweetness okay. associated with it. It had a lot of candy sugar, too, right? So I mean, you could just put it on your pancakes. Yeah. Done. I did. Thanks. I've eaten breakfast at Sean Paxton's Uh-oh. house, and I'm pretty sure it was always <laughs> saucer full of secrets, pancakes. I wonder how long someone's it's going to take for a brewery to name their barrel, uh, you know, collaboration beer, Cosmic Slop. No, I already did it. Oh, you did? <laughs> I already done. <laughs> Shit. Right. Don't take it. Whoever's listening to Cosmic Slop, think TM. About it. Yeah, Sean, Sean of Sean. Tim. <laughs> Uh, here's a question. Uh, it's already in cans. Talking about barrel aging. <laughs> <laughs> Hungus writes in. Hungus, this is a good question. Send an email to jp at thebrewingnetwork.com. He's uh, going to send you a prize. Um, two how and about, a hat. Uh, two and a hat. There we go. How ironic. There you go. All right. How ironic is that? <laughs> Matt, how important is storage temperature for barrel aging? Uh, my brew shed fluctuates between 50 and 75 throughout the year. Uh, with variable humidity, um, is is that acceptable for for barrel aging my beers? Company secrets time. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no secret. We we age at 50 degrees Fahrenheit or 10 degrees C. That's been the, kind of the sweet spot for us. I have a feeling we could probably go a little bit warmer and have you know similar results or maybe faster results. And I think it's just like everything. All chemical reactions will occur more quickly at higher temperatures including oxidation, including everything else, flavor extraction. Um, I have a feeling there's a breaking point. If you talk to most winemakers, it seems like they're talking temperatures between 55 degrees Fahrenheit and 60 or 62 being kind of the outside edge where they want their wine sitting. Okay. So that leads me to believe that after all these years of looking at these things, and, and those are microactive. I mean, many of those winemakers are doing malolactic fermentation at those cellar temperatures, so they also are looking for some microactivity. So I take my note from that is that I want to be slightly below that, you know. And so 50 seems to be a perfect point where I'm not using a ton of a refrigeration. I'm not going so cold that I'm just stalling everything out relative to chemical reactions, but that I'm still getting flavor uptake. I'm keeping most microbiology at bay. Although okay. still, some things could happen at 50 degrees. Right. Um, when I start hearing temperatures 70, 75 degrees, I think that might be a little over the top. Unless, of course, you do have Brettanomyces involved. And I think that's a game changer. When, when Brett is in the barrel, now you want to be at elevated temperatures to promote that if you're looking for souring. So, you know, there's a, there's a definite divide. We have 50 degrees Fahrenheit for our uh, spirit barrel program with no critters involved. 
and I believe that Jim has set the cellar at Barrel Works somewhere closer to 65 when he's looking for hmm. microbiological activity. It's somewhere between 60 and 65. Okay. Uh, just in terms of your your brew shed, uh, Hungus, I think that was Hungus, uh, writing in, <laughs> if you listen back to some of the Jamil shows, you know, before he was a professional brewer at Heretic, he had a shed out back that he pretty lightly insulated and put in a normal like window unit air conditioner and was able to temperature control that for years. He essentially had a walk-in cooler in his side yard. So if you've already got a brew shed, uh, I would recommend just getting a, a window unit uh, air conditioner. And I think you could probably better uh, keep it down at the temperatures that Matt's talking about instead of letting it go way up to 70. Yeah, Or the, get a ferment shed. The, a really the, easier way to do it, yeah. yeah. The, it, there's it, also, if you want to start working the barrel more than just the the brett or the bugs in there uh doing a fluctuation it's it's it can be from you know season to season or in in bourbon they actually raise them to the top every year to the top of the the barn basically so it's hotter at the top it, within the barrels you're saying that right, they, they want move, the they, heat. each each they move the barrels up and because they want the barrels to breathe differently they want to get more barrel characteristic out of it Mm-hmm. Scotch is the same way. They do it more more seasonal. Yeah. Uh, where uh, bourbon, they're going to do it more within the the the, the shed itself. You think it mm-hmm. works for beer too? To, to uh, fluctuate depends, the it depends on what you want to do. Okay. Uh, if you're trying to work the barrel, trying to get more oak and more vanilla out of it, uh, and more oxygen, it, it's it's going to uh, change. The whole dynamic of it because the barrel breathes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's going to breathe more at a higher temperature. And so you're going to want to let it breathe later. Yeah. It swells in life. It takes more. Right. Yeah. It seems like you, you could get, you could age it for less time in a, in a warmer temperature, like by yes, moving it up. But from, from what most of the bourbon guys do is they do it, uh, early. They do it at a, the lower temperature and they start moving it up okay and they're going to get more they want to get more barrel characteristic out of it well or you might not want to uh, in a beer you might want to uh, with you bugs, want less. bugs it's going to be a whole different gig you're going to want to have different oxygen uptake you're going to want to have uh different different kind of oak how old's the barrel what kind of barrel it is and it, it, a lot of these are variables in on this whole thing well i think especially with spirits I, I don't think that the the warmer temperature is storing. Basically, you're storing beer at that temperature at 75 or 80 for you know 18 months right. or whatever. So that's going to change the characteristics of the beer. Whereas spirits, I don't think it matters so much. You can keep it at 70 or 80 and may not change. I don't know enough about it, but the malt character has to do with that too. So if you have a beer, I wouldn't recommend storing it like 80 degrees like you would a, a, well, it, a it's, bourbon. It's, it's about trying to extract something out of the barrel, right? Which is why it's there and at different strengths different different temperatures and depending yeah. how much you want out of the barrel, it, right. right and uh okay. it, to a detrimental effect like uh, jp was saying that you know 80 degrees is not good for your beer well i would say if you you're forced to age at higher temperatures you probably will not need to age as long, as long and i would yeah. definitely be tasting those beers more frequently to make sure that you pull it out of there and get it into its finished package yeah. sooner or at the right time okay so about getting the beer into the finished package well, yeah. I have two, well, I have two questions. It's a package. First, package. Huh? Um, I have two questions, actually. So first, uh, I noticed all these beers have kind of some sort of lower alcohol beer in the blend, whether it's uh, un- um, Double Jack or, um, uh, or, I'm sorry, Double Barrel or... Um, Imperial Jack. <laughs> not, not Imperial. <laughs> 
Yeah. Or uh, uh, Velvet uh, Merlin uh, being in the mix. So what's the goal with that? And uh, how do you see the Vinters using using that? Do they use those lower alcohol beers consistently when they're blending? Is it usually an accent? Is it What purpose does that serve? I think in previous years, it was just one more component that they could use. And maybe these were really high alcohol beers and the alcohol burn was getting to them. So they wanted to taper that down. They yeah. wanted to temper that alcohol. Um, it, it, that's another element in wine. You know, think about most wines are somewhere between 12 and 15% and some are above that. And yet when you drink that wine, you don't get the alcohol burn that you do from some high-proof beers. And mm-hmm. I think that's part of the balancing act is figuring out a way of cloaking that alcohol. So I think oftentimes the winemaker is saying, you know what, there's just too much alcohol here. I can't find any way to blend my way around it, so I'm just going to take it down. Yeah. That is the beauty of your anniversary beers, by the way. We did an anniversary dinner with you out at GABF a couple years ago where you did a, a bunch of the anniversary beers, and we were all pretty shit-faced by the end. And by we, I mean the people who bought tickets and us <laughs> doing the bra- everything. Not because we meant to, but because it drank very easily, and it did the Vintners did a good job of masking some of that al- alcohol content. Yeah, and I think the barrel, once again, the barrel has this beautiful way of mellowing out high alcohol. <laughs> I mean, think about it, like probably what you know, whiskey wash tastes like before it goes into a barrel, <laughs> and then five years later what it's right. transformed yeah. into oh, yeah. are just night and day. All right, I got to get us to a break. Um, we're going to talk more with Matt when we come back, especially because we have to talk sour beer. But I do have one uh, more question for you before we do it, because I think it's quick. Do you use the same Vintners every year? Uh, to do your blends, or do you invite new people? We've been inviting new people, but for the most part, the core members are the same guys. Okay. Some of my best friends. I don't know if I've said this Uh, to you on air. I know I've told you off air, but uh, it's just a coincidence that the name is the same. But I was introduced to Justin Winery from Slow by going to the anniversary tasting. And in my opinion, he is the best winery in California. Napa, mm-hmm. I don't care what. Every time I've had any of his wines, he also, his blend when I was there, everybody does a different blend and then they vote on it later. His blend was the best one I had. He's just a, and he's a young guy too. Like, he's not like some, you know, 80 year old person who's been doing wine for his whole, you know, he was a young uh, vintner. His wine is amazing and his blend uh, uh, of your beer was great too. So I just wanted to give him a plug because. What, what you should know is that. That, that that winemaker's name is Kevin Sass, and he has since left Justin Winery. And oh, you're now kidding! Is heading up uh, a program just down the road for Halter Ranch Vintners. Then but, I want to plug that because the guy is. You're a whore. No, he was doing such he was doing such an amazing job at Justin, and both he and his quality manager moved over to Halter. And if you thought the Justin wines were great, yeah, wait until you taste the Halter Ranch. Okay, good because I. I'm talking about a, a big degree of difference between other California wines and his wine. I'm talking about California wines sort of like a five, and everything I've ever tasted that he made was like an eight or a nine. Great. And the same with his blend. Of all the blends I had that day, when we that was, I think, around 12 or 13. I forget which, which blend I went to. His blend also was about the same. Uh, uh, he, really good. Yeah, he's a, he's a rock star for okay. sure. You yeah. think that if it was called the JP Winery, your opinion would be the same? <laughs> I do think so. I was telling you, it was just a coincidence because I tasted all his stuff before I ever knew the name. Okay. I didn't get introduced to any of these guys saying, I'm from uh, Columbia Ridge or whatever the stupid <laughs> wine names are. Charles I'm Charles. from Justin Wine. It was none of that. Okay. I, his shit was just awesome. Hey yeah. Matt, how does one become one of the uh, the non core members of you know if uh, they want to be involved? Seriously. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> you don't. don't think about it. 
<laughs> it's not. No, you. but really. <laughs> you know how I did? I happened to be passing through on the day they were doing it, and, he, and Matt was like, "Oh, I guess you could sit down." But but didn't he didn't he tell you not to say anything and to be quiet and stay in the background? He, no, well, uh, not in so many words. No, I he mean, probably he probably it was much more eloquent. I imagine. Yeah, but, yeah. It was like here, more friendly. We, we put this chair in the bottling line for you if you'd like to sit here, and um, you know we'll bring you a taste every now and then. Yeah, we'll take a photo and show you for five seconds only about what's going on. Hey, don't he, don't talk to the other guys. He's like, don't here's talk. here's oh, an iPad with a live stream of what we're doing in the other room. You're familiar with live streams, right? Yeah. Sit in the middle of the bottling line and shut up. And it was on Justin TV, so you loved yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Matt's Sour Program. Then we got some games to play, yes. some more things to give away. We're going to play Guess the Fake and name that uh, holiday tune. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters, the Brewcasters. on the Brewing Network. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients backed by the best customer service in the business. New items include the Big Oxygen Kit for economical wart aeration using common welding oxygen tanks and the Unistat line of external thermostats for easy control of both electric heaters and refrigerators. In addition, They've just mashed their new oatmeal stout malt extract, so you can make those tasty winter oatmeal stouts and porters without mashing. Go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. This is a public service announcement. <laughs> hey, dude, I think there's... Uh, <laughs> What's wrong? You don't look so good. There's, <coughs> there's something wrong with your beer. It's making everyone sick. <laughs> don't let your beer make your loved ones ill. Proper cleaning and sanitation is the key to avoiding puke on your shoes. But I used an all-in-one. Cleaning and sanitizing cannot be done in a one-step process. No cleaner can sanitize and no sanitizer can clean. The amazing chemists at Five Star Chemicals have your solution. Clean with BBW and sanitize with Star Sand. Fantastic! Your friends and loved ones will thank you. Five Star products are available at fine homebrew shops near you and online. Put your best beer forward with Five Star Chemicals. Your one stop for the cleanest two-step solution. Tonight is the night. We bring the creature to life, Dr. Blitzkrankstein? Yes, J.P. Lohr. Everything is perfect for my next fermented creation. My daughter, the storm is too far away. We'll never have enough power to isomerize the creature's alpha <laughs> Yes, J.P. Lohr, we will. For I am in my possession, the Tower of Power! 
Glickman's new tower of power is the evolution of automation. Control hot liquor, sparge, and mash temps like a pro. The tower of power is a high-quality gas-fired rim system that works with your current brewing setup. With ultra-precision, the tower can hold your mash to one-half of a degree Fahrenheit. Precision and repeatability. The tower of power is the answer to automatic, fast ramp times. See more at BlickmanEngineering.com. Bring your next creation to life with the tower of power. Dr. Blickman's with the tower of power, you can probably give me an afternoon at the pub to enjoy a pint. Don't be silly, J.P. Gore. We have beer to brew. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones, no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Brewers, anyone can resell homebrew equipment and recipe clone kits. Get original at Adventures in Homebrewing. Adventures in Homebrewing has the knowledge and expertise to craft their own gear and original recipe kits that you'll love. Home of the Serial Killer Grain Mill, 220,000 BTU propane burners, custom stainless steel false bottoms, as well as custom built brew stands and systems. These are just some of the items Adventures in Homebrewing designs and manufactures in-house. And the brewers at Adventures in Homebrewing keep designing too. Original extract and all-grain recipe kits that are tried and tested and proven to be of the best quality. Most popular are the Blueberry Tangerine Porter, the Nor'easter Cranberry Fest, and the Peanut Butter Conspiracy Stout. Once you try one of Adventures in Homebrewing's original recipes, you'll keep coming back for more. And don't forget to use the coupon code BIG10 when you place your order to save 10%. That's coupon code BIG10, B-I-G-T-E-N. Visit Adventures in Homebrewing at homebrewing.org right now and get original today. Homebrewing.org. Join the adventure mix me your 100 grain amber recipe and I'm going to eat it and then it can ferment in my gut it totally works the beer is almost identical to the grain sandwich your colon won't know what hit it <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio thebrewingnetwork.com because like beer radio shouldn't suck you're listening to the session In a bar alone I'm sitting Apart from the laughter and the cheer While scenes from the past rise before me Just watching the bubbles in my beer And I'm seeing the road that I've traveled A road paved with heartaches and tears Seeing the past that I've wasted While watching the bubbles in my beer A vision of someone 
You've been blending the blends? Would you like to try it? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have a sip. You won't get cancer. It's fine. I'll take a... It's not contagious, right? It's not contagious. It is in your throat, though. It's like right here. But it's it's separate from your throat. But I do have a sore throat. Mm. The alcohol will kill it. What do you think of that blend? Um, I don't know. It's okay, right? It's it's the dregs. You know what? It's, it's the leftovers great. of 11, 16, 17, 15, and 13. It tastes like the last blend you'll ever make. It, I think... What? What? I don't know. It's like it's that good. I meant. I just meant it's that oh. good. Oh, because I'll be retired. Yeah. I, oh, okay, I just yeah. meant it was so good. It's like you'll never make a blend again. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Well, that's fine. I think that's a nice thing to say. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, real quick, before we uh, move forward, I want you to know as we're talking about blending and brewing beer, uh, if you're a home brewer and you don't have Beersmith Brewing software yet, you should go to beersmith uh, beersmith dot com and uh, you can get a free 21 day trial. Just uh, you know, you just hit download, and then for 21 days, it's yours. And if you don't like it, uh, you don't have to do a thing. If, uh, but also, if you don't like it, you're, you're doing something wrong. The The program is amazing. <laughs> you can control everything in your brew house. Uh, you're almost like a professional brewer right there uh, on your on your laptop or whatever you want to use. It works on PC or Mac. You can uh, control your inventory. You can change your batch sizes. It'll, it'll do everything you need. I guarantee there are things that it does that you have no idea it does. Or that, you. or that you had any idea that you should be that doing you, these things. Or that you, yeah. Yes. You also get uh, email newsletters. Ah. Uh, they they profile different styles, uh, the ins and outs of this, or different brewing techniques. See, and it, it, you just get get in your mailbox, and 
It's great. Cool tips and techniques on things. And and Doc still has an AOL email. So if <laughs> if it works for him, it, it's got to work for you too. It's amazing. It's be Wait, do, do I not get? My, does my email not come faster or slower than yours just because it has AOL in it? I think it's just that nobody can believe there's still an AOL is all. Well, it just turned to free because that was back before you guys even knew what the internet was. Right. You guys are still reading. You know, yeah, when it took 20 minutes to download a JPEG. I knew what it was. Yeah. I was hitting on broads in chat rooms. No, no. AOL. You were still watching cartoons. Beersmith.com. Uh, go check it out right now. You get a free 21-day trial. Am I allowed to, if I'm not looking at him, I'm allowed to talk about the listener's wife, right? Yes. So the the Bryce or the Brace or Brace, the, Brace, 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 yes. the, the desert kid. Right. The, 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 the Lancaster, other desert kid. What is it about us desert kids that get good looking ladies? I, I think it's that something. there's, it's like the the, ner- like the, um, the Nurse Nightingale or whatever, where they just need to take care of the poor and the broken. <laughs> yes. I think is that's that what, what it is. is. Yeah, her yeah. dad was an alcoholic and she got used to taking care of losers. Brace, right. is that the deal? <laughs> it's that we're... It's that we're both broken, and so we tend to land uh, hot, hot. Yeah, hot I mean, ladies. look at him. That's it. That was happening. Yeah. He doesn't even know. He doesn't even he's know what's on his shoulders. He doesn't know. Yeah, he's a little uncomfortable. I'm. I'm getting the feeling this is the first hot chick he ever landed. <laughs> yeah, and so so he met her, and then a week later he asked her to marry him. And how long how long did it take before he asked you to marry him? I didn't even know her last name. Fourteen days. No. Twenty one days. <laughs> Two months. Oh, it took a long time. Oh, you guys met in high school. Together, he had to grow on her. That's why you're a desert. You're a oh, it's that she doesn't know that there are other people in the world. (laughs) She's a desert. Now it makes sense. He landed a desert girl. Did you guys ever go out to the desert and watch like the 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 planes fly over? Like, when are we going to get out of this one stoplight town? (laughs) You know, I. I'm pretty sure that he's convinced her that there's actually there is no there's nothing outside the yeah, desert. You just fall off the end of the world, and that if she if she goes anywhere without him, she will die. Uh, it's like Saudi Arabia, but not as dry. So she came here because they came together in the air. But but he's probably yeah. convinced her that if she goes by herself, she'll explode. Her head will explode. Yeah, she might. Yeah. Oh my God! Choices. Boom. Hey, yeah, thanks for allowing her to show up here tonight without her veil on. But we all appreciate that. Brace, you've done a good job. Yeah. All right. We uh, appreciate it. Oh, wait, I have a, before we go, I have a gift for you from from uh, Bob, from Chad's father. Bob Mosier. Yes, Bob Mosier. Um, are you ready for this? Yes. It's empty. It's a Dunkin' Donuts coffee wow. cup. But the best part is... I like Dunkin' Donuts. The best Chad's part is... You ready for this? You ready for this? Full of cookies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's got my Yukon Huskies on the back. Right. Who, by the way, despite not having Jim Calhoun and being uh, uh, suspended from recruiting anybody for several years because of violations, we're still in the top 25 this year. And so Nobody you can, cares. You can use that one because there's a whole bunch of them. Uh, see, Bob knows me. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Bob. I got my Dunkin' Donuts Yukon Cups. Now I can invite my dad out from Connecticut. We're going to hang out. Uh, and Matt, you, you know also, a little bit about Yukon. You're you're from the East Coast originally, aren't you? Or at least you brewed at Kalamazoo. No. What? No. Here, you I mean, want this I don't poster know too? Oh, he got me a Yukon poster. Is I that my team right there's now? There's two of them. Oh, it is my team. They're look all at, really handsome. Look at how many white people are on the team this year. No, that's why you're not going to go very far. That's true. Can we get We're back to talking one? about Brace's wife, please? <laughs> right. You don't talk about strapping young lads? Uh, thank you, Bob Mosier. Uh, these are wonderful, and those posters will Bob go Bob Mosier, a.k.a. Chef's dad. Chef's dad. Yeah, that's right. All right. 
Uh, before we start to get too crazy, because I, I do have the feeling that's about it's coming. To, it's happening soon. It's coming. I did want to talk about the sour beer that uh, we got poured for us uh, real quickly. Uh, of course, it's a Matt Brennelson uh, sour beer. And uh, what is this beer? Is it the first one from the Barrel Project? Well, I, I explained uh, a little bit earlier, but just to um, put it all together, we did the barrel program that we just tasted through all the anniversary beers, what we call the Spirits Barrel Program or the Clean Barrel Program or the Vintage Series. And these are beers that are purposely put laid down with no critters at temperatures that will keep all that at bay. Um, and that's that's a program in and of itself. Okay. Um, meanwhile, on, on the sidelines, Jim Crooks, our quality manager, who started playing around with Britannomyces, Lactobacillus, Pediococcus, all of these critters that you're, you're well aware of. Yeah. Um, and... We got to a point where we said either we have to go for it or we abandon it all together. So Jim actually um, stepped aside from his quality manager position. He's now working full-time down in Buellton in a 7,000-square-foot facility that's dedicated just to secondary fermentation. Nice. And it's been a ton of fun. I um, My piece of it is that I get to go out and find barrels for Jim to work with. Um, we have some fooders. We have some... Um, uh, punch-in-style barrels like you would see at Cantillon and things like that that came okay. from wineries in France, and a lot of normal format wine barrels. And so basically we've taken the wine barrel program and moved it to Buellton. Jim's uh, inoculating everything with Britannomyces first and foremost and working with the other critters. And we're not really trying to, I mean, our inspiration, our sour beers in general are American wild ales, but I don't think that we're really trying to replicate anything that's out there. We're trying to work with the indigenous um, organisms that are, are there and coming to us from the wine barrels locally. Um, the very first beer that's come out is called Agrestic, and Agrestic is basically double barrel ale, oak fermented, and then sent to Buellton to do a secondary fermentation. And uh, that's what we have in front of us now. That's is, the a, is a barrel sample from a Feral Agrestic. One? Is that? Actually, no, this is Agrestic, the amber beer you have in front of you. And then oh, the first beer that we oh. poured earlier during that the last the session. Yeah, you you that might already drink one. that one. I see. I did. <laughs> was, it, was it named uh, after the uh, a planned community from Weeds? Uh, I'd be lying if I didn't say that I, that's where I picked it up from. That's yeah. great. Then I, you know, then I looked it up what that means, and agrestic means rustic, so it seemed to fit. Okay. Very nice. It's all right. You're allowed to take inspiration from things. But like we said in the last <laughs> session, um, Jeffers Richardson came back to us. Um, he was... Uh, when he left Firestone originally, after a couple of years of being brewmaster, he went to Sierra Nevada for many years, um, and then he, he left brewing altogether and got into uh, olive oil production and really got into olive trees, and he spent wow. some time overseas studying that and really became an olive oil geek, and then he kind of emerged from that and came back to Firestone, and um, you know, obviously, we had the whole Paso program going on, and he and Jim basically took over the Buellton facility and decided that, you know, it was... Well, we all decided it was best to keep the critters separate from everything else. And um, yeah. when Jeffers is not um, active at Barrel Works, he's out doing um, a lot of promotions, a lot of beer dinners, like, you know, basically a profit for Firestone. Meanwhile, Jim is back there every day um, trying to get these sour beers to come forward and figuring out the blends. And he's been busy at it for about a year now. And so you're starting to see the first okay. uh, beers emerge. Now, you say your contribution is going out and finding barrels and things, but the work comes from your brewery. Yeah, there's no brew house in Buellton, so 100% of the word is coming from uh, Paso. And interestingly enough, when we started, we would we would make a beer in Paso and ferment it, 
and then somehow either put it in mobile Grundy's or put it into some type of vessel or maybe even put it in the barrels and transfer it down to Buellton. Okay. Then later we got a little more brave and we'd pull a, tr- a tanker truck up. I we would that, brew I a beer. About the that. old milk truck trick. Uh-huh. We, would, we would pitch the wort but, but cool into the truck and then mm-hmm. send the truck down to Buellton and pump it into a tank and let it ferment out. Now we've gotten so bra- brave as to just ship wort. Really? To Buellton and let him do both the primary and secondary fermentations down there. How do I think you those are some of the, the best beers so far. How do you treat the truck? Right, because well, it's not this your is a sour truck, beer program. It? So, although, you know, we do sanitize and everything is, uh, you know, looked at pretty closely, we're not as worried as we would in our normal program. Interesting. So it's sugary wort, just like I would make at, at home. And, and Buellton is 90 miles away from Paso. Dumped into a stainless steel truck. Uh, what size? What batch size? Uh, we can. We've been doing seventy to ninety barrel batch. And you have a truck that'll handle that. That vine. Yeah, this truck I think can do even more. Twice that. Yeah. Twice it's probably properly aerated by the time it gets. You would think. Do you put CO two in that and the and the truck as well? It's a good takeaway, Jay. Actually, to this point, uh, if we're doing either wort or transferring pitched wort, we haven't purged out the truck in advance. Right, so it is getting oxidized. If we were going to do some type of finished beer transfer, we would. <clears throat> but it does get oxidized on the way down there. Oh yeah, it's it's um, I, I, it has to promote positive uh, fermentation if you pitch it prior to the trip. It's yeah. gotta right. make you pucker a little bit when you're pumping this in. You're like, this isn't even flushed or anything, man. Yeah. I think I'd be scared. You said you actually properly described it as we got more brave. Yeah. I would be scared to death to do that. I don't Absolutely. know why. I don't know where that thing's Justin, been. You're you're just worried about ruining that much beer. Yes, exactly. It's a lot of beer. Uh, but I guess if you're going to sour it yeah. anyway. Which is probably know. why you weren't invited to blend. Well, I mean, let me know what you think. I mean, these are some of the very first beers that have come out of the program. They're fine. Uh, it's still a very young program, but I've been really happy with what, what Jim has done so far. They're phenomenal. You know, the difference between the uh, Feral One, which came out of a bottle, so it was more of a finished beer, and the one, the, the barrel sample called, it gets me again? Agrestic. Agrestic. Uh, it's kind of like tasting when I when I went to Cantillon once. He let me, you know, he knew I was a big fan, and I got to taste all the blended beers. And then he poured me one just out of a barrel. And the, I was almost disappointed because it was, well, I just thought, wow, it, it doesn't come out of the barrel the way I love it. It was very <laughs> one-sided. It was a singular beer. Mm-hmm. It had all of the sour characteristics that I liked. I could... I could taste the things in it that it was going to be, but it was very singular. One-dimensional. And and I, I feel the same in these two. Like the one out of the barrel, I can taste all the potential, but it's not as complex as the other. And I think it points to what carbonation does for the finished product. Okay, yeah. I think, they're, I think you're going to do great things. <clears throat> was it not enough to dominate the pale ale and the IPA category? You had to. <laughs> and the lager category now. And, and yeah. now the lager and the barrel. Now you had to move into the, I mean, what kind of well, a Well, you heard him you? earlier. He's going to dominate the watermelon beer category next. <laughs> right. Imperial watermelon. It's actually watermelon. imperial watermelon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> South American bitter or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you're sort of, if we were to look at the last several years of, just let's just go awards, okay? So you can't really argue with me because I'm just talking facts. <laughs> just yeah. facts, man. Either it is or it isn't. You're kind of the best brewer in America. Mm. And now you have to move on to, uh, 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 by the way, I love it. But if I'm a competitor, I'm going, what? I'm going really, Matt? Yeah. Now I have to watch you go on the GABF stage with sour beer, too? I don't think it's like that. Or, <laughs> you don't. Everyone else does. Yeah, I think they're all thinking it, too. He's, he's the best pro brewer. Yeah. Hey, I started out as a home brewer, and I'm just as curious <laughs> as anybody else out there, and I want to try it 
Right. I'm not yeah. going to say we're going to be good at it, but... Uh... Yeah, but so do I. And then when I try it <laughs> and I share it with these guys, give me a noise that describes when I share and, it with and, you all. And, <sighs> and also to qualify that, it's and not then, me trying it. It's our brewing team. And we have a lot of really uh, you know, energetic, curious brewers. And to keep everybody interested in, in the game, it's important right. for us to do these kind of projects. and you know, Which people... results in a noise like... Oh. Oh. It's very different than mine. Matt needs to write a book on management. <laughs> you mean hiring talent? B- what? Nothing. Oh, I mean, I'm just okay, saying. Go ahead. <laughs> is that the same? Is management the it's same? It's the same as, as management, yes. Gotcha. Continue. It's compensatory with the salary fluctuations. That's probably true, too. Actually, that leads me to a, a final question before we need to move on yeah. to some fun and games and, and drinking, for God's sake. I feel like we're marginally sober. Really? What? Um, yeah, you gauging by me? Well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad thing. I, this is a serious question, though. Many brewers who are uh, less successful than you have been in, in competition and, and, and selling great beer and really turning a brewery around have left companies to open their own brewery. Mm. I'm leaving. I'm, I'm successful. I, I'm out of here. How has Firestone kept you? I mean, they, you, uh, <clears throat> you're kind of the heart of, of Firestone, but... I, I do mean this as a good question. You know what I'm talking about. Other brewers are like, you know what? I'm I'm doing great. I want to own my own place. I'm out of here. I'm going right. to do it. David why Walker, are you Why are you still at Firestone? David Walker gives a hell of a hand job. <laughs> Ooh, I wow. do want the real answer. The why why know, are you still? I should be doing this interview. I know the answer. I don't want you to leave Firestone because I'm a Firestone fanboy. But I am curious how they've kept you. Well, it's never been my dream to own my own brewery. Number one. Okay. So that's that. That was. I mean, I'd be interested if the right opportunity presented itself. However, now that things have happened as they have at Firestone about three or four years ago, um, Adam and David asked me uh, if I would be willing to become a partner. Okay. So, oh, wow. Um, and I think it's all about those guys and you know how they run a business and how they culture a business. And yeah. they both see it as more than just a paycheck. In fact, I don't think either of those guys have ever taken a paycheck. I think that... It's all about building something that's a little greater than what they could do wow. um, otherwise. And, and Adam's been very successful in other businesses. So has David. They've both been immensely sex, sex, successful in other businesses. And yeah. I think they, they recognized what the craft brewing industry was all about. And it's about people. It's about talent. It's not just about me. I think it's about our entire team. But I think they saw that as you know one of the linchpins in the overall organization was to make sure that you know, every what, what does every brewery, successful brewery have? It has a capable brewmaster. Yeah. And rather than let me go do my own thing, uh, they kind of, you know, offered me something that would yeah. keep me at home. I always say it's the golden handcuffs, but it's more than that. I mean, I really love what I'm doing. I love our team. And uh, they presented a, you know, an opportunity that I wouldn't have anywhere else. And That's awesome, I feel man. like I'm an owner. Excellent. I yeah. have a, a say in what we do on a, on a daily basis. And it, it has meaning. And and I, now, to be honest with you, now my goal is to keep the team together, the band together, so to speak. And our whole management team, um, with one exception, has been with the program for more than 10 years. Oh, that's great. That's that's really cool, man. So you're saying that, that everything feels better when you feel like you're part of the action, right? <laughs> I mean, as he stares that I'm way. sure your work improved, and I'm sure your personality improved. But there's actually action. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the... Yeah. I mean, there's action, but it, it, it really has <laughs> you know, nothing I think, I think to do with a lesson the, there for nothing to do with the paycheck. You you know yes. the breweries without mentioning any names. Yeah, seem like to be they have a revolving door, and all this talent leaves, and they go on to do you know. 
greater things which ultimately compete with their yeah. interests. And um, so I think there's really something to be said for taking care of your people, culturing you know, a team atmosphere, and making it worthwhile. And usually it doesn't take that much. It's not about money. It's it's the full package of having right. creative control is more important to me than anything. So. And that you're part of the deal. Yeah. And and I asked that question knowing, uh, you know, not only that you're such an integral part of, of the brewery, but that... But that I'd feel the same as Adam, too. And I'd go, what do I have to do to, to keep you here? Because I don't think we're Firestone without Matt. Well, and since it wasn't your dream to start your own brewery in the first place, I'm assuming their, them approaching you wasn't spawned by anything. It just kind of, was it out of the blue? Did it surprise you? Uh, you know, I think, just think that we've built a good relationship. And I feel as lucky as hopefully they do that, you know, we sealed the deal and it went like this. Let me let me answer for him. It went like this, Moscow. Yeah, how'd it go? Matt came in one Monday morning, you know, sometime shortly after the Great American Beer Festival. And he said, oh, hey. With the re- golds around his neck. Remember that time four days ago when we won Mid-Sized Craft Brewery of the Year for the fourth time in a fucking row? Um, Too right, I do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to lunch, and, and when I come back, you're going to tell me how much of the company I own. <laughs> And, By the uh, way, your parking spot's mine. Yeah. Your Maserati's mine. Otherwise, and anyway, know, Avery I, and Goose Island, those guys are waiting for me to call them back. Exactly. Yeah, right. And so, anyway, I'll see you guys. I'm, I got to go get Togos. But, uh, <laughs> can I, ba- can I get you something? Yeah, I'll get you. want like a... I'll no bring, mayo, right? You want like a number 17 or something? Because I'll bring it back. The, the turkey club's on special today. Yeah. yeah. And, uh... For the side of Crow. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, by the way, maybe on my way back, I'm going to trade in a car, and I'm probably going to get like a Maserati. Uh, I'll be putting it on the company credit card, but it's cool. Um, Unless you want my Geo, because yeah. they're good on gas. Meanwhile, he was wearing the medals all over. <laughs> yeah, he, sure. he actually walked in with the GAF medals around his neck, naked, with the Merkin on. He went to the bar and took all the ones hanging up. With just a Merkin. He says, hey, dude, do uh, you seen my Firkin? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I th- so... Moscow, to answer your question, that's how it went. That was it. Okay, I got a good mental picture now. Yeah. It is a good question because there's. I think we've had this conversation several times whenever we're out in public drinking a beer, a Firestone beer. It's like, what, 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 what is Firestone without without Mad? There's yeah. such a there's such a, a flavor and such a you know instantly it's a Firestone beer. And I don't know how, especially anybody coming into that position. How how do you continue? You can only really you don't. I don't know. You can only really continue it, but it's like, what do you change? It, it, everything is moving in, in the right direction. Here's how the conversation goes to the person taking Matt's place. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got that too. I was, I, was I saw into yeah. the future, yeah. and uh, here's how it goes. So Matt's left the company, and uh, <laughs> here's what happens. Um, somebody like me comes in and goes, um, uh, um, "Hey guys, so I've I've been a fan of Matt's for a long. I really like Firestone beer and." You know, I've been brewing over at Goose Island for a while. Uh, I'm in a shift brewer and everything, but I really understand Third what shift. he's what he's doing with the barrels. And I, I saw that he won some medals, and I think I can. I think I have. I think I have what it takes to really take you guys to the next level. He just—it's all in the voice, right? right. Oh, I, yeah. I got a whole different take on that. It's going to be the new guy comes. He goes. All right, so I'm here. So I got all these new ideas. I'm going to do this. <laughs> I'm fresh uh, you know idea what? Guys. I got some. I, I can freshen up this place. I'm going to do this. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Hey, you know, Pivo pills. What if we call it Mevo pills? Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> because it's, I know what I'm doing. You know, I can change it. Just, I can tweak that thing. Just, yeah. just enough. It's going to go over the top. Sure, we've done pale, and, we've done oatmeal stout, we've done IPA. But how about Schwartz beer? Yeah. So, um, you know what's better than double barrel ale? Triple, triple barrel, barrel ale. ale. So I'm what? Gonna, 
I'm gonna go out for I'll some. I'll just move into Matt's office now. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go out for some tocos. You guys think about <laughs> I this. Got an idea. What about you, you get Imperial back to me, Jack? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you mean it's Sully that shows up for the job? Um, <laughs> and they're gonna say, it. "Okay, dude, you got you got all the rain you want. You could do anything you want because you know what? It's, it's Firestone. We like, free rain. Just keep everything the same." How about Nookie Jack? You know that band from the '90s? <laughs> I did it all for the Nookie Jack. We'll do it like that. That's the guy yeah. who comes in for your job, Matt. You say you'll have. They go. You'll have free rain when Matt leaves, and you go. Well, rain is free anyway. It comes from the sky. Do I have right. the job or what? All right, we need to move on to a couple other things. Matt Brittleson, I hope you'll stay with us for a little while. Thank you for being on the program and talking yes. beer. Thank you Thank very you, much, buddy. Yeah. I feel like we've redeemed ourselves, you know, since the drunk show. I feel like I can stop apologizing to you every time I see you now. No, you haven't. No, no still, did I have the key. For, speaking of the drunk show, did you forget about the caller? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what does he want? What do you want? A uh, question about hot varieties? All right. Line That's one. Typed. Uh, Mike, from Wa- Mike from Washington wants That's to uh, uh, talk to you about hot varieties. Mike. Yo. You got a question for Matt here? Hey, thanks for waiting. I appreciate that. <laughs> I did. I, uh, I do appreciate it. I just was wondering, um, all these new hot varieties out there. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to really realize the flavor of those. Is a good way to do that to kind of, I hate to say the word randalize the beer, but is a good way to do that to kind of maybe uh, dry hop some, not dry hop, but kind of randalize some light beer? And is that a good way to get those flavor profiles of those hops? What do you think, Matt? I actually think it's a pretty good idea, and I think that you want to, you know, create a scientific experiment where you do the same thing to every beer. Um, we will pull kegs of our blonde ale aside and dry hop those individually, and then assess the quality of those hops that way. Yep. Um, the Randall, of course, you're introducing oxygen. You're using whole leaf hop. I don't know if that's what you're planning on doing for all your brews. So just make sure that whatever you do, you you look at it critically and. And, and, and do it in a quality way. But, yeah, I think the, the general concept is fine. All right, there you go. Sip, I think, is his name in the chat room. Send JP an email, jp at thebrewerynetwork.com. He's going to send you a prize, something similar to a... A, uh, well, depending on his size, how about a being hoodie? There you go. Hoodie? Send him a hoodie. What does sip stand for? I don't know. Sucking I didn't want to ask. I felt like we should quit while we were ahead. <laughs> All right, we've got to get on to our first game of the evening called Find the Fake, where JP is going to read us how many stories? Uh, Four stories. All right, should we take callers for this? Yeah. Just get people on the line. We'll take four callers. Uh, Matt, you're going to have to play, and uh, you're going to be playing for a caller. You can probably collaborate. 888-401-BEER. Call us up right now. 888-401-BEER. You'll all get a prize. We'll give a a grand prize to the the winner, and we'll help you play. Uh, It's going to be uh, JP cannot play. I cannot play. Because he's reading the stories. Uh, Matt will be uh, one of the people that you're playing with. Uh, (laughs) Let's go uh, Tasty. Uh, uh, do we want Doc or Moscow? I'm looking at you both, and mm. it's not a pretty picture. Uh, <laughs> I think Doc's going to be a little more fun. It's going to be Doc and me, <laughs> so we'll do four triple eight four zero one beer call up right now. Bevo's taking your phone calls. It's going to be uh, Brindleson, Tasty, Doc, and me competing for you. You'll get to help us out, and we'll give somebody a prize. JP, uh, how does the game work? Uh, well, I'm glad you asked that question, Justin. I have four stories from the news. Yeah. Three are true. One am not true. 
Find the one that be not true. Sounds easy enough. While we're waiting for our callers, I want to let you know that uh, Nicole Ernie, who is here tonight, uh, our good friend uh, Sean O'Sullivan, uh, and also our friend Jay Brooks over at the Brooks and Beer Bulletin, are all going to be on KQED's forum tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. That's KQED Radio. And they're talking about the year in beer. It's 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. So that's pretty cool. Uh, a local radio yeah. station, KQED, is doing a full hour of a beer segment Monday morning from 10 to 11 a.m., which is a pretty good time slot. All right. talking about the year in beer 2013. It was a great year. That's and our good. friends Nicole Sully and Jay Brooks are all on the panel. Yeah. So. that's. Uh, I, should, I should have my own show about my year in beer. Freaking amazing. I would like to know that show. Would you oh, include God. your sexcapades? That's, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That is his year in beer. Well, <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't happen without beer. Right. Would you, it's all about beer. In your tell-all book, Whoa, uh, wait, wait, Tasty. It's not going to get too many details. Well, that's what I want to know. In your My tell-all publisher book, is not gonna wanna, would not, you not, name names? or you? Or, no, they'd be an alias. Because there's no money in not naming names. Well, there's no money in names. There's no more sex if he names names. Well, okay. that's true, but it's going to stop working the home eventually. Brewer, this is going to be the home brewer, so they, they don't care. I see. Well, they don't read, so. All right, well, I'm just trying to help you out in your retirement, Tasty. All right, if you well, when I, okay, when I get serious about this, I'll talk to, I'll, me. I'll talk to you. We have to figure out which names are appropriate to name. Yeah, I mean, it'll be obvious in a lot of cases. <laughs> Especially if they're, never mind. Well, that's great for them. That's uh, that's NPR's Bay Area affiliate, KQED. That's right. That's yeah, good. that's pretty cool. They're going to be there, I say, Monday morning? That's great and, for them. Well, that's perfect for Nicole because there's no chance NPR will ever offend her. They all agree with each other. I have promised a hundred times I'll never come back. Here I am. Yeah. 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 That's because you know that you're supposed to be offended, but you're not. Right. Also, plug my next appearance. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> a- NPR will back all of those opinions up. Just wait. Anyway, KQED's Forum, which is a great program, the year in beer, uh, Monday morning, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. with Nicole, Sully, and Jay Brooks. It looks like we have our four callers on the line. Let's meet them. Moscow, help me out uh, on a point perspective. I need you to write these people down. Yeah. Tell me who's winning. We'll go to line one first. We've got Dan from Minnesota. Dan, what's happening? I'm much taking it easy. You're going to enjoy the week off. All right, Dan, I'm going to pair you up with Matt Brennelson. I'm from Minnesota. Yes, go. sir. All right. From Richfield, correct? That is correct. Two Minnesotans are going to uh, play together on the uh, Guest of Fake. All right. Hang in there for a second, Dan, will you? Find the fake. All right. Yeah. Let's go to Mike from Washington. Mike, what's happening? Hey, hey. All right, Mike. Turn your radio down, your computer, whatever. Uh, I'm going to pair you up with Tasty. Will that work? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Mike from Washington <laughs> is playing with Tasty. Uh, all right. Warden from Iowa. Warden, guess what? You get Doc. Who? What? Me? Yeah, you get Doc. <laughs> huh? Woo! Hey, Doc. Hey, buddy. That's Blobber Glob. How I you num- doing? They called out of order. Oh, Uh-oh. I see. Oh, sorry. Blobby has Doc. Hi, Blobby. This is line three is Blob. Hi, Doc. Yeah, line... Uh, no. Uh, Love you in a yeah. man way. Line three, right? I like yeah, how, line three is Blobby. I, I like how they My called out of order. because I'm yelling. Okay, because you're all the way well, over on the other side of the country. Is line four? I know, I have to yell, don't I? Yes, you do. Line four is Weak Warden. Okay. Weak Warden, guess what? You're stuck with me, buddy. Okay. We're going to kick ass. I got Doc. (laughs) 
<laughs> Although I think I was real bad at this game last week. Yeah, well. All right, so we've got our contestants. The deal is JP is going to read us how many fake stories? Four. How, uh, many, well, how many stories? <laughs> Four Three. stories. One, one of them's real. One is re- uh, one is fake. Got it. Three are. Don't fucking <laughs> confuse me on my own shitty game. Okay. Four stories. One is fake. All right, read us the stories. All right, this one is called uh, Roll Up That Beer. By now, we've all heard a certain homebrew celebrity chef extolled the virtues of adding beer as a flavoring component to food, but one company has taken this to an all-new level. Ted's Cigars out of Kentucky has partnered with the beer billionaire Jim Koch of Sam Adams to produce a premium cigar infused with Utopius. The price... Of the two, uh, excuse me, the pricey two hundred dollar bottle of beer booze is actually used in the making of this hand rolled cigar, creating a delectable fit. Cigars and craft beer, particularly a complex brew like Utopius, have more in common than most people would imagine and complement each other quite well, says Ted of Ted Cigars. Okay, and Ted says cigars. and says us. We did the the cigar and beer pairing show a few years ago. Remember? True. That's yeah. true. What's the next one? Uh, the next one is called "That's Racist." I think. <laughs> Cape Town, South Africa, is having a crisis of faith, creed, race, and everything else. The town's draft liquor law—excuse uh, me, dra- uh, the town's draft liquor bylaws—currently allow only one champagne. Ex- wow, I'm screwing this one up. Right, Ralph. Um, uh, yeah, You're dr- drunk on Firestone I've anniversary beer. You deserve it. You're never mind. <laughs> you are die. A piece of shit. <laughs> Uh, it's your last night. South Africa is having a crisis of faith, creed, race, and everything else. The town's draft liquor bylaws currently allow only champagne to be ordered from a bar or restaurant before 11 in the morning. No other booze is permitted to be poured. However, at a special meeting of the Economic, Environmental, and Planning Portfolio Committee on Tuesday, counselors were told that the draft bylaw dealing with the sale of liquor did not accommodate all cultural groups. A motion to extend the definition to cover all types of alcohol will go to the mayor for a final vote next month. All right. Cultural groups. Number three. Uh, Number three is called Please Don't Get Up. For disabled veterans and our close personal friend, Sean Paxton, life can be filled with struggles. Thankfully for the former, there's a new company opening its doors called Pints for Patriots. Thanks, Matt, for the laugh. Located in Colorado Springs, the startup beer delivery service will bring locally craft beer, uh, crafted beer to your home, provided you are a vet and have troubles getting out of the house. I think it's a great way to serve our nation's veterans, says Bob Shoemaker of the Pints for Patriots CEO and founder. These men and women have enough to overcome without feeling left out of the craft beer movement. <laughs> Shoemaker cut his teeth on several of Colorado's small microbreweries before deciding on this new business venture. I can't think of a better thing for PTSD than home delivery alcohol. <laughs> right? I really can't. It's a real solution to a real problem. That's yeah, great. Yeah. Absolutely. And last but not least, you malty dog. Two beer-loving entrepreneurs in Massachusetts have turned their passion for supporting local beer into something unique, a malting company. Andrea and Christian Stanley opened Valley Malt in 2010 to some rave reviews from local breweries who use their malt. C.J. Taralt, the founder of Trillium Brewing, says having a local maltster means he can brew farm-style beer in the city. What they produce is truly different than what you can get from the big shops, Taralt says. There's a kind of unique rusticity to their malt that you just can't otherwise get, and it works perfectly with the type of beers we're trying to create that we wouldn't otherwise be able to do. Valley Malt will produce 250 million pounds of locally grown and malted grain. That's enough for 2 million pints of beer. Uh, What what state was that in? Uh, That was um, New York. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Massachusetts. I thought it was Vermont. 
Uh, that's incorrect. It's Massachusetts, the yes. malting company? That's correct. Okay. All right, we've got our four stories, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, callers, you're going to get to play along with each of your uh, coinciding uh, brewcasters. All right, uh, we'll go to Matt Brennelson first, uh, or unless you'd like me to start somewhere else, but you what seem you think, to man? be on top of these things. Um, <laughs> these I haven't any of these stories. You know. Uh, I'll I'll run down the stories for you. Uh, of course, you're playing with uh, who's his who's his listener? Oh, that was uh, was that uh, Dan, Minnesota? All right, you bet, you bet, yeah. All right, Dan, feel free to chime in. Here's what you got. Uh, story number one: uh, Sam Adams Utopius is now making a cigar. Uh, story number story number two: um, It's a only champagne is allowed to be served before 11 a.m., but they need to uh, reevaluate the, the laws to make sure it's across the board. Number three, uh, craft beer for veterans. And uh, number four, a malting company in Massachusetts. Which one is the fake, Brindleson? And why? I can't work with my uh, my partner. You can. Yeah. Can, yeah. Yeah. can we collaborate? Yeah, go yeah, ahead. We can uh, collaborate. He's I known think, for collaboration. Uh, the cigar is for real. Uh, that's probably a real one. Uh, the Pines for Patriots, I would think, is real. I think it's between the second and the fourth one, really. Well, I think number four is possible. You think malting you in think, is there mass? Is, mass? Okay. So, so the champagne at 11 a.m., you think that's the fakey? I think it's either number one or number two myself, actually. I, I think number one's pretty believable. I can see that. You know, they're doing cognac and all that crap with cigars. Why not beer? But, okay. Uh, I, I think number two is pretty good. Can we agree on that? Yep. Sounds fine to me. All right. They say Let's number two is the fake. Please, Moscow. Uh, moving on to Tasty, and you're playing with Mike from Washington. Mike, what are. do you think? I just I don't think uh, number one's realistic. I think the tobacco and alcohol. I think uh, billionaire Jim Cook doesn't want to risk his money. Okay. Tasty, what do you think? Is anybody sober at Mike's place? (laughs) (laughs) Not Mike. (laughs) Carry on. Here's what I think. I think it's uh, either three or four. Okay. I I really doubt Massachusetts... Great place for growing grain and malt with malt and malt and actually malting. Yeah, like oh. not only just malting, but maybe that's coming from Canada. Oh. Um, Two hundred and fifty million bunch. pounds. That's a lot. Yeah, a lot, uh, but at the same time, I don't see how the pints for patriots uh, thing would fly. That just seems like, uh, and you know, those guys have left issues without being uh, <laughs> home delivery. It does seem like there's a lot of things we could deliver to their house that are non-alcoholic, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. free healthcare. But yeah. wasn't it in Colorado? How about, Coke, how about like, Coke, oh, Coke for corporals so. or something? You know, like I mean, Colorado, <laughs> these guys Colorado, good, Colorado you know? is recreational. I'm saying, it, I'm saying, in fact, it is number three. That's bullshit. Right? Okay. Uh, Buds for bruisers. Uh, so <laughs> pints for patriots is not. Possible. So Mike, uh, so, Tasty says number Make three is the fake. You say number one is the fake. What do you think? I'm going to defer to uh, the wisdom of Tasty and go with number three. All right, smart guy, Mike. Glad All right, up there. Uh, Doc, <laughs> Sam, Ad- uh, Doc is playing uh, with Blobby. Blobber. Yeah, well, let's is. go to Blobby first, shall we? It's probably better. <laughs> Blobby, glooby, gloop, uh, no. glop, gleep, glop. What do you think? No, all I can think is uh, when I heard the uh, the story of the Patriots and the and staying at home is all I could do is sing a song. <laughs> so uh, it's not the time. So Doc, uh, I need your input because I'm drunk. 
Okay, cool. Or sing a song. I thought you were sing a song for us. Yeah, or both. While you painted up your lips and rolled up and rolled your curled and tinted hair. Ruby, are you contemplating going out somewhere? Well, this is a oh, Ruby! Is this a your love to tell? Is this a helix song? Ruby. Go ahead, keep it going. Don't take your love to tell. Who doesn't like a good Kenny Rogers song? Come on. I don't know. Yeah! Alright, uh, now which one do you think is fake, Loop? Uh, uh, me? Yeah. Well, yeah, you're part of this whole group thing between me and you, so. Oh, my. Hi, Doc. Hi, buddy. Jesus. <laughs> uh, which one I think is fake? So, um, um, uh, Africa, there's no mention of what country it is, right? South Africa. Cape Town, South Africa. Doc, which one do you think is fake? Uh, I'm with Tasty. I think it's between three and four. Okay. And uh, four is... Probably, I don't like the numbers there. That's a lot of grain to be a small maltster. And, yeah, it sounds really stupid, you know, giving pints to to patriots. But it's, it's just crazy enough to be true. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I think four is the bullshitty one. All right, Bloob. He's going with uh, malting in uh, Valley Malt in Massachusetts. What do you think? You want to go with that or no? Approve. All right. Going for it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, week warden, that leaves you and me, buddy. Yeah. You have an opinion here? You want to express what you think about these four stories? Well, Valley Malting was at NHC talk, giving a talk. Obviously, nobody went to that. Not a boy. That's <laughs> my boy. All right. Was, All right. Was that the early morning talk? Well done. Uh, it wasn't too early. I made it. Okay. You had no trouble I, I finding a seat. It, it's either, I think it's probably the Pines for Patriots. That doesn't sound right either. Given uh, guys with PTSD, a bunch of booze <laughs> at home. But uh, either that or South Africa, one or the other. Yeah, I'm having trouble with Pines for Patriots, too. I'm also having trouble with South Africa, um, mostly because JP had trouble reading it. So, well, yeah. Uh, but yeah, well. I but mean, those South Africans, you know, there's some. Some pretty aristocratic people. I still don't. The problem I'm having is that I still don't think I understand the this story of South Africa. Yeah. It, so it's basically <laughs> he recapped it. Uh, basically, it's there's other religious and cultural groups that want alcohol before 11 a.m. But they can only get champagne. Other and they than don't mimosas. Want champagne. Oh, you, all right then. Okay, with that so clarification, it, in order to appeal to every single cultural and, and religious group, they're they're trying to open. Uh, the taps, so to speak. Since when does any country in Africa care about appealing to all cultural and religious well, that, groups? Well, that's the whole idea is that they want to do that Let's now. Let's move ours back to that one. Mm. Mandela. I see. <laughs> I'll make the one South Africa reference I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, Go ahead. I'll tell you what, Week Warden, I'm with you on the beer on the pints for Patriots, too. I'm, I'm super skeptical about the South Africa one, too, but uh, if we... I don't know. If we find consensus on the Pines for Patriots, I'm willing to go with that. What do you think? Yeah, let's go with that. All right, we're calling Pines for Patriots the fake one because, let's face it. We're all losing. These these people are in trouble. There are, I mean, I can, well, okay, never mind. Who's the fake, JP? 
Well, I will say that uh, thanks to Ted and uh, beer billionaire Jim Codge, which I, I love calling him now beer billionaire Jim yeah. Codge, um, we will now be able to smoke Utopias with our, drinking our Utopias, those of us who can afford I both. like that. Yeah, yes. that's great. I can't afford it, but we tend to find some for free every now and then. Yeah, it's nice that way. It's better uh, free. Yes, and I will also, I uh, would like to say that everybody in Cape Town, South Africa, who enjoys imbibing before 11 a.m. will now get their cultural, religious, and personal needs met if the uh, the true, correct, uh, not made up name of the sm- uh, the economic, environmental, and planning portfolio committee has their way. Okay, yes. that's Smeagol. also true. Wonderful. So now it's between um, the Pints for Patriots and the Valley Malt. Week Warden, we got this company. Dun, dun, dun. I will say that uh, in the state of Massachusetts, they are indeed producing 250 million pounds of locally grown malted uh, grain and barley. Well, that deserves an applause in itself. That's fantastic. So, yes, in fact, disabled veterans are not getting beer delivered to their homes. Right, because there's enough things going on. They're getting hookers delivered already. Um, What do they need? Crap beer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that means that Tasty and Mike and Justin and Week Warden uh, both guessed it correctly. All right, then. Uh, we'll get my T-shirt. Mike and Week Warden will win prizes. Send an email what? to JP at thebrewingnetwork dot com. He's going to send you some cool. Uh, swag. Someone gets a glass scrubby thing, and someone gets two Northern Brewer pine glasses. It's not I tasty. Love it. You hey, get nothing. By the way, also Blobby, send us an email. You will get a prize of a lesser uh, uh, domain. And Dan, yes. fuck it, so will you too. You're going to get a hat or something. Right, well, like no. Everybody's getting something. That's yeah. great. Yay, blogger. Dan gets a two and a half. Yeah, shit away. Emails to JP at thebrewingnetwork.com. Wonderful uh, uh, competition there. Thank you. Uh, we, we have another round if you if you would like to play that. No. Okay. Mm, really? Nah. I think we have a whole other game, right? That's what I meant, yeah. Like, I mean, of another game. Oh, yeah, but you wanted me to have two rounds ready, and I did. I stayed up real late. I'm glad you did that, and, you know, we're going to save that for 2014. You're a motherfucker. I mean, assuming you make it to 2014, we're going to play that game. Precious moments of his life that you wasted. (laughs) My heart can't take that again. Did you make the game since finding out you had cancer or before? Uh, Both. You did. He crossed over. Well, I I, I stopped I halfway through. Well, he did the first round. He thought he had cancer, so he made sure he did the. Second yeah, that'll round. tend to kill your momentum for doing a lot of shit. Really? Yeah, a little bit. I thought you were. I think it's been lacking a little bit. It has, but hopefully, <laughs> once the thyroid's gone and my hormones are under control, all my work will be better. Assuming you live and you'd be a better That's human true. being for it. Well, let's not get too <laughs> out of control. <laughs> let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to play Guess That Christmas Holiday Tune. And we'll need four more callers, 888-401-BEER, and then we're going to wrap things up and get out of here. But not before we drink more. We'll be back. It's the session. You're listening to The Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on The Brewing Network. Wooly, I'm beat. Can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while? You're beat? I've been swinging through this forest for 50 years, ever since we... Ever since we first escaped from the circus. I know, I know, but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose, hairy girls. Mark, we stop. Look! What is that? 
looks like a man-made treehouse with fresh food and craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. Creek Monkeys drink free. <laughs> awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Swing on in to the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House, online at creekmonkey.com. A few things happened 30 years ago. ARPANET migrated to TCPIP and the internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and Bruin brother Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit the store in Dublin, California and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com. Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like AHA member deals that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more. Zymer G Magazine and E. Zymergy for tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love, and access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. What'd you get? More brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is... Awesome! No, I'm... Yes, but... The cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
What does craft beer mean to you? Is it a delicious way to support your town's local brewer? Or perhaps it's the perfect beverage to pair with those delicious meals at your favorite restaurant and at home. Regardless of whether you're thinking of pints or pairings, pilsners or porters, craftbeer.com is the site where craft beer lovers come together to learn and share. Craftbeer.com is brought to you by the Brewers Association and celebrates the best of American craft beer and its brewers. Craftbeer.com is the best place to find craft beer events, recipes, great feature stories, the most up-to-date brewery listings, and resources for your next beer tasting or dinner, like style guidelines, pairing mats, and charts. Get the inside scoop on new beer releases and special events from today's craft beer insiders and chime in to share your own knowledge, perfect pairings, road trips, recipes, and more. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. One of the last things many brewers try to master is the ingredient that makes up most of their beer, water. Brewers Publications is pleased to announce Water, a comprehensive guide for brewers of all levels by how-to-brew author John Palmer and professional brewer Colin Kaminsky. Hi, I'm John Palmer. This book is the result of many years of asking the tough questions about water to professional brewers and brewing scientists, and we are very pleased with how it turned out. It's the first book that is solely about water treatment throughout the brewing process. The book is intended for all brewers, from home brewers for professionals and we hope you like it from how to read a water report to treating your wastewater and everything in between water is the comprehensive guide you've always wanted on brewing's least understood ingredient flavor contributions water chemistry and adjusting water to styles of beer john and colin will teach you everything you need to know water is available from brewerspublications.com and fine brewing booksellers near you take the mystery out of your brewing water visit brewerspublications.com for your copy of water today Wait till you can pour it out of your own kegerator. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your friends will look at you with awe. And, and it's stuff. just hot. It is? It's so super hot. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Because like beer... The, the last minutes of 2013 on the air. And the last yeah. minutes period for JP. Yeah. yeah. Oh, true. Guys. True. Is it still? It's not too, I mean. Remember when Schumann's dad died and. Yeah, we made jokes like right away. I didn't away. like it. Oh. <laughs> it's not. It's. I thought we were helping. I, I don't like it when you make fun of people who I like. Who are dying? And I have to actually. You like Schumann's admit dad? Admit that I like. I like Schumann's dad. I like JP. No, his wiener was real. Can small. I go fill up my glass? I don't know about Make his fun wiener. of Schumann's dad for like twenty seconds. I'm gonna go fill up my glass. <laughs> well, I do that. Make Karen go fill it for you. All right, real quick before we go, I need to mention our wonderful sponsor, Adam and Eve. Um, uh, Brace's wife, come sit down in this chair right here. We just lost uh, <laughs> right next to JP. Right uh, we just lost uh, Scott Moskowitz. He uh, used Nikki. Nikki. Yeah, it's on Nikki. Nikki, thank you. Nikki, you're gonna help us out with the Adam and Eve spot. Uh, oh, you, you poor thing. I'm sorry. Yeah, you don't know what you're in for. Uh, here, just uh, talk right into that. there. Put your mouth, put your mouth right, right against there, and just yeah. There you you mean, this is an audio thing. It has yeah. to be right there. Uh, Matt, you can just hang out for just one second, okay? We're busy. Give her some yeah. headphones. <laughs> yeah. She's headphones. Our wonderful sponsor... Don't leave. Jesus, get your ass back here. Our wonderful sponsor, AdamandEve.com. You can go to AdamandEve.com right now, and for a limited time only, you get uh, 50% off just about any one item 
and also you get free shipping. And also, you get uh, three free adult DVDs. Uh, and there's so many genres of adult DVDs that you can choose from. This is the best thing about the Adam and Eve deal. You can choose from genres such as... Anal Bukaki. That's... I'm pretty sure that... I'm pretty sure that's one. Well, I was, I was blending. I wouldn't know what to expect. I was, taking, I was taking a cue from this show, and I was blending my two favorites. And also... Sorry, what is your name once more? Nikki. Thank you. Uh, Nikki, also from genres such as... What's your favorite porn genre? Oh my goodness! Nicole's hating this. Oh, part that's of the show a good right one. Now. Oh my goodness! Oh, good, yeah. oh my goodness! All of them. <laughs> yeah. All right. I like the way she rolls. Best answer ever given. Uh, Moscow. It's what else? Busty. The only genre you should really need. <laughs> that's all you're busty looking for. Uh, tasty. Oh, uh, lesbian, of course. Lesbian's a good one. Yeah. Uh, Gloves. Oh, Nikki's nodding in approval over there. That's yeah. good. Nikki likes, likes Busty. Wonderful. I, I like them all. Likes them all. Uh, Gloves. <laughs> Go ahead. Fisting. Oh, I'm not sure. Oh, that goes under fetish. She no, like that it. would be taboo. I mean, oh, yeah, oh, there you go. So that's taboo. the genre. Thank you. Thank that's you. There. Taboo. Tab- yeah, yeah. Right. I, I mean, got this. Ta- I mean, taboo. <laughs> <Good>. Well done, <laughs> Doc. Oh, so I'm, I'm, I'm all in for the milf. 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 Yeah, Good sure. category. Good category. Yeah. All right. You can do that. Plus, you get a free gift so sensual we can't talk about on the air. And if you remember, uh, we, we talked about it last week. It, yeah. Apparently, it's a rotating gift. It, it's not it's, always the same. We don't know, so we can't say. Yeah. Like, yeah. sometimes rotating it's... Rotating uh, like it has batteries? Yeah. It's, it's just... Yeah. It's, no, it's, it's different But it's always something good. It's just different. Okay. Good. Uh, yeah. So, Nikki, have, uh, do you guys use any sort of sex toys in the bedroom? Oh Anything? Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, we have ordered from Adam and Eve. Yeah. Oh, you have ordered? Four, three oh, times. Wow. Did, Did you, you use the coupon code? Yes, we have. Oh, yes. very good. Can she tell us what her secret gift was? Well, yeah, what secret gifts did you get? Oh, goodness. I don't might, even remember. It might be too central. You were drunk when it. you received them. Yes, I was. <laughs> both <laughs> when they arrived in the mail and when I received them. <laughs> I just, yeah, both times. Both times. Uh, what did you order? Can we add even just oh, one gosh. item? Oh, um, Are you a lingerie or? I've ordered lingerie. I've ordered yeah. toys. I've, yeah, I've ordered it all. Okay. Did you, like did, monster trucks and shit. Did you, or figure, what? <laughs> did you figure out how to use yeah. that cock ring? We were worried about well, that last week. That. That's not her job. I don't, yeah, I don't, think how to use. She, I don't think she's the one who has to figure yeah, it out. I don't have to figure that out. Brace, yeah. my, you, you would figure out whether it worked or not. Brace, no. Yeah, did no. you figure out how to use the cock ring? Yes. Brace figured Brace it out. Nodding. Yeah, there you go. That's all that matters. It's like it's like wiring a home theater system. She doesn't need to know how no. to do it. <laughs> That's not my job. She gets to reap the benefits. <laughs> it's just that when you press play, it should work. Shit works. Exactly. All right. Thank you for playing, Nikki. Well. Go to adamneve.com right now. Use coupon code BNARMY. I would thank like to thank you very much. I would like to way. take this opportunity to point out to any potential future sponsors how valuable the live read is. See? Look at the... You never know when the listeners' hot wives are going to be in here to give your brand the exposure it deserves. The boost That's that right. it needs, the firmness that it desires. <laughs> I do feel so, like we go the extra mile for our live reads. We, really, are, we really do. Our live reads so how about a coupon code, N-I-C-K-Y, I think would, would do really well. I think it's N-I-K-K. Oh, I could probably make think. Our live reads are the cock rings for Adam. It's all about the validation. Is it two Ks? You, right. are, you either really are from the desert or you're a stripper. Or you like poison a lot. <laughs> or maybe <laughs> Nikki Six? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you for playing. You're welcome. Uh, in the meantime, it's time for our last game of the year. Uh, we've got four callers uh, on I'll, the line. I'll plug it in. Once again, uh, this time we're playing uh, Name That Holiday Tune. 
Yeah, I think you remember that we played it last year. Yes. And essentially what happens is that Moscow has prepared several holiday tunes. Yes. We've made a slight variation, whereas everybody was competing against JP last year. We're going to do the same uh, version that we did with the uh, Guess the Fake, uh, Find the Fake story, where you're going to play with a brewcaster. And what we're going to do is we're going to place a bet on how long it takes us to... uh, Name the tune. Right. Just like the old game show. So you'll guess ahead of time. You know, I can name that tune in eight seconds. And yeah. then, you know, you will keep sort of negotiating until somebody says, name that tune. All right. Well, let's meet our contestants. Uh, looks like first we have uh, B from Michigan. B, what's happening? Not much. Hi, B. Come on, come Hello. on. Oh, yeah. Hi, B. Hey, what's up? Nice to have you I on. I got abandoned. I was on hold for like 12 minutes. I know. It took a little while. Sorry. Um, That's 12 minutes you'll never get back. All right, B. Not only were you on hold for 12 minutes, but your uh, brewcaster partner is JP. What's oh. up, B? Oh, hell yeah. He's the killer of Christmas songs. Yeah, as you I'm know. I'm beast. You remember from last He's year? That's wonderful, I right? think we buffed him last year. Yeah, Shut we did. the fuck up. There was a lot of self-proclamation, but not a lot of substance. Just saying. Well, you guys are dicks. All right, let's go to Bragheim from Indiana. Bragheim, what's happening? Uh, not much, man. How are you doing? We're doing very well. Guess what, Bragheim? Uh, your partner in crime is going to be Matt Brinelson from Firestone Walker. Lucky you. Let's get Sounds it done. Sounds great. All right. And He's really excited. I love this turn of events in my oh, life. We've got a local from our uh, from our new tap house, a local from Concord, California, Orange Brew. What's happening? Orange Brew. Hey. There he is. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I had the volume down. Yeah, that's right. He's out on the payphone punching nickels and quarters. <laughs> He's actually at our new location in Concord. He's standing at the hop grenade. It looks closed. There's yeah. a payphone there. Before the hostel closed, we need to get this game you going. Go? He's, I love the new Where'd location. You guys go? <laughs> I can hear you, but I don't see you. Orange Brew, so why are you in Concord, but you're not here in the studio with us? Honestly, man. I have no legs. <laughs> yeah, but he's got beer coming to his house. That's fair. Yeah, I'm waiting for a shot. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, my wife is uh, in the house watching the sound of music, so I'm out in the garage hiding out. All right. Oh. Orange Brew, I'm going to give Good you job. your choice of brewcasters. You can either have Tasty, Bevo, or Doc on your team. Who do you want? I'll go with Tasty. All right, going with Tasty. That's Orange Brew. And finally, let's go uh, with Pies calling in all the way from Australia. What time is it there? Hey, Pies. Hello. Just got attacked by a kangaroo. (laughs) (laughs) And boy, my arm's tired. Hello, are you there? Yeah, we're here. Hey, Pies, can you hear us? Yeah, hang on one sec. (laughs) Okay, yeah, we'll just be right here. You've been getting ready while you're that kangaroo away. Hi, Hi, Pies. Hi, Pies. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi, Pies. Are you on the other side of the world? Why does Pies have eight phones that he has to... (laughs) Hello. I think he's he's busy falling down the stairs. (laughs) Pies, can you hear us or not? Because I got to jump. I got to dump you. Yes, I can hear you. There we go. All right, Pies. I can hear you. Hello. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I fucking hello. I know. Who's this? I I know. Hello. Like I'm on an episode of that fucking uh, New Zealand show. Did you? Oh, Lord of the Rings? No. Brew dogs. 
What are the Concord? Thank you, Pies. Oh. Yeah, thank you. At least Pies knows why I'm making fun of him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hello. Um, yeah, no, we're here. No, no oh. because I was on I was on hold, but I couldn't hear what was going on, so I had to put on the put on the app to hear if I could you know, what was going on, and then all of a sudden you're talking to me, and I'm like, oh, how do I get out of this app? Hello. So hello. um. Hello. 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 Pies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Pies, you have your choice uh, for a partner between Bevo, Doc, and myself. Who do you want? Um, what are we playing? <laughs> Pies, you're killing me. You should go Bevo, because uh, Christmas songs are multiple. I was, on, I, was on, I was on hold. I couldn't hear what was going on. We're, uh, we're playing. It's Name That Christmas Tune. With your partner, you're going you're gonna to bet uh, how many seconds it's going to take you to guess the tune. Before ever knowing what the tune is. Bevo. All right, take yeah. it, Bevo. I say good choice. Yeah, yeah I say good choice, yeah, too. Yeah, that's a good choice. This might be terrible, Pies. All right, uh, who's keeping score here? Jippy? All right, there we go. Uh, Moscow? Well, let me ask you this before we start, because I got, I got crap from this uh, last year. Yeah. I started at the beginning of the song last year, and JP was like, oh, no, you should just pick a, a sort of random spot in the middle of the song. So, I should I that. pick a random spot, yes. or should I start from the beginning? I think random, random spot. Yeah, yeah, random spot. Okay. All right, but the first thing we have to do is go around the room and take bets from our teams uh, for how many seconds they can guess the song, knowing that Moscow is going to pick a random spot, and then you have to guess the song. That's right. JP, your contestant is... B. B. What's up, B? Killer B? Uh, What do you got, Killer B? How many seconds do you think you can guess the song in, B? What do you think? JP can do it in 1.1 seconds. You're a motherfucker. <laughs> one second? Well, you I was asking chime you. In. You can chime in, JP. Well, I was asking you, uh, do you know Christmas uh, things at all? Are you a Christmas person? Well, are you lonely? I don't know because our judge is a Jew, but um, I'm going to go. Well, I can well, do it in two. There's no judging. It's either you get it or you don't. Right. Well, and that leaves no room for anybody else to wager because we're at one second. What, what's yeah. someone going to say? Yeah, I'll, say second? I'll say neither. Uh, I'll say neither okay, but they could do that. Yeah, we yes, could you do can. it. Yes, you can. You can do it. So if it, do you know? Do you know things? And stuff. Um, and I'm stuff. decent, but can we renegotiate? Like, let's say we bet first. Can we, can no, we get no. the last bet? Let's say, let's, no. straight up. What do you no. think? Uh, three, okay. three seconds? I, I was thinking three. That's perfect. Okay. All right. Uh, Matt Brinelson, you have uh, Braghelm from Indiana. Can you do it in less than three seconds? If not, it's all right. We just move on. And Bragg, you should chime in here as well. I, I wouldn't bet on this horse. Okay. Can you name a, a, a Christmas tune in less than three seconds of hearing it? 3.7. So oh, not no. less than three. How about 2.7? Can you do that? <laughs> Let's do it. All right. There you go. All right. All right. My boy. 2.7. Uh, moving on to Tasty, who has Orange Brew from Concord. Can you beat 2.7? If not, just pass. No, I, I don't have really strong skills here. So unless you do, Orange Brew. Orange Brew, what do you think? Can you beat 2.7 seconds? Go with 2.6. <laughs> what? How are we even? You got good skills at this orange brew. Really? Scott has of it. A second. This Might, is like Mike. Family Feud. It's good to pass. You know. Have you got this? All right. All right. Moscow's got you it. Can do this no. two point something. All right. He's orange calling it two point six. He wants to do it. Yeah, I say bullshit. <laughs> well, he's your partner. Orange I'm, I'm a partner too. Man, All right. That's true. So I say orange, name that fucking tune. Tasty says don't do it. What do you what think, do you orange think? brew? You All pick right, me. I'll, I'll 
Too late. He said he's going Moving with Tasty. Moving on. Yeah. He's going with Tasty. He's not going to do it. He's not in. All right. That leaves Pies with Bevo. Can you beat two point six? Let's just do two and a half. <laughs> what? Two point five. Bevo can. Bevo can. can do it in two. All right. Pies has lost his damn mind. All right. Well, Pies we'll has faith, so <laughs> well, we'll call it two and a half seconds. That means we play it for Bevo and Pies. <laughs> right. You guys are the only ones that get a chance to answer. Next up will be JP. No, nope, no. Nope, it will be uh, Matt and Bragheim. Oh, that's right. They went less. Yes. And then next up will be JP. That's All correct. right. Uh, are we ready? Only people that can answer are Bevo and Pies. The rest of you, please be quiet. You'll get your chance if they don't do it. In two and a half seconds. I'm nervous. What if I know it? Play them two and a half seconds. I, uh, I need my pot. Yeah, you do. I think Stoner. I have your pot. Oh, here you go. Christmas I thought you already had. Okay, All right, here. there we go. Two and a half seconds. Oh, um, I don't know what that song's called. 12, 12 Days of Christmas. 12 Days of Christmas. That is correct. There we go. They did it in two and a half seconds. That was a piece of cake. I call it uh, bullshit because we're supposed to be, uh, you know, with the words, anybody can do it. Come on. This is this is, this is is kindergarten Aren't shit. are you the one that asked for the random part in the middle yeah, of the song? You know, without I, words. I love everybody. <laughs> That was super easy, though. Even though All right, by the, the way, it's the, the first team to five points, and that puts Bevo and Pies mm-hmm. on the board with one point. Now we'll go... Uh, well, to hang the... on. Hang about. Yeah. I'll hang about, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing while we're hanging about? How long is this going to take? I'm at, I'm at work. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're working what? overtime tonight. you got to take till you get to five points, Pies. You're in. I don't know if I can do that. You're going to split this with your boss? You'll be fine. Just tell them you're busy. Yeah. Go in the bathroom. Go to that. Yeah, go tell them you're on a radio show from California that's about beer. It'll be fine. <laughs> and cancer. It isn't really even a radio yeah. show, but it's on the internet. And you'll be fine. Yeah. No, I think I'm, yeah, I I I'm going to be all right. All right, yeah. good. All right, let's go back. Uh, we'll start again. That's one point. Now we're going to start with uh, Tasty and Bragg from Indiana. It's your turn, uh, turn to bet. All right. <laughs> How many seconds will it take you to guess the next song? Now that you know how quickly it yeah, can be well, there's going to be words. What's uh, your uh, wager? Uh, I think we can do it in. Uh, well, um, I can go really low here. Problem is, the game's not much fun if I go too low. Uh, three seconds. All right, Tasty says three seconds. Bragg, you want orange? Orange. Pies, pies, shut up. Yes. Shut up. Well, you told me to tell them I'm not going to be able to work for a bit, so I'm, I'm organizing it. That's fine, but do it on <laughs> do it on mute. Do it silent. What do we have? You ever listened to the radio before, Pies? <laughs> have you ever listened to a radio yes. show and you thought, you know, what's cool? I can hear everything going on in the background on a seven second delay. Yeah. Did you ever think that? It's, it's bad. Uh, no. Thank you. Right, just put it on mute for a second. He gave some genuine okay, well, thoughts uh, to the answer, though. I did like that he answered. I got to yes. talk to my partner here, Orange Brew. Yeah. What do you think about that three second thing? I mean, you, you, I, uh, yeah, you, can do uh, you deferred to me. I mean, you want to go lower? What are you thinking? That's three seconds is good. Last one was too easy. Who the hell saying that? All right, Orange is saying three seconds. Okay, fine. I can't. They're all in the same pot, so I can't. Yeah, yeah. I can't Turn your radios off. We're, we don't have a million dollar studio. I can't put everybody on their well, own. Well, yeah, gotta wait till we get to the hop grenade for that. Oh, yeah. A zillion dollar. Yeah, that <laughs> one's like uh, less than a hundred dollar studio, I think. Uh, all right, fine. You're at three seconds, Tasty. Yes, we're in. All right. All right. Uh, let's go to Bevo. Bevo, what do you want to bet as oh. the winner of the last round? Bevo and uh, pies. pies. I think we could do it in two. Yeah, easy. 
All right, they're calling two seconds. Let's go to Brennelson. Can you beat two seconds? Put your wager down. Do we get points if we don't? Uh, no, but you do get put in the rotation if they fail. Well, 1.9. 1. 1.9 seconds. All right, fantastic. And finally, that then goes to JP and B. Kill a beat. We got to go 1.8, dog. Saying? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Christmas with a big pussy. We yep. destroy it. Six, six. What the hell is happening? I don't know what he said. It's <laughs> We're something go, about destroying Christmas. In pussy. None of it matters. So. <laughs> We're going to go 1.8 seconds, seconds, seconds. He was talking about destroying a Christmas pussy. Uh, all right. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> I didn't say it. He said What is a Christmas pussy? Ask B. I don't know. Dude. Fine. Sorry, Bebo. I'm just. I want to know. I'm just curious. go to the song. I'm just curious. Yeah, Bebo's going to watch, listen please, to NPR. She's so All right, JP's in at 1.8 <laughs> seconds. Uh, Moscow, please play them. 1.8 seconds. All right, Bebo. Here comes oh, maybe it's Here Comes Come Santa on. Claus. <laughs> I think you're picking the wrong random parts well, of the No, tune. it's got the words. I mean, it's, the words are like... Well, now you see how long 1.8 seconds really is. And and what happens when you pick the middle of the song and not the beginning. Thank you very much. Right. I would have got it from the beginning, too. It's also by Elvis. Did JP ever say the name of the song? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, by Elvis. Here Comes Santa Claus. All right, JP, uh, JP took it down. Yeah, I did. Himself. That whole yeah. fucking competition. All right. All right uh, this time we're going to start with Pies and Bevo. What's your bet? Uh, i got a question. Is this first to five? Yes. So potentially we're listening to 17 songs and going through this betting 17 times. God, no. He's worried about staying Pies, late. will you just bet or not? Yeah, don't do math. Uh, one second. One second. All right. Tasty. Um, I didn't get a say in that. Nope. <laughs> Damn it. I want to bet nine so millimeters. So far, it seems like it's a long time. I think 1.8, whatever that was. So, tasty <laughs> and orange brew. Do you want to do less than a second? Yeah, it does. It doesn't seem like yeah, much. Yeah, let's do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah, point nine. Point nine seconds. Right. Yeah, point nine. Let's point go for nine. it. We're doing it, Orange. JP and uh, B, you uh, want to go less than point nine? B, I think we can do point .5. Point wow. Half a point, second, bro. Point five, I can do point .5. Kill a B on the You're floor. insane. All right. Yeah, it's it's going to be winter wonder. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Brindleson and Bragg, do you want to go less than point .5? Can you go less than point .5? Your call. The I'm going with uh, point .73. Okay. Jeez. So not less than point. He's going point .73. <laughs> All right. So this one's going to be to <laughs> JP... And B. And B. What's up, B? Let's hear it. <laughs> Here, play it again just because it, it, it seemed low. One yeah. more. Oh, B, I need, I need you, dog. Uh, I need it one more time. What? That's it. That's all you get. No, that's it. I know what that is. Because the other people get more. They We get to pass to their seconds. Hmm. Can I phone a friend? No. <laughs> you got no friends. But you may guess with no penalty. <laughs> <laughs> um, Finally, a little competition. Jesus. JP, what you got? No, what I meant was Jesus finally gave us some competition. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> He's the reason for the season, B. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I, don't, I, I ain't got shit, dog. 
All right, B, do you have a guess? Yeah, I don't have shit either. Well, throw out a song. Um, I'm uh, I'm trying to get the... Uh, uh, Just throw out a song if you don't have a Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. All right. It's uh, Nancy Sinatra. That's not a song. Wow. That's a person. Well, that's, a, that's, the, uh, that's the singer, though. Right. Of what song? You tell me. I did half. You're a piece of <laughs> shit. I got you halfway there, asshole. <laughs> I don't know, but I know I know her fucking know. bassist is Tom McClure. Does that help you? <laughs> All right, we have one song name. It's Rockin' Around the Christmas uh, Christmas Tree. We're going to go with that. Is that the answer? No, sir. All right. Who was next in the lineup? I believe it was... That was uh, Matt and Bragg. With All right. Se- point seven three seconds. Please play them point seven three seconds of the song. <laughs> oh, I got it. Eh. Oh, I know what it is, too, now you... All right, it's Matt and Bragg from Indiana. Uh, Bragg, uh, since Team One got several plays, if you need another play, we'll give it to you. Bring it. Okay. <laughs> Matt and Bragg. Are you are you there, brother? Uh, Brad, uh, we we need some. Uh, can, we, can we play that again? Once more. Oh, wait a second. It's getting longer and longer. I know it is. Uh, Bragg doesn't have it. I'm going to tell you right now. I can just tell by the <laughs> air in the headphones <laughs> yeah. that uh, he's out taking a piss. There are it's, no gears turning. It's, <laughs> it's like, it's uh, Happy Hanukkah. I'm just going to throw it out there. It sounds like the ocean. I say that's a winner! Okay. No. No. Yeah. Uh, not you're not winner. the judge. He's the judge. Wait a second. Who said I, I know the song. What's I don't t- know what the name of the song is, but I could... But he knows the song. But that's the the oh, game yeah. is what song is it? If you can give me the if you can give me the artist, I'll give it to you. Who sang it? Um, the guy that played. You guys are killing me, Doc. Shut up. <laughs> I knew this from the point five second. Yeah, that's what happens you with you. Suck. It's the Happy Gilmore guy, dude. Come on, partner, help me out here. Are you sleeping? Bragg, who's the happy Gilmore guy? There's got to be a time limit on this. Bob Barker. Oh, oh for, for the love of God. For the love He lost it. He lost. Well, he actually, he's not wrong. He Bob Barker he is in Happy Gilmore. Happy yeah. Gilmore. Uh, he lost. The price is wrong, bitch. Move on. Who else is in... Uh, uh, no, no, come on. Who else uh, is in Happy Gilmore? You can't jerk out an answer from this guy. Well... I think we should. Shooter McGavin? <laughs> oh, really? Why does the guy know everybody? It's Hanukkah's song. He's over. It's over. And it's by Kelly McGillis. I'm going to give you five seconds it's over. to name the artist. No, wait, wait, wait. Five. What, hey, what did you just call it? Four. And three. And two. No, three. He just called it the right song. No, he didn't. He did. What did say? No, he didn't. He did. No. One. Wow. No. I heard Matt say Matt B and and Bragg. All right, Tasty and Orange Brew are next. What did they bet? Three point seconds. nine seconds. Point nine. Jesus. All right, point nine seconds. Please play it for uh, Tasty and Orange. Monica. What? <laughs> I totally know. I just got more pause. All right. Uh, there was a rest in there. Tasty and Orange Brew. Uh, what is the song uh, and or uh, who is the artist? Oh, Adam Sandler. Okay, and the song? What do you mean, the R? What do you mean, you said R? <laughs> Happy Hanukkah. Well, let's see if we can get it all. Uh, Orange Brew, do you know the yeah, name of the song? You know, you, yeah. uh, Hanukkah. <laughs> <He> got, <laughs> weird! Close. How did you figure that out? 
I don't think the same rules have to apply from the previous team to the following team. Like oh, we, threw, we threw them got, a bone with it. just give us the artist, and we're give me, give me another bone too. No, what's the name of the song? It's Happy Hanukkah. Uh, no, can it be my turn? It's not. Yeah, well, you're just riding back uh, in your seat. Orange all right, brew. All right, I'll go Let's go on. Orange brew. Do you know it? Uh, happy Hanukkah. <laughs> That's what I said. That's a phenomenal guess. All right, who's next on the time? Highs and B with one second. One I second. don't need it. It's the need. Hanukkah song, and it's by Adam Sandler. Yeah. Yeah. The Hanukkah song. Here comes Hanukkah. Oh, I'm so, so glad it's over. Wow. Semantics. The Happy Gilmore guy. Anti-semantics. I'm anti-semantics. That's what I am. Technically, technically it's not a, a Christmas song. Does that put... It's a uh, holiday song. <laughs> Doc has a point. It's not a, it's Christmas, not a Christmas song. song. That's fine. Moscow's picking the songs, okay? Does that put the Beaver Pie team in the lead? Please don't call us that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the Beaver Pie. Team. Merkin, Merkin. Better this morning. Yes, it does. There's a whole mess of pie going on. They're in the lead? Yeah. All right, then I'm going to make them uh, bet again. Uh, the beaver for the next Pie. Song. How many times will it take the Beaver Pie team to... <laughs> Point eight. Point eight. Pies, you good with that? Yeah. Yeah, Joe. Excellent. He's he's working. He doesn't care. He's in the car. JPB. What's your what's your (laughs) what's your bet? Killer B. What's up, dope? Are you gonna go point five again or what? Not do it. (laughs) Not do it. I think you can suck point eight unless you can. You know, can you bring point seven? I don't know, you know, like uh, the Hanukkah song, which wasn't really a Christmas song. Name that holiday tune. Name the holiday tune. Yeah, well, you can everybody. That was the hard one when it comes to the game. Yeah, when everyone's everyone, yeah, when you're losing, yes, bitch. yes, absolutely. Um, I think uh, I think I'm, we could do. Let's do point. Uh, let's do point five, dude. No, let's do. Let's do. Let's do point seven. Okay. Let's exclude Kwanzaa song. Okay, let's do that. Uh, point seven with no exclusions. Well, you're, got I, it. I don't want to be racist like you, so. All right, let's go to Tasty and Orange Brew. It's down to point five. You got to look at it. Uh, no, They're you can do point, point, point six. Oh, point seven is point seven is the low so far. Yeah. I don't know, Orange Brew. We're not doing. It. What do you think? Feeling lucky? Oh, I'm looking no, at the screen. Those no. look like words. Okay, maybe we should go for Orange Brew. Uh, All right. Uh, let's, let's go, go 0.6. 0.5 then. Orange Brew says 0.5. 0.5. Okay, let's do it. All right, 0.5. Uh, Matt, do you want to go less 0. than 4? that? With, uh, with with Bragg? No. All right. <laughs> Fine, we'll leave it at that. They will go last in the event. All right. All right, so who had the lowest? It was Tasty and... Uh, uh, an Orange Brew, yeah. An Orange Brew, yeah. Let's do this shit. All right, play the tune. 0.5. Oh. oh, sorry, my bad. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I got this. Now now you see so, the brilliance of choosing a random hey. point. You get a fill. Orange, we both know this. I'll let you go ahead and take the glory here. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Just shout it out. Just shout it out like you own it. You don't have any idea? <laughs> Can I hear that again? Uh, I don't know why. Play it again. Fuck it. <laughs> it's, it's a laugh every That's day. a love boat tune. Yeah, it's love boat. I get that. Uh, uh, it's... Uh, uh, I, I get the love uh, boat. Orange Root, do you have it uh, It's uh, I'm aboard. We're expecting you. All right, next person. Little drummer boy. Uh, Orange Root says little drummer boy. Well, I already boy. guessed, but 
<laughs> Neither one are right. I so would, I right. would go with Orange Brew. Just in case. Oh, okay. I'd go with Orange Brew. All right. Is it Little Drummer Boy? No, sir. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, it right. also wasn't Jingle Bell. Is it a love boat? I was trying to help you. Oh, he already shook his head. I knew it. Uh, all all right. right. Who is next? Killer Bees on the Swamp. All right. B and Jip. Uh, how many seconds? Uh, point seven. Play them point seven. Ooh. Clearly it sounds disco-y. Uh, B? I have no idea, JP. Killer B, come on, dog. Don't let me, don't do me like this. Bon Jovi living on a prayer is my guess. Oh, good, good, good guess. I wish it wasn't just holiday tunes. Wish. I would love it if that was one. Uh, can I get it again, please, Scott? I know it. Doodly doot. I know what it is. Oh, man. Doodly doot. Doodly doot. I, that's like on the tip. I know every song like that. Oh, it's like uh, <laughs> Michael Jackson. Once more. Uh, I might have, like I might have a guess, actually. Ah. Brendelson knows it. He's all there. All right. <laughs> I need to get through the Can word. One more time. Yeah. No, you guys get more plays than anybody. Take it as it is. Give us a guess. All right. Um, and, and hang on. You go through the song to get the the name of the song. And go. Uh, it's nine o'clock. <laughs> we start at five. It's nine. it's nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. Come on. We start at two. Dude. It's fine. It's a game. It's the it's the one with the where you're riding through the sleigh and, and five. No, no, you gave yeah, him so much snow. more time. Four. Just because he's. Popular. Three. Pull the cancer card. What is it? Two. Dancing Through the Snow. That's not the name of the song. One. It's give when me you're a riding fi- on a Give me a final answer. Snow. I'm moving on. Jingle Bells. Jingle Bells. Incorrect. All you're right. B, you're a uh, fucking Who is asshole. next on the list? That would be Bevo and Pies. Yeah, right? it was point eight. Bevo and Pie. I right, play them point eight, please. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I, I hit the button twice. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Oh, she nailed it! Oh, Bebo and money, money. I'm actually kind of good at this. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, that, the that's most sad. Wonderful <laughs> time of the year. Have they won yet? Is that three points for them? <laughs> yes. Oh, I don't know. SJP's yes. Where's everybody else? Two points. Uh, for- uh, me and Killer Bees have one, and everyone else is sucking big goose eggs. All right, can we call that the end of the game? Yeah, and be right done? Yeah, we're done. All all right, Bevo and Pies are the winners of uh, tonight's game. Pies, send uh, JP an email, jp at thebrewingnetwork.com, and we will send you a prize. Actually, no, no, no. We have all four of you. Oh, good point. All We're four of you should uh, 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 send an, an email to JP. Perth. <laughs> yeah, find you sunny Perth. At thebrewingnetwork.com. Yeah. But check this out. Uh, here, let me do this right. One person will get a refractometer from more beer. Yeah. One, one person will get a uh, more beer pint glass from more beer. Great. One person will get two, and I already did that. One person will get a Bruce Strong t-shirt, depending on their uh, gut size. And then uh, the, the the final prize for the winner. Why does Pies get the thing that costs us the most money to ship to Australia? <laughs> well, he was playing with Bevo. We can just give it to her. Mm, we'll let him decide. Right. Hey, Pies, you want to know what the grand prize was for tonight? I'd like to know, yeah. 
You just won a kegerator conversion kit like I've never seen before. JP, describe the kit. Well, thank you, Justin. The kit has optional secondary regulators for you to serve three beers on separate pressures. Yeah. It's uh, actually, it's you, literally. You wouldn't believe. You wouldn't believe. I'm actually just about to set up a chest freezer, so that would come in perfect. Wow. It's like a $400 keg converter it's kit. Easily. It'll cost uh, that much in shipping, too. It has a dual <laughs> regulated uh, uh, regulator uh, with two to th- then it has uh, individual like three of them after that it and has it has a manifold fittings. too so you can you can probably do six kegs with this you just want a badass uh, keg conversion kit my yeah friend. thank you to our friend jesse emerson oh. for so generously donating uh, such a great gift yeah. Uh, do the gauges go oh, clockwise? Well done, baby. Oh, uh, you're 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 Thank welcome. You. We're gonna send it on uh, Doctor Scott's uh, UPS uh, account. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Did yeah. So yep. congratulations. Does the AUS yeah. Australian? Yeah, that's good. Well, I mean, I've got I've got plenty of time to wait. I'll, I'll just wait until October next year when you guys come out. <laughs> oh, I didn't know anything about that. Do you mean for the Australian National Homebrewers Conference? We couldn't. Make yeah, it if you guys get invited, I'm sure you'll get invited. I mean, everyone else is coming. Matt's coming. Um, yeah, there's a guy from Moonlight Meter is coming, so I'm, I'm sure the invitation's in the mail. If it must <laughs> be, it must be. I'm sure that if it is in the mail, JP will show up too. Now that he's dying, yeah, I'll be dead by then. I'm gonna yeah, die on the table. If you're gonna die, wouldn't you want to die in and some if, other place on the other side of the world? <laughs> Not Australia. <laughs> right. It's like dying in Martinez. Fly into Sydney, we'll road trip down to Canberra. There you go. Sounds wonderful. All right, Pies, congratulations. You've won a great kit. Thanks for playing while you're at work and should be doing other things. All right, uh, I, I think th- we're done. I think it's fair to say that I'm now the champion of this game. You can suck a dick. I think that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Bevo, some uh, handsome guy told you to suck a dick. Uh, well, he'll be dead soon. <laughs> oh, uh, in that Twitter game. What would Jesus do? Is that before or after? I'm kidding. I don't think that. I think it's totally fair, and all I can think of uh, is... Waka, 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 look at that, she is a squirter. Yeah! Oh, right in the spot. Gross! I think I went there. It's it's so of the song. Uh, She's not in my... Okay. I can't listen to that song anymore. A pretty and a sweet one. I think we're done, yeah? Nope. Yeah. Twitter game. Uh, all right, what was our Twitter game today? What was your favorite BN moment from 2013? The huh? time we announced that JP was dying. No, that's not my favorite. Oh, well, not yours. Monumental. What did we get? Uh, Steve Mayo wrote uh, Chuck the Martian sighting. Remember the Martian guy? That was good. Sam let in. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, that was pretty that good. That sucked. <laughs> uh, Bokunon uh, wrote, when I drank that really good beer. Yeah. Remember that Just when he like drank you that? said that was going to happen. Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. Uh, Clay Turnbow says, when Justin tried to become a homebrewer again, but lost the brewcaster challenge oh. and hasn't brewed since. Listen, I was so yeah. close, and Matt tried to help with some good advice, and I was right, I was right <laughs> there. Some good um, advice, as in he uh, showed up at your house and brewed it for you? I was right there. No, that was Chad. Oh, that was Chad. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was different. Uh, Exit 16 Brewer wrote the BN Band and School of Rock playing in Philly at the anniversary party. That was great. That was my favorite moment. That's pretty good. Dale Watkins wrote, well, hearing Jamil half-ass his part of the Brewcaster Challenge. Oh, that was his favorite part. He tried. John Indish wrote Bebo's reaction to every Sugar Valley Brewer song. Oh, good parts. <laughs> and Crispy wrote, the Jester King show inspired me to brew my first sour beer. And also crashed, almost crashing my car when I heard Waka Waka Waka. Uh, that was great early on, February. Well, that's two different... Yeah, but let's just call it the Jester King show, because he brewed us for sour beer, and let's forget I even said anything else. 
Mm. You don't want to? No. Well, I feel like I should give it to you. It could be the last time you get to vote. Oh, uh, I don't want it. No, I mean, give it. I should let you decide who the no, winner is. No, no, I don't. I don't want to do that. It's a lot of pressure, dude. But you're, you I know, mean, it's not like you know, good I mean, surgery time for is... cancer, but it's a lot of pressure. Hey, once you're gone, we're going to reverse the vote anyway. Right. So. <laughs> The second show in January to be like, all right, look, everyone send their shit back. Well, By the way, we're going to go back all, through all the seven years you've been with us and go, <laughs> yeah. hey, remember that time, JP, where we didn't mean that? Yeah, right. We're going to reverse yeah. everything. It's going to be a whole, a whole series of redaction shows. We might actually delete that you were ever even here. You probably will. It's Could a lot happen. of... You probably get more sponsors. I feel like we're being real hard on you. I think so, too. <laughs> I deserve it, though. You're going right. to be fine. I'm sure. It's fine. It's a little thyroid. It's only cancer. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's only cancer potentially in your lymph node system that could spread elsewhere in your body and kill you, but that's it, fine. It's not like it's in your colon. It's fine. It might be. I haven't got that test yet. You it's should, on the list. Oh, wait, you should ask for that test first. Oh, I have a list of 10 tests to run. Do you your naughty parts still work? Then you're good. My butt? Your naughty. Whatever is your naughty part for you. <laughs> Whatever you consider My naughty. Butt. Yeah. <laughs> You mean my butt? <laughs> See, he's still happy about his butt. He's fine. Yeah. <laughs> hey, as long you need, are you talking about my butt? As long as your booty hole works, it's everything's all right. <laughs> he's fine. <laughs> Whatever. He just happens to. What are we doing? What are we? Or who? Who is it? Who wins the thing? I don't know. There were so many answers. <laughs> None of them were good. <laughs> what's the What's the other ones that you didn't screen? Yeah, that's tr- uh, no. The other ones are real dumb. Well, according to you, uh, one is uh, the end. That's this guy's favorite. This is the end. Uh, one was JP's the, uh, only JP. friend. The end. Uh, one was the live stream picture that showed Doc being a lech while Nicole is talking beer. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. One was. Um, I don't remember that. Shocking. When I. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one was squirting. Ah, oh. uh, that's uh, my. Uh, one was Bebo's reaction when you first played Waka Waka Waka, which is actually from Sugar Valley. I Brew. think that's the best one. Well, that's from Sugar Valley Brewer. As a matter of fact, everybody, Sugar Valley Brewer. Oh, uh, we can't give it to him. Why not? Because you screened it out, and it's just yeah, man, whatever. Uh, it's rewarding um, bad behavior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, there's really not a whole lot of uh, JP. You pick. That's the first time he didn't make a, a, a one about uh, my butt. Uh, walker, walker, uh, you mean besides the song? Well, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to play a sad song for you, JP. Uh, I'm going to go Clay Turnbow, because it's about you failing. What was it? When you tried to become a homebrewer but lost the broadcast channel. All right, that's our Twitter game winner tonight. Thank Yay. you. This song's for JP, the last song we'll ever play for him. Maybe he'll make it back to the next show. Is this Cheryl Crow? I don't think so. I like how you played it and you don't know who it is. It's the is dirty this glass. Crow? I don't know. Do our get us out of here. All right. All right. We're off for the next couple weeks. Uh, Merry Christmas. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, we'll be back on January six. Thank you. January six. Steel will be in studio. We're going to do the Excellent. Brewing Network Awards. Excellent. Don't forget that uh, Monday shows are the norm. Come twenty fourteen, they're all Monday shows. So that means Matt, you get to take two days off work when you come do a show with us next Hell time. Hell yeah! You're welcome. They let you do that. Not your partner. Thanks to Matt Brittleson from no, Firestone never. Walker Brewing Company for hanging out with us tonight. Thanks I very to much. Dave Dave Low again for the donation. Awesome. Yeah, thanks yeah, for making the show. Thanks, Dave, for the beers. We're going to go drink some more beer. JP, take us out of here, will you? Please. Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. A big Martinez thank you to Matt and Firestone Walker Brewing Company. 
Mentally awkward and socially retarded, JP is riddled with cancer on Twitter at Major Jip. <laughs> Scott, Scott is no longer on Twitter in silent protest of the escalating gender wars. For some good beer, inside at Homebrew Info, follow Nate Smith and Nathan Homebrew and Mike McDowell at Tasty McD. Production director on the session has been Push Eject. Tonight's show has been produced by Scott Maskowitz. JP is probably going to die very young. Your game-winning call screener was Bevo, and your host was Justin Crossley. Be sure to find the beer on Facebook Twitter. Oh, I'm sure I wasn't, honey. I know all about your past. Listen to the big show with his pager on call. You spent most of those nights in my bathroom stall. Yeah, you got a mind, but you're right.